0: It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with
1: Ariel
2: The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life On this Monday, August 1st, 2016 Hello again, everyone I'm Ariel Hawani Back inside our New York City studio Back from beautiful Atlanta, Georgia I gotta tell you, I really liked Atlanta People there, so nice What a great place And my friends, I have to tell you as well, the year 2016, just seven months old, it is officially seven months old today. And in that stretch, think about that stretch in the world of mixed martial arts. Think about what we've witnessed. I think fair to say, if we erase the next five months and Lord knows what's going to happen in the next five months, this has already been the most newsworthy year In the history, short history I might add Of this great sport Um, You talk about the sale PDs, retirements Returning New York legalizing MMA Free agency So much has happened on a weekly basis We talk about it every Monday On this show, I do believe we have yet to miss A show this year as well Which I think is a streak in it's own right But above all that If we erase all that If we ignore all of that and we just focus on the fights themselves. And you think about what we've witnessed from an athletic standpoint, this year in cages all around the world, it truly is remarkable. And it's historic because never before in a short stretch like this, in the same calendar year, have we seen the UFC belt, regardless of division, change owners this many times. It's unbelievable. Back in January, Dominic Cruz defeated TJ Dillashaw to become the UFC bantamweight champion. What a story that was. In March, Misha Tate defeated Holly Holm in a great comeback win to become the women's bantamweight champion. And then we embarked on this amazing ongoing stretch of first round finishes in UFC title fights. In May, Stipe Miocic knocked out Fabrizio Verdum at UFC 198 to become the UFC heavyweight champion. In June, Michael Bisping knocked out Luke Rockhold in the first round to become the UFC middleweight champion. In July, Eddie Alvarez knocked out Rafael Dos Sanchos to become the UFC lightweight champion. A couple of days later, Amanda Nunes submitted Misha Tate again in the first round to become the UFC women's bantamweight champion. And on Saturday night in Atlanta, Georgia, Tyron Woodley. Yes, Tyron Woodley, the chosen one, who it seems like for the last five, six years has been campaigning for this big moment, who for the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight months needed so many things to go his way. Just to get a title shot, think about that. He had to dodge the Nate Diaz bullet, the Nick Diaz bullet, the George St. Pierre bullet, the Carlos Condit rematch bullet, the Conor McGregor bullet, the Wonderboy Thompson bullet. So many things had to fall his way in order to just get the title shot against Robbie Lawler. And much like Chris Weidman a couple of years ago when so many things had to fall Weidman's way to get that shot against Anderson Silva, it worked in Woodley's favor on Saturday night He got that shot, walks out to King Without a Crown, and knocks out Robbie Lawler, courtesy of a missile of a right hand that Lawler did not see coming. And what a sight it was. Yes, the crowd was somewhat sparse. Yes, this was sort of sandwiched between 200 and 202. A lot of people weren't talking about it. The media contingency wasn't all that great. But if you were there on Saturday, if you were watching at home, you will not forget what Tyron Woodley did to Robbie Lawler. He is the new UFC welterweight champion. We have a new king at 170 pounds, and this is a man who knows what he wants. He has ruffled some feathers already, calling out specific fighters, ignoring others. And as a result, 170 all of a sudden is a super fascinating division. Wow. And that is sort of a theme on this Monday morning. And oh, by the way, how about this? Talk about the stars aligning in that particular division. Today, August 1st, 2016, Mark's The return of Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz today is officially a free man and we have to mention that right off the top because if you recall last year, September 14th, 2015 to be exact, that was the date that the Nevada Athletic Commission horribly, disgustingly abused its power as commissioners, as an executive body. And I said I was going to mention it on every single show until they rectified it. Well, they gave him an 18-month suspension. Originally, it was a five-year suspension. They reduced it to 18 months. Well, all that is in the past now because Nick Diaz is a free man. How about that? Welcome back, Nick Diaz. George St. Pierre is itching to come back. 170 is, is fascinating right now. Wow. And it's amazing that it all culminates with Diaz returning today. And I believe it's his birthday tomorrow. And oh, by the way, on top of all that, it's New York Ricks. Forty-second birthday today. Happy birthday to him! What a great day! So much to discuss. I love a Monday morning like this. We have, a, or I should say, Monday afternoon. We have a lot to discuss. So let's get right into our first guest. Um, let me run down the lineup first. Four oh five. We're going to be joined by Aljamain Sterling. I haven't talked to Aljamain Sterling since that loss, disappointing loss to Brian Caraway. Um, it was his birthday yesterday, so we'll talk to the Funk Master himself at four oh five. Three twenty five. We'll take your questions and comments. Three oh five. We'll talk to the new champ himself. How about that? Tyron Woodley. Always gracious with his time. Always makes time for the media. No different today on this Monday. We'll talk to Tyron Woodley at 3.05. 2.45. Alex Caceres, who made events the next UFC show this Saturday in Salt Lake City, of all places, against Yair Rodriguez. Always enjoy talking. To Bruce Leroy, he'll join us at 245, 225. Carlos Condit, another name to look out for, who is now main eventing UFC on Fox 21 against Damian Maya. He'll join us at 225. 205, will be joined by Mark Henry, the not sexual chocolate Mark Henry, the great striking coach you've heard me talk about many times on this show as of late. He just completed a very busy month of July. Frankie Edgar, Eddie Alvarez, it's in Barbosa. Marlon Moraes. Picking up a big win on Saturday. All under his tutelage. We'll talk to Mark Henry at 205. Ian McCall was supposed to fight at UFC 201. Thursday night got some bad news. Justin Scoggins pulling out of the fight. So we'll talk to Ian McCall at 145. And 125, we'll talk to Wonderboy Thompson. Whew, everyone agrees that he is the number one contender. Does he get that title shot now? If it's up to Tyron Woodley, doesn't appear so. So we'll talk to Wonderboy Thompson at 125. But first, let's go to Las Vegas, Nevada. Standing by is my colleague and friend, Mark Ramundi. There he is. Not in his usual location, but I got to say the uh, the internet looks better this time around. So how about that? Mark, how are you?
3: I'm pleasantly surprised by the Monte Carlo's internet so far. The Monte so, Carlo. Fingers crossed for the rest of the, the week. Look Thank at you.
2: Here. Monte Carlo, living it up, huh? Going fancy.
3: As much as one can live it up at the Monte Carlo, yes, indeed. We will talk
2: about why you're in Las Vegas in a second. But first, let's talk about Saturday night. Um, I I briefly mentioned Tyron Woodley, of course. I have to give props to Karolina Kowalkiewicz for her big win over Rose Namajunas, now the number one contender. Polish power versus Polish power, as she put it. Going to face Ioannio Jacek and, of course, Jake Ellenberger, among the other notable victories, blasting matt brown in their welterweight fight but let's start with tyron woodley are you surprised honestly i know a lot of people after the fact like to say oh i wasn't surprised i wasn't surprised tyron woodley went out there and did what only one other man has ever done to robbie lawler before he knocked out robbie lawler in the first round with a missile of a right hand have you have you digested this yet or is it still a little crazy that tyron Woodley is the new welterweight champion
3: I mean, I, I, was, I was certainly picking Lawler, as I think many people were, although I did see a lot of Woodley selections coming in late. I think that Woodley won the fight the way that Woodley was going to win the fight, kind of the same way that Nunez was going to beat Tate back at UFC 200. If they were going to win the fight, it was going to be in the first round by some kind of finish. Because as we know, Robbie Lawler has these five-round fights on lock. I mean, the guy has these five-round fights figured out. He, he puts it pedal to the medal in the fifth round, and somehow he gets all these these fifth round, uh, these these five round decisions. So I think that if it went to decision, it certainly favored Waller over the course of the fight. Of course, Woodley also has had some cardio issues in, in the past. If it was gonna if it was gonna be a Woodley victory it's probably gonna come pretty early on. So I wasn't surprised in that manner, but yeah, I, I definitely thought that Waller was gonna win the fight.
2: It was amazing watching and being around Tyron Woodley for those few days in Atlanta because he was a man on a mission at the media day on Thursday. For everyone except us, MMA fighting, his only response to whatever question was thrown his way was, I'm the best welterweight in the world. He pulled the Marshawn Lynch on everyone. He just kept saying it over and over. It seemed like he was a little bit annoyed at the lack of push that he got, the buzz leading up to the fight. And I I witnessed it. There wasn't that much. But this is a guy who is supremely confident and I think doesn't get enough credit for really being an intelligent prize fighter. He knows what he wants. And he comes out right afterwards and says, Wonder Boy, you could go sit down over there. I want Nick Diaz or George St. Pierre. He's received a lot of heat for this. Do you hate him for doing it? Do you blame him for doing it? Should he be giving Wonderboy the shot? Or do you understand he has every right to do it now that he's the champion?
3: No, I like it. I think it makes sense. He's just trying to get his. He's just trying to do what's best for him. And that's really what every fighter should be doing. I I love the quote that he gave Wonderboy when they were both on FS1 on the post-fight show. He said... Oh, uh, Stephen, you wanted to fight Robbie Lawler. You said it would be a better fight for the fans. Well, now you get that opportunity to fight Robbie Lawler because you're not going to fight me next. No, I think, I mean, look, this is prize fighting. At the end of the day, it's about making as much money as you can in a short span of time. Tyron Woodley is 34 years old. He probably is not going to be at the peak of his career much longer. He's there right now. So that means the window is closing rapidly on his ability to make as much money as possible, to maximize that earning potential. Well, George St. Pierre is one of the biggest draws in UFC history. Nick Diaz is, I think, one of the biggest draws right now, for sure. I mean, uh, the guy, his his value, his drawing power has only increased since he's been away, I think. That would be a big fight. This is exactly what more fighters should be doing, going after those big fights. And and I like what he said about the rankings, too. The uh-huh. rankings are a, a trash fire. They're yeah. a trash fire. They're complete and utter garbage. I think that what Tyron Woodley is saying is on point.
2: Here's the irony to all this. After UFC 195 in January, Carlos Condit lost a super close decision to Robbie Lawler. A lot of people, including myself, thought Carlos Condit actually won that fight. Tyron Woodley came on this show and had to do some serious campaigning To get that title shot. Remember, he was supposed to fight at 192. Hendricks pulls out, withdraws from the fight, and now he's kind of left in limbo. He had to campaign after that fight at 195. He had to campaign after the Wonderboy win in February. He had to dodge, as I said, the Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz bullets and the George St. Pierre bullets and the Conor McGregor bullets. And now here he is on the other side of the fence saying, hey, you Wonderboy Thompson, the guy who I was just a few months ago, talking about I've earned this. I, 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 I warrant this title shot. I've done everything that you've asked me to do. Now I'm going to pick and choose. There's some irony to that, isn't there? I mean, like he's literally doing what he was begging the UFC not to do just a few months ago.
3: Sure. But again, he's just, he's just trying to take care of himself. Sure, he's sure. Just being a businessman. He's, play, he's playing it smart. Everything, everything he has done has been, has been smart so yeah. far. All the decisions he's made have worked out for him. And they've been well thought out. He's a really smart guy. Tyron is a really smart guy. He's had a plan, and the plan has worked out fantastic so far. And now this is the next part of his plan. The next part of his plan is, hey, I've proven I'm the number one in the world. I beat Robbie Lawler. Now it's time to get myself some paper. Now it's time to get myself some, some money. And that's, and that's what he wants to do. And I, I don't think anyone should begrudge him for that. I saw a lot of fans over the weekends freaking out on Twitter. Oh, you know, why, why, who, who is he to call out Nick Diaz and GSP? Man, he's just trying. Why? Not? Maybe the fights won't happen. That's fine. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they won't happen. Maybe those are the fights the fans want. But there, there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing it anyway. Who is he? he? Be campaigning for that stuff.
2: He's the welterweight champion. That's who he is. Sure. Now you get the call that's shots. Right. It's funny because in 2016, I do believe that titles mean less than they've ever meant. Yet, that being said, and this is this is another example of that, right? I mean, it's not about who's next in line anymore. It's about the big fights, the big money fights, Witness 202. That being said, if you have that belt, it gives you this power. It gives you like that, that yeah. little stick to say, you know what? I want to choose that direction as opposed to that. So it is funny. They mean less, but yet it still does give you a lot more power than if you're, say, the number one contender.
3: Michael Bisbing is using that stick. Yeah. He, he's, he has the hammer and he's swinging it. He, yeah. he's, he wants to fight Dan Henderson next and he's getting that fight. So Tyron Willie really should also have something of a selection. I don't know if it'll go that way because there isn't that story there that that Henderson and Bisbing had that past that that history. But I, I cannot begrudge Tyron Willie for trying to make as much money as possible. He's just trying to do what's best for him and his family. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: Okay, so then let me ask you this play mystic Mark for us here for a second. <laughs> what does he get? Does he get his wish of either Nick or GSP? And if so, who is it? Or does the UFC say no, you got to fight? Stephen Thompson. And by the way, I will add that someone told me who was sitting pretty close to the cage that they overheard the great Ari Emanuel, co-CEO of WME IMG, who was sitting there cage side in the usual uh, Lorenzo Fertitta seat. This event also marked the dawn of a new era in MMA because they were there in full force. Uh, Someone did tell me that they overheard him saying, wow, Wonderboy Thompson versus Woodley would be a fun fight. Now, this is what I was told, unsolicited text message. Who knows if that actually (laughs) happened, but I thought I'd throw that out there for fun. What do you think happens?
3: I I do. I think that will probably happen. I don't know if if Tyron will get the fights that he wants. I think that there are other people for guys like George St. Pierre and Nick Diaz that are available that may be even bigger when he fights than Tyron would be. I do think Wonder Boy deserves it. I, don't, I hate using that word "deserve," but he surely has done enough to earn a title shot. There's no doubt about that. Of course, I think that Wonder Boy is a guy that I wish the UFC promoted him more. I yeah. wish that he, you know, he was he was put on. I know they're giving him all, all the all the FS1 spots, and that's great. I think they need to push him more because he's an incredibly exciting fighter. He's got a good personality. He's just a great guy. You know, he's just a really he, he is the he is the top baby face you know, yes. he's the he's wholesome baby face in the UFC did you what, see what him on Fox guy. how, like, how he's karate. he was so I mean, sad he was so uh,
2: sad when Woodley was talking about it. I, yes. I I felt bad for him
3: yeah he's he's the hero baby face and I also think Tyron Woodley has a chance to be yeah. a draw as well the guy's got a great look I mean he's doing he's in movies he has the charisma he's a, he's a really smart dude he's really he, 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 I mean he, he's a great talker I, I think that could be a fun fight and, and a good fight down the road if they promote it correctly Um, I think that'll probably be what happens unfortunately uh, for for Woodley it it isn't the fight that he wants but it's probably the most likely fight to take place I I would say
2: Wonderboy kind of reminds me of like a John Cena type a, a type that kids can look up to and like, again, I've said this before. No, it's true. Like I would be very proud if my kid yeah. put up a Wonder Boy Thompson poster Absolutely. in his room. Uh, yesterday was the, key, the, the, is it the Kids Choice Award or the Teen Choice Awards? One of those yeah. aired on Fox yesterday. And I feel like what, they should have sent Wonder Boy Thompson to that award show yeah. to, to give out an award. You know what I mean? That's the kind of demographic that he should, be, um, he should be trying to pull in. Uh, okay. So you say that, okay, they'll go with that. GSP telling me today that uh, excuse me yesterday that he's interested in the Woodley fight, which is significant. Diaz is back today officially, which is obviously significant as well. What do you think happens to those two? Any guesses?
3: I I really do believe the time is right to do Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler too.
2: Yes, love that. I
3: really, I really believe. I mean, I don't, I don't think there will ever be a better time to do it again. If you're, if you're going to do it, I think now has to be the time to do it. Lawler isn't the champion anymore. So you don't have to worry about people, you know, complaining that Diaz is getting another title shot, off, you know, off a loss, off a suspension. I think that it is it is ripe right now to do that fight. I think that's a pay per view main event. I really do. I really believe that is a pay per view main event. I think it's it would be a, a decent draw, and it would just be an amazing fight for the hardcore fans and for the casual fans. As for GSP, I, I keep saying this. I really think Anderson Silva is mm. the fight. I really, mm. I think same thing. If you're gonna do that fight. It has to be now. Silva's coming. Silva's actually, after the Cormier loss, he's just as big. Yeah. if not bigger than he's ever been. He's, I mean, he got a standing ovation in Las Vegas after that fight. GSP coming back from retirement, I think that that is a great fight. I, I would love to see that fight at, at, at 185. GSP's talked about 185 against Bisbing. I would love to see GSP Silva do it now. I mean, it, the, time, the time is running out on that fight. I think it needs to happen sooner or, or later.
2: That would be a fun attraction type of fight for MSG, yeah. right? Um,
3: I agree. That's a, homemade, that's a perfect co-main event for Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. I, I, I view
2: it as a third fight. I think you need two titles for MSG. Uh, speaking of MSG, let me ask you about Poland versus Poland. Civil War, right? <laughs> let me ask you about Karolina Kovalevich winning. She defeats Rose Yunus. Um, seemed very gun-shy. In the first round and really poured it on in the second and third. I don't think there was any controversy there. And she's talking a good game. She's such a sweet, like her her line of "I love cookies." It hurts me <laughs> very that much. Was great. The cookies are great. It's just the whole thing is great. She's so sweet. She's a Krav Maga specialist. Amazing. So she's fighting Joanna uh, Jacek next. That seems to be very clear. Rogan made that clear. Yes. Where do you book you that should. fight? Do you book that fight in Poland? Do you book it in MSG? Where they both seem to want it. They they, they seem to want it more at MSG than right. in Poland, or do you, you know, if Manchester's coming up, do you try to do it quickly for the European crowd on pay-per-view? What do you do with that fight?
3: That's not a bad idea, actually, that what you just mentioned, the co-main event on the on the Bisbing Hendo card would not be against that. I think ideally you'd want that fight in Poland because the UFC, you know, really does want to be a global brand, and that would be a really, really big fight, title fight between two Polish fighters in Poland. That'd be... I mean, a perfect illustration of where the UFC is now in 2016 as a global entity. My, he, here is my proposition, though. Okay. Here's okay. my proposition. Let's hear it. The week of the MSG fight. Oh. You know how the UFC likes to accompany these big fights with a a secondary card, yes. a, a soldier card, so to speak. My proposition: oh. main event UFC fight night on the Friday night, November oh. 11th in North New Jersey. Oh. Maybe at the Prudential Center. Oh. Huge poet po- population, by the way, in New Jersey and in Brooklyn. Uh, y- Young J.J. versus Kovalevich in New Jersey, headlining a fight night card the night before MSG. Whoa.
2: Okay, so first I thought you were going to say like the MSG Theater, which is where World Series of Fighting is going, or Barclays. Because you don't want to take away from the significance. Yes, yes. You don't want to take away the significance of the first show in New York. So here you say, hey, Jersey, we're not forgetting about you. You've been so good to us since 2000. Exactly. Wow, you just blew my mind.
3: Exactly. So Prudential Center, November 11th, all Polish. Women's Strawweight Title Fight. Wow! And the, and I mean po- I mean outside of Chicago, Chicago yeah, has yeah, the yeah. largest Polish population in America. New Jersey and and Brooklyn. I mean it's very close. Northern Jersey and Brooklyn, very close together, has the second largest area of uh, of a uh, uh, po- Polish population. I think that is a, a a perfect thing to do. I mean if you're not going to do it in Poland, that's coming up. That's right on the schedule. The timing is right.
2: Uh, I like it. I was going to suggest Greenpoint, Brooklyn, but no arena really I big don't, enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, don't think I love indeed, that idea. Yes. Look at you, <laughs> Mr. Matchmaker. Okay, tell us why you're in Las Vegas. What's going on there?
3: Okay, so the the Association of Boxing Commissions convention kicks off this morning and it runs for 3 days. Most importantly, there will be some new rules in the unified MMA rules voted on later today in a few hours actually from now. That's the big thing. There's also a bunch of other stuff going on, some some speeches by Jeff Nowitzki, among others. Oh. Uh, just a kind of a, reg, a regulation uh, c- convention going on with seminars and, and all that stuff in, in Vegas.
2: This is the most exciting place you can possibly be. I mean, if I gave you the pick <laughs> of the litter, there is no other place that you'd rather be than there.
3: This is this is my this is my <sighs> wheelhouse right here. This is yeah.
2: your UFC 200.
3: <laughs> well, maybe partially. UFC 200 is my UFC 200, sure, sure. but this is. <laughs> This is not. This is not too bad
2: either. Dare I say this is the UFC 200 you never got, because that was such a. <laughs> um, do you? No so, one has
3: pulled out yet with. That's a, good. That's good.
2: Um, are you allowed to attend all these meetings, conventions, all that stuff? They give you full access.
3: Everything is open except for, I believe, the actual voting process wow. by the ABC general body. I think that is closed. But uh, I'm trying to weasel huh. my way in in a few hours. We'll see how that goes.
2: If I know you, you're great at weaseling your way into things. Um, <laughs> that is true. Every commissioner in the U.S. is he there or she there?
3: Yeah, uh, every every executive director I believe is wow. in town. Some commissioners, you know, some chair, you know chair people of of commissions and. I mean, all, all the all the referees, you know, all the judges. It's uh, everyone in the regulation community is, is descended upon Las Vegas for this week.
2: That is fun. Um, try to find out what's going on in New York. It seems like it's quite the mess over there. Your former yeah, I'm home gonna, state. I'm going
3: to try to get the ear of whoever. Who, I don't even know who, yeah. who will be here in New York because there's so much turnover there. There have been yeah. two executive directors in the last few months. That have, that have stepped down. So I'm not sure who will be here, but I would try to track down that person.
2: So this time next week, what's the biggest piece of news coming out of this commission, in your opinion? Like, what's the biggest change that you foresee?
3: Probably the judging criteria language yeah. change that I wrote about uh, a couple weeks ago for MMAfighting.com. And I mean, I, I think you've taken a look at it and I think many people have, but it just makes everything so much clearer. It just gives much more tangible, definitive Criteria than the very, I mean, obtuse previous criteria, pre- previous language that you can read the, the the past language and interpret it really any way you want. There's still there's still obviously some interpretation and judging and, and there's some subjectiveness to it. It's inherent, but this is much clearer. And I like the the ten eight rounds, uh, the, a little bit more liberal ten eight rounds with the uh, the characteristics of. Duration, damage, and dominance, hmm. right? I like, I like that you're, they're actually giving, word, they're giving words that you can point to that everyone understands. You know what I mean? So if you have two of those characteristics, you have to at least consider that the round is 10-8. If you have all three of those characteristics, the round must be a 10 That's why you're seeing a lot more 10-8s uh, lately. I think that the judges have already begun implementing this themselves. They've, they've been kind of taking this already and seeing it and using it. Just in, just in the past few fights. Look at all the 10-8s lately. I think they're using it already.
2: Um, do you think that they'll be talking about weight cutting, weigh-ins, and maybe all the states adopting the early weigh-in, you know, time slot yes. as opposed to, yeah? Okay. That's yes. exciting. They're,
3: they're, they're talking about that. They're talking about having that standardized. They were going to vote on new weight classes, the addition of three oh, yeah, new yeah, weight yeah. classes. Yeah, 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 But that will not happen this year. They're going to wait and see how the early weigh-in goes oh, first. Interesting. They're going to evaluate that for, for a year. And then if it it doesn't do as much as they want it to do for weight cutting, then they will reevaluate and possibly vote on new weight classes next year.
2: And what's the UFC's Jeff Nowitzki talking about? Anti-doping. Okay. Do you think that they'll come to some sort
3: of... Decoding anti-doping on social media is the title of his his seminar. So I'm very interested (laughs) in sitting in on that.
2: What a strange title on social media. Like maybe breaking the myths?
3: Possibly. Is Maybe it be all those all those people who share the side by side photos of guys? Oh, I see. And stuff. I love I love those photos. The smell they, test. They're so meaningful. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but what about all these states having the same, uh, you know, punishments and rules and regulations as far as PDs are concerned? Do you think that's possible that they all get on the same page? That, or?
3: that is something that the ABC can't change. Every state has their own regulations. Texas, for instance. Yeah. The reason why Kimbo Slice and Ken Shamrock only got 90-day suspensions is because Texas is run by basically their Department of Labor. So when a a state worker fails a drug test for marijuana or whatever, they get a they get a 90-day suspension. So it's the exact same thing oh, that wow. a P P user in MMA gets. That's and, and that's not going to change in the A B C. That's something that has to change state by state with with legislation. I mean that need that that stuff takes a while to to, to figure out. But they are actually working towards changing that in Texas.
2: That is good. Uh, great stuff, Mark. I look forward to your coverage from out there in uh, Lost Wages, Nevada. As some people like to say, <laughs> that's interesting stuff. Follow him on Twitter, Mark Ramundi, He'll provide a lot of updates from the ABC Commission convention over there. In Vegas. Convention. Very exciting. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right, there he is, Mark Ramundi of MMAFighting.com. Great stuff, great insight from him, as always. All right, let's move along. Very excited to talk to our next guest. Uh, He's very much in the news, everyone talking about him, everyone wondering what is next for him. We've got him. Can't wait to talk to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson on the phone right now. Stephen, how are you?
4: Doing great, man. How about yourself?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, Thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. I know you were traveling yesterday, very busy over the weekend. You know, it's interesting, um... When, when we spoke and, 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 I, and I booked you on the show and you agreed to come on, it was Friday. So, what a difference, you know, what a change in the welterweight world since we last spoke. I want to start with you, you know, the whole experience of just working on Fox while there's a fight going on that couldn't be more closely linked to your career. Is that enjoyable for you or would you rather be home watching it, studying it by yourself? What do you prefer?
4: You know, I actually like being there on set. Um, you know, it, it kind of hypes it up a little bit because um, you're not really sure who's going to fight and which one of those fights is going to face you off, you know, face off against you next. And I also like it just because, you know, you have to get in a little more more depth with um, the analyst job. You have to go out there and pick the fight apart or the um, the two fighters that are out there. So you start to understand them a little bit more. So, you know, I like being in studio, actually, um, this past weekend, it was good, it was great.
2: Okay, so you're watching that fight, it's all culminating, it's Robbie Lawler versus uh, Tyron Woodley, and you were on the record, you said, you know, just a simple sort of innocent question, hey, who if you had it, you know, your way, who would you prefer to fight? You said Lawler, you thought it would be a fun styles matchup, I don't think a lot of people disagreed with you. You're watching that fight. Do you get the sense that something's coming, like that right hand, like is the finish coming soon? Or were you sort of settling in for a five-round war like we've seen from Robbie Lawler?
4: I was, I was literally expecting to see, you know, Robbie Lawler go out and just overwhelm Tyrone, you know, uh, the Robbie that we've seen in the past. But as soon as they got out there, I realized, man, this is, for some reason, this is not the same Robbie hmm. that we normally see. I mean, right off the bat. You know, uh, at first, uh, you see Tyrone backing up, but you could tell Tyrone was kind of waiting on him to, you know, to for Robbie to close that gap so he can throw a big right hand. But then they got into a clinch position. And I don't know if Robbie felt the power of Tyrone or, or, or what, but from then on, Robbie was backing up. And that's something you can't do against Tyrone Lilly is back up because if you give him that forward, that forward momentum, he's going to land a shot or he's going to take any down.
2: A lot has been made of the fact that Lawler's been around this sport a very long time. He's taken a lot of shots. At some point, we, we tend to see, you know, it's this, it's this term that really isn't a scientific term, but the, the, the chin tends to deteriorate. Do you think that led to his demise on Saturday, or was that just a really good punch that would knock out most people?
4: I think it was just a really good punch. I think Robbie is still the exact same fighter that we have. I just didn't see it that night, or maybe it just wasn't his night. But I think it was the fact that Tyrone's got some power in his hands in that right hand, you know. Um, there was nothing really going on in the, begin- in the beginning of that first round. Yeah. I think if, if Robbie would have pressed Tyrone just a little bit more, uh, started to, you know, uh, pressure Tyrone some and, and, and have Tyrone kind of waste or uh, use a little bit of that nervous energy. Uh, I think that punch would have had a little esteem on it. But since there was nothing thrown in, you know, two minutes of that fight. He loaded all of his energy into that one punch, and that's all she wrote. I think he can, you know, with a punch like that, he can definitely knock out pretty much anybody in the division.
2: Now, if I'm watching you on that Fox set as you're watching this unfold, this knockout unfold, what's your immediate reaction? How did you take it in?
4: Well, I mean, you know, it, I was very surprised. I'm like, man, this is not. I was kind of disappointed because uh, I wanted, I did want to see a little bit more out of that fight, out of each, out of each other, out of both of them, but Robbie just wasn't there you know it was like man that was kind of disappointing but i was a crazy ko but a little disappointing that robbie didn't you know didn't key off a little bit yeah you know it wasn't him but uh you know after the knockout i was like well i guess i'll be my perception was i guess i'll be fighting tyrone winley (laughs) Uh
2: okay (laughs) you know And, and and we will get to that in a second but i first want to know for the record were you told by anyone in the ufc watch this fight you're next for these guys like that's that's a done deal
4: no, I have not heard a thing. Okay. And I I was hoping, you know, they were just kinda of waiting to see what what had happened, what will happen this past weekend for the fight and then I would know something. But as as of yet, no man, I haven't had a word.
2: Okay, so now you settle in and they say okay Tyron Woodley's coming up, you're going to talk to him, do an interview, and, and I've seen how this all unfolds. And you're kind of in that weird spot of being you know, an analyst, and you're sort of trying to be unbiased, but you also want to know what's next for you, and you're, you're, you're about to you know, maybe fight this guy. And he comes out there and says he doesn't want to fight you, and, he, and, and, and to his, you know, you know, in fairness to him, he had been saying that all week, so it wasn't like a new thing, but you know, whatever. Okay, so he says that, and you're like, wait a second, he's talking about Nick Diaz and GSP how do you How do you react to that because this is new territory for you for 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 a guy who's on set your, your cameras are on you, you have to react to the guy who you think is next for you now saying no I'm not going to give you this opportunity i'm going to go for those guys internally. How are you reacting to this man I mean in my head, I was like, really are you kidding you're kidding me right that that you wouldn't give me this shot I mean, yeah,
4: he went out there, he defeated Robbie Lawler, but you know he took this fight and a lot of people didn't think he deserved it in the first place but uh, just, I mean, seconds after winning that title, already choosing his fight. I mean, come on. I mean, who, who gets that? Hmm. You know, who gets to who really gets to do that? I mean, uh, I mean, you're starting to see that a lot more. It's almost like the, you know, do the rankings really count? Did it really matter? And and I was and I was kind of upset for him to say that, just because you know he knows I'm the number one guy. He knows I've been working really hard. Uh, you know, I'm on a seven fight winning streak. But to pick some, I think you have to defend the title at least once before you can start picking your shot.
2: Hmm. Do you think it has something to do with you as a fighter?
4: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that he is scared of me, but it almost seems like he's, he just doesn't want to fight me. Man. He just doesn't want to step in the ring. I don't know if he thinks it's a bad matchup, but no matter what, man, I'm, I'm fighting this. I'm fighting this guy. I'm fighting Tyrone. I'm oh, fighting Tyrone Woodley, huh. and it's going to be at Madison Square Garden. Whoa! No hands or butts, man. I mean, come on, guy, come on, UFC, come on, Tyrone, you got to give it to me, man. Well,
2: and by the way, are you are you calling him Tyrone just to piss him off?
4: Oh my goodness! I mean, I know, mean, <laughs> 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 no, I'm really not. I uh, actually, I thought you were doing to piss him, him off. Cause I, I literally thought that's what his name was. <laughs> and I found out this weekend it was Tyrone. Yeah, you know, it was. Ty- I literally found out this weekend. Make sure you say his name right. I'm like. Have I not been saying his name the entire time? i like, no, he hates that. His name's Tyrant. I'm like, oh crap. Oh so, yeah, I'm still still I, trying to get used to it. but I'm Not trying to piss anybody off, but hey, if it gives you the next house shot, <laughs> then yeah.
2: <laughs> but wait a second, you, you just said that whole MSG thing with great certainty, great conviction. Do you now know something that we don't? No. I oh, mean, you pause there for a second. Like that? Hey, I mean, come on. Hey. If, if they
4: don't give this to me, then something is, is really wrong.
2: Have you talked? I mean, wouldn't you say? Have you, okay, let me ask you this. Have you talked to anyone from the UFC since the fight ended? No, I have not. Huh. Just
4: my managers, just, just the people around me, and just Tyron. Tyron. Have they talked I mean, to I the haven't.
2: UFC? Your management team, have they reached out to the UFC?
4: You know what? They're, they're, I know they're going to do everything they have. They haven't said anything to me yet, but I know they're working on it.
2: When you hear names like GSP and Nick Diaz, mm-hmm. big names with strong fan bases, GSP, of course, the former champ who walked away. Does that make you worried? Are are you worried that you might get passed over for the sexier fight, the the big money fight that he put, you know, as as, as Tyron puts it?
4: I mean, the way things are going and what you've seen in the past with fighters. Yeah, man. I mean, you're getting, you know, 13 or something was it? Uh, Dan Henderson fighting. The, yeah. Maybe find the middleweight champion. I mean, he's ranked number 13. Right. And then they're talking about guys who hadn't fought in the game and how long already getting a type of shot. Ah, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it is disappointing to hear that. And it does worry, it does worry me a little bit, but, uh, you know, in my head, I'm getting the shot. Uh, you know, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I gotta put my foot down, man. I gotta tell everybody what I found I'm feeling and And uh, as of right now, I'm very disappointed that he wouldn't take it.
2: Huh. Is it somewhat deflating that you get to this point, you feel like you take all the fights, you do everything that's asked of you, and now you have to continue to campaign when you thought that you were, you know, that it was a foregone conclusion? Is it deflating?
4: Yeah, to be honest with you, yes. Hmm. Um, Because you just don't know what to expect or what's going to happen. You know, in the past, it's always been, you don't want contenders, you're fighting for the title. Yeah. But now it's, got to be you know who puts more butts in the seats and I, to be honest i think we would i think we would do fine yeah i think we would we, we would bring a crowd to madison square garden i mean it's the biggest fight card of the year huge pay-per-view points. yeah i mean it would be it would be big for both of us
2: if you were in his shoes would you would you would you pull a move like that like as a fighter, I think you understand where he's coming from. He wants to make the most money possible. Now, you're saying, we can make money together. Like, Let's sell this thing. Would, would you ever do that Like, as, as a champion? Do you, do you say to yourself, oh, there's dream fights that I want? Or would you be the kind of champion who would just say, "Like, okay, now I'm the champ and it's time for them to serve whoever they think is next for me?
4: Exactly. I mean, I think at least one or two fights it okay. should be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, just get, you just got the title. Fight the number one contender. You know, uh, you go out there and smoke the number one contender, then you can start talking about who you want to fight. You know? Um, but a lot of people think you're, you're not the champion until you defend it one time.
1: Mm.
4: Um, but right off the bat, just start picking picking who you're, fi- who you're fighting. And that's ridiculous. Defend it, defend it one time. Mm. Let the number one contender get out there. Prove yourself that you, just, that you actually won the title. I mean, yes, he did land that big one punch. But you know,
2: I don't know, man. it's just
4: it wasn't enough for me,
2: What do you mean by that? What wasn't I mean, enough?
4: you know he did he did land that one punch, but that was we all know that wasn't the same Robbie, huh and you just going out there looking at the fight, that wasn't the Robbie that 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 we all expected, and I think he knows that
2: Why do you think that is?
4: Why do I think that that wasn't the the robbie we' yeah. see? Yeah. I don't know man. I don't know if, if um I mean every every fight that he's had since he's champion have been five five and around wars. Mhm. Uh-huh. And sometimes you can see it in somebody's eyes. Uh you know, people fighters eyes, if they want to be out there or not. And I almost got to feel that he didn't want to be out there for some reason. Maybe he didn't put in the work like he should. Maybe he's gotten himself into a rut. Maybe it's something mental. Because he has been everybody's been questioning his chin. And he knows that Tyron has power, so I just I just think he hesitated, and you can't do that against somebody who's just you know got the flame rekindled under the under them, you know, after being out for eighteen months. Um, I, you see a lot of guys who who are out that long just get fired up, you know. I remember when I ended up tearing the ligament in my leg, I was out for three years, but then I was itching you know, to the best to step out there and fight again. It was like a A new fire in me, you know. Mm. I think that's what Tyrone felt. Tyrone felt this week, this past weekend. You can't do that against somebody who's been out that long. Maybe he expected. uh, He didn't prepare himself in those eighteen months. There could be a lot of lot of different reasons why we didn't see the same uh, Robbie Lawler, but it wasn't him.
2: Very, very interesting insight because I actually asked him that question at the press conference. I, I wondered, there had been some talk that he wasn't really motivated for this fight. He was sort of hoping for a GSP or a Conor McGregor or a DS fight. And Woodley, you know, was the one that he got matched up with. And I wondered if it was hard for him to get up for it. Like, he didn't seem very, very excited for this. So, that can translate into a lackluster performance, right, as a fighter?
4: I, I agree with you, yes. I mean, you can't take anybody lightly, no matter who you're stepping in the octagon with if you want to be in there with them or not and um you can just tell man i mean even with five other fighters that i face in the division uh as soon as you step out there you can you can hear it when they talk in the interviews that uh they're not motivated for the fight um maybe they got too much on their plate but you can tell it man you can just see it and that's what i saw at of robbie
2: from your perspective what was the better matchup for you? Was it the striker Robbie Lawler, or the wrestler? You know, and, and obviously he's he's looked tremendous on his feet, especially in this last fight. Tyron Woodley, like which matchup? For, not not from like a selling pay per view or just a fun fight. Like which matchup did you prefer for yourself in your supposed first title fight?
4: For me, it, it was it was Robbie.
2: Okay, why is just that?
4: Because just because he he was a guy that nobody's beaten, which is. What a martial arts, you know, we, we are out here to fight the best. Mm-hmm. And he he was the best, at the, at, at, you know, before he lost his past weekend. And the fact that I wouldn't have to look for any takedowns. I knew it was going to be a stand-up,
1: uh-huh.
4: uh, a stand-up war. And, you know, but i faced high-level wrestlers before. i faced powerful guys before. It doesn't matter who won, you know, the fight. I think I've got, I think it's a great matchup for me um, either way
2: is it fair to say that you were disappointed before the whole, like Nick Diaz GSP stuff came out on the show? Were you disappointed that Robbie was taken out before you got to him?
4: Yeah, I I was, I was disappointed because he was the guy I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, you know, i wanted to be the guy that wanted to be the guy that, you know, to take him out, but you know, hats off to Tyra, man. He he beat me to it, but he is a champ and I am the number one contender. Stop. calling people out who haven't fought in a year or three years, fight the guy who's standing, who's ready, man. Fight the guy who's, who's earned it this year. He's put in all the work. He's beat the number one, beat the number two and take on me, man. Seriously. Uh, That's what I got to say to him. If, if, if if that was possible, you know, uh, I, I did say that this past weekend and, you know, I, I'm a respectful guy and, and I try and do it the best way possible. And, but, um, you know, I just think it's kind of crap that he won't take it.
2: And that leads me to my next question and serious question here. Are you too nice for this fight game? Is that like, do you need to be more of a dick to be an MMA fighter and and demand what you want? Squeaky wheel gets to grease, all that stuff. Does that ever cross your mind? Does anyone ever tell you that you have to be a little more selfish, a little meaner?
4: You know, I, I have heard that, especially now, yeah. you know, I am a nice guy and it does make me a little nervous uh, that I have to do that, you know, or, or. You know, I'm, I, a I'm never I'm not good at it, but b that's just not who I am. Mm. Um, and at this point in time, and I guess now that I'm here in this situation, um, you know, it it almost calls for it a little bit. You kind of have to get out there and call your shots. And maybe you don't have to be rude about it, but demand what you want. You know, and and I think that's what I'm doing. I, you know, I know what I want. I know what I deserve, and I think everybody knows I deserve it. I mean, the fans know it. Um, and Tyrone does. Tyrone does. He knows. He knows that I uh, I deserve that shot too. So I don't know what he, where he's playing at.
2: Um, I don't think the world is ready for the Wonder Boy Thompson heel turn though. Like, the, don't go don't go like Blackbeard on us and start oh, no. spitting on children. You know.
4: You don't have to <laughs> worry about that, man. Uh, you know, like I said, that's just not me. I, I'm I'm gonna demand it. You know, but in a very respectful way, and and. Um, and just doing it the right way—that's what's what I'm about. Just doing everything the right way, and that's how I was brought up. My dad's the same way, and he's not about trying to cut any corners or anything like that. Just do the right thing, and that's what I expect out of out of this business, out of this game.
2: By the way, how's your you thumb?
4: Know? Man, it's much better to be honest. I, I ended up having a uh, a little hairline fracture and a, little, uh, a partially torn ligament. Oh, this taking some time. I think they gave me like six weeks. So um, yeah, it's much better. My grip is a little weak, but other than that, I'm back hitting the bag and um, back into training. So man, I'm just I'm, this this last fight just fired me up. You know, I'm back in there. I'm, I'm 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 ready, man.
2: So you you would be ready for November?
4: Oh, I would be more than ready in November. And I, that's what I've been that's what I've been telling everybody. You know, Madison Square Garden is where it's at, man. That's the big show. Yeah. So we could put butts in the seat. I think, you know, not just me and Tyron, but that show's going to be huge.
2: Uh, By the way, does it bother you when he calls you Wonder Woman?
4: (laughs) Uh, You know, I knew that was going to come up. Uh, Nah, man, are you kidding? You know, I've been in this game since I was 15 years old. been fighting since I was 15. I've been called, man, Wonder Bread, Wonder Woman, Wonder Bra. (laughs) I've been called it all. You know, it's almost like, I don't know. I think he was calling my mom out because my mom is a Wonder Woman. Huh. So, you know, trust me, he don't want none of that. <laughs> and by the
2: way, Wonder Woman kicks a lot of ass. I mean, it's not exactly an insult. I, in know. P- I know. I mean,
4: look <laughs> at look at If you watch Batman vs Superman, I wouldn't want to mess with her either.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, last question for you, and I appreciate the time very much. In your heart of hearts, do you believe this will be an easy road to getting this title shot, and do you believe that you're going to get it, or are you in for something you know, a little, a little rocky here, a little uneasy?
4: I'm a little uneasy as of right now. Hmm. You know, you don't know what the UFC's thinking. You don't know what they who they're going to give them. But, you know, I expect him to do the right thing and give it to who most deserves it, and that's me.
2: It's funny. I don't know if you remember this or heard this, but in January, Tyron Woodley was pretty much saying the exact same thing as you after Carlos Condit fought Robbie Lawler. A lot of people were... Calling for the rematch between them, saying that maybe GSP should fight Lawler, you should fight Lawler, Conor McGregor should fight Lawler, Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, and he had to weather a lot of storm, uh, you know, dodge a lot of bullets, and he got what he wanted. And now it's amazing to hear you say this about him. Uh, so maybe the messages, you know, time, time to pay it back, you know, like you got that opportunity, right. I need that opportunity that, that you were asking for just five short months ago. Exactly. Well, good luck to you uh, Steven. I, I really appreciate the candor and the insight and and, and I hope that you get what, to, what what you're looking for, what you deserve uh, you know it would be a, it would be a shame if you don't get that title shot. We'll be talking to Tyron late, late, uh, later in the show, so curious to, he, to hear what he has to say as he you know has a couple of days to think about all of this, but I appreciate you coming on here today.
4: Hey, thanks, my friend. Definitely enjoy it, man. I hope we can do it again.
2: Okay, for sure. There he is, Wonderboy Thompson, one of a kind. Always a great pleasure to talk to Stephen Thompson. And, uh, you know, putting aside uh, money, putting aside pay-per-view points, putting aside all that, there is no one on this earth that can deny the fact that he is the number one contender in this division, merit alone. But as we have learned throughout the past year, especially in MMA, merit doesn't mean all that much. And that's just, that's just prize fighting, prize MMA fighting for you. Um, This is a business. It's a little entertainment as well. And sometimes the guy who deserves it doesn't get it. But I do believe if promoted correctly, that fight is big. Maybe not as big as the GSP return or the Nick Diaz return, but I do believe that it is it is it is big if promoted correctly, because both of them bring a lot to the table, in my opinion. Okay, let's move along. As I said, uh, UFC 201 was supposed to feature the long-awaited, much-anticipated return of Ian McCall, had not fought since January of 2015, was oh-so-close to retiring... And unfortunately, on Thursday night, we found out the fight wasn't happening because his opponent Justin Scoggins failed to make weight. Actually, couldn't even get to the scale. Pulled out Thursday night. As a result, Ian McCall left opponentless. So we wanted to talk to Uncle Creepy about that whole bizarre situation. He joins us now, I believe, via the magic of Skype. There he is, Uncle Creepy himself. Ian, how are you?
1: I'm
4: good. How are you
2: doing? Now, where are you right now, Ian?
4: I'm getting a U-Haul. My girlfriend's moving today, so
2: I'm uh, oh my gosh. helping
4: her do that. Uh, so my my coach to take the day off. So I, I, I mean, I was going to take sorry. the day off anyways because I have to help her okay. move. But uh, yeah,
2: is she moving in with you in your in your parents' house?
1: <laughs> no.
2: uh, that, what a story
1: that would be. You're gonna yeah, a
4: sign of my mom, I'm, I'm sure I think my mom
3: wants her to, so but I, I'm going to be moving out soon to right. buy a place or get she my own spot, so, and then maybe she'll move into my place, I don't know, it's just, the back. I'll wait till so after my a, fight to, and to, and to figure it. that out.
2: Okay, now here's the thing, there's a lot of activity going on back there, do you mind if we call you on your phone, because I just want to hear you, uh,
3: yeah, it's fine. Uh, let's yeah okay,
2: let's just call him on his cell phone, because I love seeing Ian McCall's face, but I want to hear him, Uh, more importantly. So New York Rick is going to call him on his phone as he uh, is in the midst of helping his girlfriend move. What a mensch. Ian McCall is hooking us up with uh, some time here on this Monday morning over there in Orange County, California. Very disappointing. We were talking to him on Thursday, was so excited to make his return, had thought about walking away from the sport just due to injuries, not because he wanted to. And uh, you know, literally, what was it? Five hours later, we find out that he will not be fighting Ian. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm devastated to hear this news. By the way, this is one of my favorite stories in MMA. You and your family that you're moving out. <laughs> well, you
4: know, it, it's not it's not for sure, but most likely, <laughs> uh, you know, after after this fight, I will be. But you know, I'll like move down the street. Okay, because I, right. you know, it, it, it's. But then again, you never know. I, I could just not and. I um, mean, yeah, it's, it's up in the air. At this, yeah. point, sorry. at this point, it doesn't really, really, you know, I don't know. It's just, a, who knows? <laughs>
2: okay. Um, when did you find out? Because like I said, I spoke to you on Thursday at the media day. It was around 2.30, 2.45 local time. Justin was there. He seemed okay. When did you find out that this fight was off?
4: Uh, like directly after that.
2: Like minutes later?
4: Yeah, I left. I went home. I went to the hotel. I uh, had my nutritionist make me food, and as I'm sitting there eating food, I found out. And uh, then I walked down to Gus's, where my my coaches and some friends were eating. They were eating delicious soul food. Uh, and yeah, we just we talked about it, and and I, you know, they just kind of told me whatever. You know, this is this is what he's saying. So I said, all right, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. <laughs>
2: What was the reason that you were given?
4: Uh because he can't make the wait. Hmm.
2: And then he and you know uh,
4: he I feel like I got played by him, you know, cuz he acts like he like we're friends and we're nice and and I'm 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 feeling you know like shame on me cuz all this trash he's talking and all this dumb stuff and personal stuff he's bringing up, he's like screenshotting uh he's like screenshotting text messages from my agent to his agent, and like making up all this stuff, and 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 a big part of me just wants to like bury him, as far as like making him look like an idiot. Because there's a lot of things that the young man has said and done that are that are very stupid. Like he tried to come off smart, and like him talking about, oh well, you know, I was at two percent body fat when, and doctor said I can't cut anymore. Well, if you understand this thing called science, um, if you're under three, three and a half percent body fat, you're feeding off your organs. Like you're actual, actually feeding off your organs. So, so you're lying. Like, hmm. if you're gonna try and sound smart, at least be smarter than than someone who's at least somewhat knowledgeable, like myself. <laughs> and and I, you know, I'm just saying. Like, you, you you're you're trying to uh, to give excuses, and and I'm sorry, but don't don't make me look like the asshole when you're, you're the things you're saying aren't true. You know. Hmm. Um, and I, again, I'm not gonna call him out. I don't really care. It's like. But there's so much. There's so many things that are just completely silly. That he's he's digging his own grave, and he'll make himself look stupid. I'm taking the high road and just going, okay. Well, you keep you keep saying stuff and trying to make me look like somehow the bad guy when this is all your fault. <laughs> and, <laughs> he goes, well, meet me at meet me at at, at any way. I'll, I'll fight you way, anyway, bro. I'm like, well, fight me on 126 then. Yeah. Well, what about what about that weight?
2: <laughs> uh, you've been around this game a long time obviously we've seen people like miss weight, you know, the day of on the scale, all that stuff. But like on the Thursday before, it kind of a weird one, right? Have you ever seen that before? Have you ever been faced with that before? No. And I mean, it was, yeah, it was 24 hours before. Yeah.
4: And he, you know, then I already get the info that he's not going to make it. Okay. Well, no, I'm not going to fight you at a bantamweight fight because I'm not a bantamweight.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you know, and, and like, you know, you can say whatever you want. It's not going to change my mind. Like, you're not making me look stupid, so that doesn't make anger me. Um, and then, you know, he... What I think happened is that... Uh, I don't know if it's mental issues, you know, like maybe nerves or maybe outside stuff. I mean, uh, maybe he's, he's on drugs. Who knows? Like, he's just acting very erratic and silly. Um, but... I think it was a mental lapse where he broke down, and and this is just speculation, this is my bro sign, where he probably snapped and couldn't make the weight, so he started eating and drinking, because everybody, I mean, everybody that was on the card, I'm not going to name any names, but we're talking trainers and strength coaches and other fighters were MFing him. I mean, to me, like crazy. Wow. I mean, they were just like you know, fuck him this. And that guy's a piece of shit and all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> well, everyone simmer down. You know? um, like I, I was out last night. Or I was out yesterday and I saw him, you know, munching on food and, and, you know, I'm like trainers who are out eating whatever they want. They're out, you know, you know, testing out Atlanta's delicious food. And he's, out. <laughs> he was eating all day, drinking all day. What was I doing? I was cutting weight. I was doing my job. So, you know, I, I, just think, I just think he broke down, and I think, I mean, it could have been a mixture of personal issues and his uh, lack of discipline, or I don't know, he, he's a young guy, and, and he'll learn from this, you know, like I keep saying, he, he'll, I'm sure he'll come back stronger. He, he's a stud. But, you know, this was just a, a maturity thing and a, a self-control thing that he seemed to have lost it, you know, and, and that's no one's fault but his own.
2: Did the UFC try to keep you on the card? Did they offer you another fight? Did they try to get you to fight him at 135? How'd that go?
4: Um, you know, UFC didn't even offer me to fight at thirty-five.
2: Oh, okay. They,
4: they just said, okay, well, you know, we, we know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what I was going to say, so they, um, they just let it slide, and, you know, they said make weight just in case something happens, just okay. in case. Wilson or or someone something ha- you know something crazy happens and of course you know it didn't which which we all kind of figured it wasn't going to happen but uh you know it, I had to make weight just in case because you never know I mean people have have hurt themselves last minute yeah and uh, and, and you know pe- people were trying to say oh well, they need to take out you know uh, uh what's his name the kid that uh the kid that that Wilson fought and then to put you in there and switch him around and him. I'm like no they don't because that's unfair. To, that's unfair to those guys. Yeah. You know, they, they, they were ready for certain fights and you can't just like interchange stuff. Like, right. You know, that's not how it works. Um, so, so I you know it, 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 of course it's, it's nice to get paid, you know, all the money that I, that I did get paid. Um, I mean, really nice. I had to talk with Dana and Sean and thank them. Um, did
2: but, you get your win money too? I got, got my win money. How'd you convince them to my, do that? Uh, my, I got my Reebok money. Whoa!
4: I got everything. You know, UFC really stepped up and they took care of me.
2: Did you have to convince so, uh, them to do that? Um, no, no. I
4: mean, they they seemed to be much obliged to do it. Wow! They, they were they were That's very great. happy to do it. And you and know, talking to Dana at the fight, and he just gave me a hug. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm proud of you. Thank you. You know, you're, you did good." and you deserve this. get out there and have fun and spend your money. And I'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks.
2: Wow, that's a So, are are you done with Scoggins? Uh, are they talking something else? Because you're talking about your next fight already. Do you even know what the next fight is?
4: No, but I, I want Wilson. That's what uh, you want. I mean, it's a good, it's a good fight. Um, you know, I, I think it's the best fight as far as getting me back in the fold. Uh, you know, he was supposed to fight Demetrius. Um and everyone wants to see me fight Demetrius. <laughs> so I'm have you watch the parts go down. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's uh, that—that's. I think that's a fight that's perfect for me because it, it, it puts me back into contention right away. And I, I don't think, you know, I mean, people you know, let's say I, I knock him out in you know, a devastating fashion. People are going to be like, oh, well, you, you need a title shop. Well, okay, okay let, uh, sure, but let me, I'll fight somebody else first. I'll fight a couple people first. You know, I'm not not worried about it, but it it just gets eyes on me. And it gets me, it gets me a a, a good ranking. It keeps me relevant with, um, with top names. You know, I'm, I'm here to fight the best people.
2: Any chances happens at 202, which seemed to be the fight card that you wanted to fight at?
4: Uh, that's what what we're we're trying for.
2: Okay. Wow.
4: And we really want... Um yeah, I have no idea I'm uh, we're, we're we're trying for 202.
2: Okay. Um just a few other questions for you and then I'll let you go and I appreciate you squeezing us in. Uh, mentally since no you had worries. since you hadn't fought since January of 2015, I mean, for this rug to get pulled under you 24 hours before the weigh-ins, less, how did you deal with it?
4: Um well, I just laughed it off. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, I mean, I, once I knew I was getting paid, um yeah. I mean, even if I was only getting my show money, well, I was getting my show money to cut weight, and they, they you know, they they promised me, and I, I have all the faith in the UFC. They've always taken care of me. They've always taken care of me. Um, you know, I, I was at least getting my show money, right? And then they added in the, the win money and the rebuff money. So it's like, and that that that's what I what I get being a, a big company man, you know, a, a brilliant Taking the high road and, and you know being the bigger person in this whole situation because I could have thrown a fit, I could have freaked out and, and talked all kinds of shit and whatever, but why? It's pointless, you know. It, 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 no, no one did anything wrong except for for, for Justin, and and he, God, he keeps saying stuff, and I'm like, man, you need he needs to. He even tried to apologize to me like in a private message, and I just didn't respond because hmm. at first I was just. Second of all, I see all the stuff. That I still think, and it's like you're just you're just acting like a dumb child, you know. And it's like, it's like okay, you know, i I'm, man, you just making yourself look real stupid here. And, and, and thanks for, you know, letting me not have to do that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's I I, I honestly don't have to say a word. I just have to sit back and just kind of laugh at him.
2: You had said something very interesting Thursday night, I believe it was to MMA Junkie about just the weigh-ins in general and why you weren't all that upset because the weigh-in thing is kind of crazy. Cutting weight is kind of crazy. Like there's a part of you that sort of felt for him. Is that, is that an accurate thing to say? Is that how you were feeling? Yeah.
4: I mean, because weighing, weighing weigh-ins, I mean, cutting weight's hard and, you know, he's, he's gigantic. I, when I first saw him, I was like, Jesus, (laughs) you're huge. And, uh, and, you know, I said that and I didn't know all, all the information. I don't pay attention to much. And I've, I've, you know, what I have paid attention to, like him talking and the things he's saying, like I said, back to having 2% body fat and, you know, running eight miles a day and not having eaten in two days. Well, I know you're uneducated then. You know, you're, you're a, a dumb kid who is who hasn't done the due diligence to figure out how to cut weight properly. Like I, I was talking to one of his coaches. I'm like, you need to get that kind of nutritionist, whether he's at, uh, or not. Well, he needs to educate himself on what he's doing. And a lot of fighters do. I mean, I, I see, and I hear people from men, women, coaches, where they say stuff. And I'm like, are you fucking, are you retarded? <laughs> like, you know how hard cutting weight is and how bad for it, how bad for us it is. And these people have no idea what they're doing. I mean, I, I have my guy from Nutrition for Life, Eric, and I mean, he's a good friend of mine. I talk to him like all the time, and I be- I bug him with questions, not even about myself, about my about the fighters I train, you know, about the young guys that I'm trying to be an example to, and like, you know, the way to the way to eat and how to fast and and what time to eat certain foods at, and what you put in your body after weigh-ins, and the four weigh-ins and like you know this like all this different stuff. It's it, it, sure I guess it's complex, but it's really not. It's food, and you're a professional athlete. Learn what you need to learn and educate yourself, so you can you can have an easier weight cut. You can have less body fat and a healthier mind and healthier body. And you are not on the verge of death when you when you are cutting weight, you know. And then after weight cutting, um, you know you you you're, you're properly fueled up. You know you don't, you don't want to build a race car. Build a race motor and then put shit fuel on it. Mm-hmm. You put race 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 gas. That's what you do. And these people are just it. it just really like lost the mind about how how uh, uneducated. I don't want to say I hate saying dumb because I mean some some people are stupid, but um, <laughs> they're just uneducated. And people need to step it up because I have. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but you know I, I work my butt off and I'm you know I'm like. You know this whole thing about like PEDs and people's bodies changing. Uh, I'm more ripped than I was my last fight.
1: Hmm.
4: Why? Because because I'm healthy. Because I eat really, really, really healthy. Because <laughs> I work my my ass off in the gym, and my diet is on point. Like it, there, there's so many different ways to make yourself healthy, and people aren't doing it. And I'm just I just always just laugh it off. And I you know, maybe I'm a cynic, but but I, I would I would like to see. Um, you know, educators step up, or uh, you know, or fighters step up and educate themselves on proper nutrition, or at least hire somebody. Because if you hire somebody, you're going to learn. You're going to learn stuff no matter what, you know. And and I I'm, I I do this also because I'm a coach. You know, I'm not going to fight for that much longer. And if I'm going to have my fighters doing things, out, they're going to they're going to do them properly.
2: And I saw that you were in attendance on Saturday, so you stuck around for the fights. You're hanging out with the likes of <laughs> Dwight Howard and whatnot, but internally was that like the ultimate, you know, for lack of a better word like blue balls for you. I mean, you go through all that work, <laughs> you show up yeah. and you can't you can't release the whatever you had inside you, the, you know, that you get from fighting. It, that must have been a tough thing to take in, no?
4: Uh no, actually, you know, it wasn't. I, it's an honor to be there. Mm. You know, I get to hang out with my friends. I, I get to hang out with DDP and my girlfriend Alicia and Dwight Howard and Two Chains and you know, like all these funny people that, you know, and, and, you know, Vin Diesel was there with Tyrese and all these people, you know, you, you that are fun you get to hang out with and screw around with. And, and, uh, and I never, I never thought I'd be fighting again, you know? So hmm. just, just being in the fold and dealing with all this and all the attention and all the fun. And it, it, it's just, I'm just having a good time. I'm all smiles. And, you know, my career, you know how weird my career has been. Yes. So I literally just, I laugh it all off. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's like, whatever this is life like my life is weird and crazy and it's never going to be different so <laughs> i just I just learned to laugh
2: um were you impressed with wilson
4: uh, i didn't i didn't watch it that, i walked in um right literally right after that fight but oh. i i do need to sit down and watch it
2: okay uh do you think you're getting that one like did you talk to them afterwards and say that's what we want and and did they seem open that, to you it you
4: know what, that, I know there's one other name, um, oh. that is thrown around, but, but they, they want me to fight Wilson cause it's, it's, it's a relevant fight, Yeah, you know? And I, and I get to pull like the, the Diaz brother stuff, um, and just kind of walk in out of nowhere and be like, Hey, I want this, and <laughs> it, you know, like it, it, coming off a loss and not being around for, you know, over 18 months. And, and it's cool knowing that I, I'm, I kind of have that sway where I yeah. go, Hey, listen, like, that's cool, you know. I, people that just shows the respect that I've earned and that I've um, that that I get from from not only the fans but from the company that employs me. You know, the the people that run the you know the biggest organization on the planet.
2: By the way, who's the other name?
4: Uh, I think it's Gian Herrera. That, that was mentioned.
2: Okay. Okay. Um,
4: and he, he's a stud too. You know, it's yeah fight uh, but you know, he's not ranked. Right. So if I have to, I would, you know, I'd love to fight anybody because getting paid twice in one month is, is nice. Um, but, uh, I really, really, really want the, the 202 card. And I really, really, really want, he, he was, how fast was this fight?
2: Oh, it was like two minutes or something.
4: Yeah. So he, he's unscathed. I'm unscathed. We both cut weight, you know, at the same day, both made it. Um, and, you know, it would be an honor to to be on, arguably, you know, the biggest hack card in the in UFC history, which is 202, yep. because of, you know, Connor, Connor and Nate.
2: Well, I think this is a first for me. Uncle Creepy, you are a class act. Uh, those two words don't really go together, but uh, man, you handled <laughs> this... You handled this really well. Uh, I thought it was great that you were the first one to weigh in Friday morning. You didn't do a lot of crap talking. You, you really handled this with class. So kudos to you, my man. I hope you get that fight at 2.02. Uh, it was great to see you. I was so happy that you were finally back. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see you in there. But hey, if we get to see you in three weeks on an even bigger card, then maybe it was, uh, you know, it was all for a good cause. and You got paid two times as well. So appreciate you squeezing us in, Ian. Really do. Good luck to your girlfriend as she moves. And hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas.
4: Thank
2: you. Sounds good. All right. There he is. Ian McCall stopping by, uh, really putting out the blueprint, how you should handle a situation like that. You know, he was very disappointed, but maybe it all turns out for the best. And he gets to fight on that even bigger card against potentially a bigger name as well. Uh, Okay. Let's move along. Big week. Excuse me. I should say big month for our next guest. He was all over the place, cornering some of the biggest names in this sport. Um, had some very big highs, had some lows as well. One of my favorite coaches in the game. One of my favorite people in the game, period. And you've heard me talk about him a lot over the last month or so, but this man is one of a kind. Also makes a mean pizza. We need to get back the, uh, the Ariel Hawani pizza though at the shop. I'm told that there's a high demand for it. I'm talking to Mark Henry right now on the phone. Mark, are you there?
4: I'm here, my man. (laughs) That's a great introduction, man. I like that.
2: Well, thank you. Where's that pizza at?
4: It's coming, bro. It's coming. We're far, man. We're few. We're stayed away.
2: Okay, all right. Um <laughs> <It's definitely> coming. <laughs> what a, Have you ever experienced a month like this before?
4: Um. Yeah. I believe. I believe we have. I mean, definitely not often. You know, because we try to. We try to really keep our team small. But, um, I, I believe we had, uh, had a month like this at another time when, um, everybody was on a WSOF card a while ago, and then there were some other fights in between. After, everything just kind of blends into everything after a while, but I believe we had something similar to it. But, you know, this month, not like with the titles. Yeah. Definitely, definitely not like, um, with title implications, nothing uh, like this month before with title implications. With Frankie, Marlon, Eddie, um, all vying for titles. So, no, definitely not like this when what, you come to think of titles in
2: the mix. What was the final record this month?
4: Um, well, we wind up doing a guy who, who trains with us also, cross trains with us, Rex uh, Harrison, the one-two. So I think it was uh, five out of, out of six with uh, the one being just the, the, the devastating one, which, you know, can't really... uh wasn't really that great because of, of the Frankie loss, so still really devastated and heartbroken over that. And uh, I don't think I've woken up a day yet where I haven't been... Uh, Palm down. Okay, as as I wake
2: up, we'll we'll get to Frankie in a second. But let's talk about Marlon. Big win for him on Saturday in Everett, Washington. He retains his World Series of Fighting title. This time, he finishes Josh Hill. Beautiful head kick knockout. Afterwards, he was doing the you know show me the money sign. He's standing on top of the. (laughs) He is the hottest free agent in this game. What do you think? Where does he end up next? Where does he fight next? Um, it's
4: exactly what you tweeted, man. Show me the money. He's gonna, you know. Show the money. Who's going to, you know, show what we believe Marlon's worth? You know, Marlon, man, he's an he's an amazing fighter, but also has to do, you know, WSFO has been so great to him. There's such a great group over there, Ray Seppo. And um, those guys have been, you know, treated Marlon and the rest of us, you know, so well, man, that, you know, you just have to, you know, I'm sure you have to listen to them and what they have to say because they've just treated him great. But at the end of it all, you know, he has, uh, you know, if he if he's, you know, maybe uh, five, six, seven years ago where he's single kid and, and uh, you know, UFC, you know, would probably be the thing. But now, you know, he has a wife and kids. And, and you know, what's the difference between WSFO and UFC is what? Maybe 20,000 more uh, Instagram followers and maybe your name on, a, on an MMA fighting a little more. And that's about, <laughs> you know, that's about it at the end. Other than that, you know, the kid needs to take care of his family first.
2: So you, uh, if you were giving him advice... Just get the most amount of money possible, right? Because this window is short. Don't worry about the bright lights, the big stage. Just get paid.
4: Um, take care of your family, definitely. Yeah. You know, see what you know what's offered. Not you know promises. Not if you're champion. Not if you're champion. It's one set of money. Then when you're not, it's no not you know things. You know, there's so many little things too. You have to look at too, and um, you know. And Ali's done such an amazing job. You know, uh, Marlon's been with us for. I think this last ten, almost four years now, about four years you now, with you know he's ten and zero and, and uh, you know really gelled well with our camp and and we have you know when he came over to us, I remember the first time I think I brought him to Philadelphia to spar some really good guys in a, uh, this boxing gym, and I'm like, who the heck is this kid? Because uh you know, he's really close with Etsen, they grew up together, and, and this is you know he's a he, he's big thing is Muay Thai, but we brought him to the boxing gym. To see how that would go. And I called up, um, I think his manager at the time, I'm like, who the heck is this kid? This kid's unbelievable. Cause Ethan said he was good, but everybody's gonna say their friend is good. But um I was totally blown away. And I'm like, man, what's this kid's record? Like 20 and 0? And I think at the time he was like 7-4 and 1. I'm like, well, something happened along the way. I'm like, this kid is so good, and uh, in fact, he was the first guy that I ever kind of really trained. I'm like, this kid's ready for the UFC. Wow! You know, right now, Well, most people, are, oh, I'm always so cautious. You know, oh, let's wait a couple fights and let's get, you know, let's get the all around game going. But like right off the bat, I'm like, this kid is special. You know, okay. just like with Frankie, the first time I, I ever had Frankie it was a, pretty much the same exact thing. Man, this kid is very, very special.
2: And And you're right, that was four years ago. He was seven, four and one going into WSWF. now, amazingly, he's seventeen, four and one. W- w- what's been the difference the 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 guy four years ago who had four losses and one draw on his record, and now he's turned into this killer, this machine he hasn't lost since. what's been the difference?
4: um I think there's a lot, a lot of things I think thing number one is just him letting him you know him realizing how good he really is. You know, like him seeing what the rest of us, me, Frankie, Ricardo, and and everybody around him, what we see of him, you know, as this phenom. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he knew how good he was. So, you know, that was number one. Number two, I think is just being around someone like Frankie his work ethic and uh ever since four years ago man he's pretty much tied to the hip to Frankie. They have a great relationship and you know, everybody on our team has a great relationship with families and everything. But I I'd have to say that him and Frankie have a have a really close relationship. You know, they laugh more than even train and um and uh I just think him being tied to the hip with Frankie and and knowing um and knowing what, to, you know, knowing how to train a different way and uh, you know, about hard work, whatever, I think has totally changed up, uh, you know, just being around Frankie and his
2: game. Um, okay, so I'm just curious because he called out Dominic Cruz after. As his coach, is he ready for the Dominic Cruzes? If he goes to the UFC, would you would you push for that fight right off the bat or do you believe in getting, you know, one UFC fight under your belt and then going into the big fight?
4: Uh, well, I'm, I'm usually cautious and, like you know, like to get your feet wet a little. But in this case, I'm not. And I have so much respect for Dominic. I think Dominic's amazing. But I do not think that Dominic could hang with Marlon, in my opinion. Dominic is amazing. And so much respect for Dominic. And I do. I love his game to death. But, man, I just think Marlon will beat him. I just really, truly, in my heart, think that uh, Marlon would, would, would definitely win. Wow, um, and, I, and I usually don't like to talk smack about whatnot, yeah. <laughs> one third person. But I, but uh, you know, I never, I never like saying but I have that much
2: confidence in Marlon. Great segue there, because you were pushing very much to see Frankie Edgar fight Conor McGregor. It didn't happen, yeah. and now it's going to be even tougher to happen in 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 the in the interim in the short term because. Obviously, you know, Frankie lost, and who knows if if Connor's ever coming back to 145. Is that why this one hurts so much for you? Is that why you say you wake up every morning thinking about this because of what he lost out on?
4: No, Connor could care. I honestly could care less about Connor, you know. In fact, I think we have four guys that could be Connor. I think uh, Marlon could easily be Connor. I think Edson could be Connor. I think Eddie could be Connor. And I think Frankie wipes up Connor. And I I honestly believe that. You know, you you know me for a lot lot of years. I don't like to talk garbage, but, you know, I just think the four of them, kill this kid. I just, you know, Connor was holding up the belt. He had the belt, you know, and I think it's baloney how he had fought Nate in this second fight, which he got mopped up on, you know, striking and on the ground. And um why, why it's a rematch for a guy holding the belt? just give the belt up you know we you know wanted the belt at the time, not about uh you know to care less about Connor and, and what he thinks he is or or what or you see what they think of him, but um, it was the only the only thing was that he had the belt, everything uh. else could care less about that guy.
2: Okay, so what bothers you so? I mean, obviously the fact that you lost is enough, but like, what kills you so much about the the Edgar Aldo rematch? Why do you feel like you failed him? Why why are you putting this all on yourself?
4: Um, Well, we were close. You know, he was right there for the belt, which you know, he was right there for the belt, and I just think that there was as soon as that fight ended, I just think, you know, it was it was one of the biggest uh, fights in my head that I can remember. Where right when the fight ended that there was, like, 10 things or 15 things that went right through my head. Should have done this, should have done that, should have done that, should have called this, should have called that. And, um, like, that would have worked, that Frankie would have done. Frankie's so amazing, man. Like, you just have to, you know, yell out anything to him, man. He'll jump all over, and he trusts in his corner a lot. And, um, you know, I I just think that the chasing and uh, um, we were just trying to be so aggressive and kind of left our game a little bit. And um, instead of taking the time like you, you know, and uh, you know, working more of our game, I think we it just, it just rushed things a little bit. It reminded me a little bit of Dillashaw, uh, Dominic Cruz when um Dillashaw kind of left his game a little bit and just kept, you know, rushing after and, and uh, you know, was trying to uh, just, you know, go after him and wasn't, you know, putting technique into play.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, and this talk that Aldo may or not, may not have been spying on him, you say hogwash, that doesn't bother you at all?
4: That doesn't bother me at all, because I think whatever anybody does, we should be able to adjust and and we're better than, you know, in any technique. So if he's, so if he's not going to do that and he's going to kind of be more on the defensive and, um, you know, hit back and up and things of that nature, like, we should have adjusted to it, so... You know, that's my thought process on it. You know, I mean, there was a lot of things we were, we were working on. That, the two main things he, he said, you know, that's why to me, the two specific things he said, we were working on probably the most. Hmm. And, um, so, I mean, you know, and, and I know that in people did see us that week doing it and, uh, but it still shouldn't matter anyway, in my opinion, you know, I think to a kind of, um, if I could do that over again, like Frankie in the first, you know, like 70% of the camp was just on fire. I don't know if, if, if wanting it so bad, I overtrained them a little bit and, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to change things up this time for our whole camp. You know, Joe Rogan talks about it a lot with, um, you know, overtraining and not. So I think i take a little bit of that advice and, uh, maybe slow down a, a little bit on the sparring and uh, make sure that we go in like guns blazing and everything clicks. You know, we've been doing it for, you know, like 12 years, a certain style, but I think you could always make things better. And I think that's one of the things I blame myself on. Uh, Maybe just pushed a little too hard, but definitely no excuse at all. You know, Aldo won. He deserved it. The techniques he did, the judges gave it to him, and just not making zero excuses, you know. You know, not even saying if we did any of that, that we still would have won. But... You know, everybody always asks, what you've done different. You know, those are the things, but definitely not saying that, that we would have won if, you know, there was less sparring. He still won. He was the better man that night. The judges gave it to him, and, you know, all the, uh, you
2: know, respect. What would you like to see for Edgar next?
4: (laughs) Um... I'd like, you know, what I'd like to see is that again, you know, I think he's one of the best fighters that ever walked on the face of the earth. I think that, you know, people still don't realize, you know, like Marlon, he's a 135er. He's bigger than Frankie and you know, Frankie's a true 35er, you know, you know, I hate to say this stuff, but Connor, you know, fights Nate. It's probably more his weight class 155 and they make the biggest deal out of Connor. And, uh, you know, he came up mega short and uh, Frankie had a title of 55 and came you know, really close this last time it won his second title, and he's really a 35er, you know? And so, for me, I just really want to go the shortest cut to, you know, the next title, whether it be 35 or 45, whatever brings him the closest. That nine hours didn't help either, that extra nine hours, you know, at 45, you know, the man, he looked big out there. And I'm not saying from his point, from I've had other guys too, like Eddie and Edson and their fights, I asked them how they felt, but that extra nine hours recovering from the uh, weight cut and they both said out, they both felt a lot different and a lot stronger. Huh. So that, um, you know, it's kind of tough too when you get, you know, when you give a guy nine extra hours to, uh, you know, on the weight cut that Frankie has to kind of deal with now too.
2: Eddie and uh, Habib Nurmagomedov going back and forth. Do you like that fight for Eddie? Are you okay? Is that the fight that you think makes sense for him in his first title defense?
4: Yeah, I think I think that uh, any fight, you know, I'm of confidence in Eddie with anybody. Any 155-er on the face of the earth, I have 100% confidence in Eddie, you know. And, um, you know, Khabib wants to fight, and I totally understand that, man. He's undefeated, you know, he's phenomenal. Um, you know, I mean, even very friendly with him. And, man, I, uh, you know, probably, you know, out of a, a guy that we don't, it's not in our camp. I probably respect for him more than anybody. And um but you know, I think Frankie deserved the title fight and didn't get one. I think Wyman deserved a title fight and didn't get one. Hmm. You know, I think uh you know, a lot of guys out there deserving the title fights but you know, I mean look at uh Wyman's division. I mean, come on, you know, so if if um Bisman does it, why can't Eddie do it, you know? I mean, Eddie has a family, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people would love to see the winner name, Nate Connor. And I think that, you know, that uh, you can't say that those two fights wouldn't be a great fight either. So, but whoever it is, you know, um, I'm 100, 100% excited for it, and I think Eddie will do amazing.
2: But it, so so here we have a situation where Edson Barbosa is climbing that ladder rather quickly. What happens if you're in the position of uh oh Edson is the number one contender and Eddie is still the champion? What are you going to do?
4: Well, I I know that that Edson um said that he wouldn't fight him, but I think he definitely should fight him. You know, I think that you know it's definitely a uh, team sport and it definitely takes a team to get. You know, to get you where you're at, but I mean, these guys have both. And Eddie's been wrestling since he was a little kid. Edson's been doing Muay Thai since he's eight years old. They both have families, so you know, my advice, you know, is uh, to Edson, which I already talked to him. Listen, man, if if you get that opportunity, you have to take the title fight. You know, it's it's um, you know, it's you know, you have a family, and um, you know, that's the way it is. And Eddie's helped, you know, and Eddie and Edson get along amazing, and they they've helped each other out so much, especially Eddie, because. He'd already fought the two guys that, um, that Edson had just fought in Pettus and Melendez. And Ed, you know, nobody helped him more than Eddie. Eddie, the first second that we knew he was fighting them, Eddie was right there helping him. But, you know, they both have families and it's a team sport, but not a team sport. So, you know, my advice is for him to definitely take it. But as of right now, you know, there's a couple people ahead. If they give it to, if they said today to Edson, I tell them, dude, you can take it 100%. but you know right now you know you hear you hear Khabib you hear uh you know could be you know John McGregor and Nate at the fight and you have Ferguson on the 8 fight one streak so you know until they uh you know say that's his name we're kind of you know not even talking about it
2: well who will you corner in that situation
4: No I haven't really I haven't even really thought about it okay. you know, at all Okay <laughs> You know, uh, could be nobody. It could be flip of a coin if they want, you know, whatever those, whatever they would want, whatever the the other, those two guys, you know, will want collectively. I'm for it 100%. It's their careers. It's their families. You know, whatever, whatever they would talk it out and they would want from the team on on me personally anyway. You know, I, I I would definitely go if They wanted nobody. I definitely. Would agree on that 100% too, you know, cause I love both those guys. Both those great guys are, first of all, forget about fighters. They're very close friends of mine. They're both great guys and I both know their families very, very well. You know, and I, I really wouldn't want, I really definitely wouldn't want to, uh, to be in either one of those corner, but they both pay me in the past and, you know, it's only right. You know, I'm also an employee. So whatever they would want, I would be, you know, 100% for it if they both
2: agreed on it. Uh, final thing, are you going to change the way you prepare for fights the week of? Um, are you going to limit who goes into that room? I mean, yes, Aldo, backtrack, but is this something that you're taking seriously, people watching you as you help your fighters prepare for their fights?
4: You know, it's, it's funny. If you ask anybody, you know, uh, any one of our guys, I'm a man, I mean, I'm a maniac. Um, you know, anybody, I see a five-year-old with a phone pointing near the guys, you know, and I'm a nut. You know, I'm like talking to the parent. I'm like, could you please not let? Him? I mean, I'm crazy. I'm really crazy. You know, to be like asked the UFC. I've had a woman one time say, you know, they were doing a, 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 an embedded thing and uh, they were going to call Dana on me because huh. I wouldn't let them spar- do the sparring. And I said, you know, we'll do jumping jacks this whole work. Do you want us to do sparring? Said, Listen, we'll do jumping jacks for the next two hours. I'm not doing sparring. You know, we just started doing Spar because the guys wanted to, because I didn't even want to do that. But you could ask anybody. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty crazy. And um, But this time, I think we're definitely going to go to another gym.
1: Oh. You know, uh,
4: go to another gym when we're down in Vegas. I always get um, Reyes, the boxing coach down there. He invited me to a gym. Vanderlei, we've been down there. We've done in the past. So, I mean, I'll say to the guys, they still get to do what they want. You know, that's what I'm saying too. Each guy's different, you know, some wanna, you know, cause it, it's, it takes time, you know, to all get in a car, all go, you know, it's like, it takes more time. The guys really don't wanna, you know, spend it, you know, when they're weight cutting, driving or whatnot, or the fight's on their mind. So, but I'm definitely gonna say to the guys, and if they still wanna train in the workout room, I, even in that workout room, you could even, uh, that day, uh, with Frankie, I, um, uh, I forget his name. Uh, he was he was from King's MMA, uh, helping out somebody. Uh, bird bird bird. He's one of all these guys. Um, I forget his name, but he was about the whole patch for somebody, and he had all the right to be in there. But I asked him because Eddie, you know, was also trained. I said, "Can you do me a huge favor?" I said, "Can you please work out when we're done? We'll be done in about ten minutes." Hmm. So I mean, that week I I went to people and I asked them not to come in yet, you know, and uh, or I waited. When I knew some other teams that we knew were in the room with us, and we wouldn't start until they left the room. So I mean, we do it all the time, but it's tough when you know their name is also on the uh, you know on the list. Right. Uh, that you can't tell people to you can't tell people to leave. Sure. You know? No matter if it's a main event or whatever, co-main event, you can't. You know, it's I would never do it. You know, it's their right as much as ours. The first guy fighting to us at a main event it's they're right as hundred percent as much as ours so you
2: know
4: but i think you know if we go to another gym it's totally different
2: appreciate the time mark thank you very much uh congrats on the big wins uh this past month and of course throughout your career and uh really appreciate the way you handled the whole frankie edgar situation really put out i think the the perfect blueprint how every coach should handle a situation like that so uh, respect you greatly and respect you coming on here today thank you
4: Thanks so much, bro. God bless, man. And, uh, you know, always wishing the best for your show. And I wish people knew more on what a great guy you are. I, I want to tell a super fast story. Um, I'm down at, um, I forget where we were at an event. And you asked me, how, I'm always asking how my son's doing and my family. And I said, always oh, looking out of college in California. And right away you said, you know what? I know somebody he could possibly intern down there. So I just wish people knew what type of guy you are. You're just, it's definitely, uh, fighting is secondary to you and how much. You're out there for the fighters and even like somebody like me, just the coach, and um, how you're always concerned and always trying to help out and go way far than the uh, extra mile for everybody in our families. And uh, I wish people, your viewers knew that part of you, Um, you know, those those moments, which there are a lot of moments like that where you're always trying to uh, help out anybody around you, man. You're an amazing guy.
2: Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much.
4: Hi, right, buddy. God
2: bless you, man. All right. There he is, Mark Henry. Great coach. Big month for him. Appreciate his time. Okay, let's move along. Main event of UFC on Fox 21, August 27th in beautiful Vancouver, BC is Damian Maia versus Carlos Condit. Carlos joins us on the phone right now. Carlos, are you there? I'm here, man. Thank you for the time. I appreciate your patience. Um, all right. There's a lot to talk to you about. First things first, I just want to ask you playing off what we were just talking to mark about have you ever worried about anyone spying on you the week of a fight you know you're in those sort of communal locker rooms have you ever been kind of weary of someone looking at you and telling your opponent
5: um yeah the thoughts crossed my mind and i heard him talking about people filming in the gym and you know it's kind of a no-no and so it's yeah it's something that i'm definitely uh cognizant of i you know i i I haven't worried about it too much but the thought has definitely crossed my mind
2: Hmm. weird weird thing um okay did you watch the fights on saturday night i did what's your reaction to tyron woodley knocking out robbie lawler of course you have a history with both men you fought both men what was your reaction when you saw that
5: um you know uh i I kind of I, I picked I picked Woodley to win. Okay. Uh, I thought it would go I thought it'd go a little bit longer, but yeah, dude, Woodley Woodley's really fast. Um, you know he's he's powerful and he you know he's been training with uh, uh, with, with uh, old coach and you know his striking looked good. I saw him you know saw him training a little bit. He looked really good. So uh, yeah, you know. Robbie's, Robbie's, a, Robbie's a monster. He's a champion, but it didn't surprise me.
2: So, and, and did it not surprise you that he finished him that quickly as well? Were you expecting that?
5: Uh, no, I, I didn't. But, you know, you never know what to expect in these fights, man. Yeah. That's the nature of the sport. It's crazy. Uh,
2: some people who aren't fighters, and this is why I want to ask you this, including myself, I, I will admit, was wondering, okay, all the damage, all the shots that Robbie has taken throughout his career, maybe it caught up to him. You know the sort of idea that your chin deteriorates. Do you believe in that? Do you think that was possibly the case?
5: I I think that that's kind of a yeah. I think that that's true. Whether or not that led to him getting knocked out, uh, I I don't know. Um, he very well could. Have, whether he had a pristine chin and he's never been hit, um, he, you know, you take a shot like that from. Tyron Woodley, you
2: know, he gets, a lot of people are gonna go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, you've been in there with Woodley before. As far as like the the hardest hitters that you fought, is he up there as well? Like, can you co-sign the idea that he's one of the hardest hitters in the division? Yeah.
1: He's
5: yeah. He, the, the dude. The dude hits hits like a truck.
2: Okay. Sure. Um, so you're in this interesting spot because you're fighting Maya next, uh, and that's a super close fight to the title fight. But not that long ago, you were on this show. And, and you were saying, and, and like you said, after a fight, you said you, you may retire that if there's no mm-hmm. big fight. Ultimately, why did you decide to come back and resume your career?
5: Um, you know, a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I'm, I'm, I, still got, I still got a little bit of time in the sport, I think. Uh, still, got, still got some fights in me. I love it. You know, I, I, I love what I do. It, 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 you know, this it, is a passion for me. Um, you know. Also, this is how I make a living. Um, you know, this is my job. This <laughs> is just uh, I, I. I got bills to pay, I got kids to feed, so um, you know, got to do, got to do these fights.
2: Was there a moment when you decided, okay, I'm coming back. That's it. I'm going to resume the career. Like, do you recall the moment? Because you, you seem to be on the fence, weighing your options, seeing what's out there. Do you recall when you decided that yes, you were going to come back?
5: Um. Yeah, I think I was on the fence. You know, until uh, you know, I, 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 it could have gone either way. You know, it was it was kind of you know if an opportunity presented itself, um, and it was, and, and it sounded like it was something enticing. I was, I think I was, I was, I had decided, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the fight with Maya is going to be it's a tough fight. He's a tough matchup for anybody. But that being said, it, it it gets me back into title contention. I beat I beat uh, Damian Maya. Um, I'm, I'm the number one contender, I feel, uh, and I'm back. You know, I'm, ba- I'm back uh, in in position to to get the belts around my waist yeah. Um
2: Is there something about Maya as a fighter that you really like the idea of fighting him, or is it really just about where he's ranked?
5: Um, I mean, I like the idea of fighting him because he is, you know, he is one of the best in the world. You know, he he's got a he's got a tricky style. It's it's. Without a doubt, a challenge, and you know it's going to be a be a tough puzzle to solve. But um, I I like challenging myself. I like you know that's why I do this. You know, one of the reasons is to pit my skills and my abilities um, against you know against other world class fighters. And you know, Damian Maya is without a doubt a world class fighter.
2: And and so just to be clear, if they would have offered you someone who's in like you know the ninth spot or tenth spot you may have not come back. Was it the, 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 opportunity to fight someone that highly ranked that brought you back?
5: Yeah, that, that was definitely part of my decision.
2: Mm. Um, and then originally this fight was booked for two Oh two, which is an amazing fight card. Then you get moved to the main event. What did you think of that move? Were you okay with that right off the bat? Uh,
1: yeah,
5: I mean, I like the fact that it, that this, this new, new date, it will be a five round fight. um, main event i feel like this fight should be a main event yeah. um the 202 is a huge card but you know we weren't we weren't even co-main we were third third from the top i didn't necessarily like that so um yeah i like you know and then i had a week week uh, longer to train um this this fight was you know not not super short notice but fairly short notice i had to get in camp and get to work right away so this gave me an extra week to work
2: does that mean that Carlos Condit was sort of relishing the idea of doing more media? Because now you're the main event, more attention on you. Is that what you're really trying to say here to us?
5: <laughs> oh yeah, you know me.
2: <laughs> because no, that's I just, that comes I with the main with event, it. right? It does. It does. I
5: I think it would be. I would feel weird to not have a whole lot of media to do. I actually did when I went out to to fight week, um, and you know because we're not the we're not the the main event. Uh, we, you know, we didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of, whole lot of interviews or anything to do. It was, yeah, it was kind of a bit, it was a bit odd and different than, than my last, uh, last couple of years of my fight career.
2: But now you go back to Vancouver and that was the scene of one of your great triumphs, that big comeback win over Rory McDonald. You were just there, right? Were you there, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago to do a media tour? Right, uh, two weeks ago. Two yes, weeks right. ago. Well, did, did a lot of people bring that up? What, what, did you have good memories of your time there for UFC 115?
5: I did, yeah. And it was it was brought up. Uh, yeah, I I really really enjoyed that city. That was an awesome experience. You know, great fight. Like you said, it was you know ups and downs, and I ended up coming away with the win at the last minute. And you know that's you know.
1: Without a doubt, those are, those are good
2: memories. And why do you prefer this being a five-round fight from, from like a, a stylistic, athletic standpoint? Do you feel like that benefits you more than him?
5: Um, I, you know, it could go either way. You know, it, you know, um, it, it could be five five more rounds of of uh, Damian Maya on my back. Uh, you know, dominate me in a jiu-jitsu position uh, could be, but. Uh, I also know that I have, you know, you know, very, very good conditioning, very good cardio, and I can use that as a weapon. Uh, five rounds also affords me more time to, uh, create openings and opportunities for me to implement, you know, my game. I can, I can end this fight quickly and violently, and I just have to, have to, uh, uh, create the, the opening, the opportunity for myself.
2: Is it fair to say that Damian Maya is one of the more underrated fighters in that division? Like, he doesn't get a lot of the attention that he probably deserves?
5: Yeah, I would say that. I, well, here's the thing, though. He, he's, he's underrated. Um, he, he, because he's a phenomenal fighter, I feel like he, you know, he should possibly, potentially be a uh, number one contender. But, you know, the thing is, he doesn't. He, his style is style not fan friendly. Hmm. He doesn't he doesn't fight, you know, he goes in there and he grapples. There's been a few fights where he's gone in against uh, uh Chris Weidman. you know, he threw down a little bit then. But in his recent fights, he just plays it super safe. Uh I I was cage side when he fought Gunnar Nelson and he had Gunnar Nelson beat. He had he was, you know, Gunnar was kind of up against the fence. He was he was kind of a you know, he was he was defeated uh uh Damian and Maya had the opportunity. To, hey, let's kind of let's finish this out. Let's throw some strikes. His strikes are actually, you know, very you know, decent. He's he's a good striker, and yet, boom, shot in. You know, made. You know, just shot in on him, laid on him. You know, he he could have at that at that point at that opportunity, um, kind of made a statement like, "Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm not I'm not always the boring fighter, but he he plays it safe, and he's been playing it safe, and you know that's why he doesn't have. That's why he's not." Where he where he should be with with regards to rankings or you know um, r- respect among welterweights.
2: So do you not respect a fighter like that because he plays it no, safe?
5: No i i i, re- I respect oh, I respect everybody I compete against. Okay. Um as 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 a fan and as somebody who's trying to inter- entertain people. Yeah. You know it's it's not it's not a, it's not entertaining style. Um you know my my goal though is to make this dude fight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this an exciting fight.
2: As a guy who's made a career out of being a fan-friendly fighter, are you worried at all that main event on Fox that he will draw you into a fight like that?
5: Um, you know, anything could happen. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, that would suck. Um, and hey, you know, if the, if this was my last fight and it was, you know, lackluster and kind of a uh, a puff of smoke, you know, <laughs> that would suck, but i'm doing I'm doing my best and i'm i'm training in in a in a way and and bringing a strategy that I hope will uh make sure that that's not the case
2: and and so you say if this is my last fight, so is that still in play here could august twenty seventh be your last fight?
5: and any of these fights could be our last fights, man we step in there this is dangerous you know that you 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 know you saw saw cyborg with that crazy oh, friggin yeah. head injury. Jeez. You know, any, you know, any any of any of these fights could be our last, man. Um, the a, a dangerous sport. I've been at this for a long time. Yeah, I, I, it is a possibility. Anything's possible. I don't think it'll be my last fight, but shit, who knows?
2: You want to go for the belt one more time, at least, right? Yeah, of course. Um, when you see the cyborg thing, though, I don't know if you saw the uh, the after photo of the scar. Oh God! W- w- like, how do you as a fight? How do you react to that? Does that give you pause?
5: um how do i react to it i react to it you know i i i wish that i wish that a dude like like cyborg or like any of these fighters who's putting their bodies uh through this and and putting their their health and their well-being on the line I, i just wish that we had a little bit more security you know he you know he doesn't you know that that's this is his trade, right? This is, he's a fighter and this is how he makes money. Now he can't make any money. Now what the hell is he gonna do? Hmm. You know, and that's how it is kind of with all of us. So um yeah, that that's that's the nature of the sport. Oh yeah, any of us could get our get our faces broken. Um and, that, and and we accept that risk, but you know, we also don't have anything to fall back on. And that that was kind of my thought, like, damn, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be out. He'll be may never fight again.
2: Yeah. Um, there was actually a story that came out last week that the NBA Players Association are going to put their money together and start paying the uh, retired players a sort of pension and wh- what a great thing that is to see the current mm-hmm. players, the millionaires, multimillionaires giving back um, and you, as you know, you know this the sale and everything has brought up all this talk. Do you think it 's time that you guys band together like that to help each other out?
5: Something needs to be done. Um, yeah, I think something needs to be done um, you know our, our uh, a big part of the, the Reebok deal, um, and our loss of sponsors, you know, took away our security, took away, you know, now we are, you know, beholden to, you know, to living fight to fight and we don't have that buffer, um, in, in between with, you know, with regards to financial security, um, that, that sponsors gave us. And so, <laughs> you know, it's, we're, we're in a, we're in a weird place, man.
2: Yeah, we've seen uh, big names like Shaw, Mark Hunt say that they want to see an association. Do you feel like that's you know like this is the time for that as well? To so you guys protect, have collective bargaining, and fight for these sort of things.
5: I do. I, I do. I think that you know uh, uh, um, Dana White um, and, and and the Fertitas have done an amazing job at legitimizing the sport on a lot in a lot of different ways with you know regulation. Uh, uh, unified rules uh, you know insurance you know they, all all these different things um, I think one more step to legitimizing the sport would be uh you know uh, uh, yeah collective bargaining for for fighters and a fighters' association and you know the why why is that so much different than than these other sports that they 're trying to um, model themselves after and and say hey we are we are a legitimate, um, you know, a, a legitimate sport as well.
2: Fantastic point, because they say they want to be like those sports, yet that's the one thing missing from all of those sports, right? Like the uniform, all that's like the other sports, but you guys don't have that opportunity to speak up for yourself. Do you think it's going to happen in your career, or do you think this is something that's going to take longer than that?
5: Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a fight, man. I, I do. I think, that, I think it'll happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know when, though. I think it'll probably be a, a drawn out process.
2: Does that bum you out? Like in hindsight, when you think of your career, do you start thinking to yourself, like I, I could have been paid more, I could have had more protection for my family. Does that upset you?
5: No, nah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, the opportunity to compete that, you know, in a sport that, that I love, something that didn't ex- really didn't exist. Not all that long ago. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done well. Um, I've, um, you know, traveled the world and got to do and meet and see all kinds of cool things and people. And, um, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not crying about what I've been paid. I, you know, I've, they, they, I have been taken care of. Um, I just, I, I think that, um, you know, with regards to the, the popularity of the sport and the growth and all that, um, I, you know, we we are we are a huge part of that. The fighters and the talent is
1: th-
5: this is why the sport is what it is, um, along with other things, along with this you know stuff that the promotion has done. But you can't have one without the other. Mm. Um, so you know, I think it needs to be. Um, I think we need to be compensated as such.
2: Uh, two last things. What do you think of Woodley saying that he wants to fight GSP or Diaz for the belt as opposed to Wonderboy who many people think is the number 1 contender? Do you understand where he's coming from because he's talking about getting paid more and it's hard to deny that he would get more money as champion fighting those guys or would you prefer to see the champion fight the number 1 contender?
5: Um, you know from 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 Woodley's perspective, you know, get that money, man. This is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, we you know, this could all be over You know, in in the blink of an eye, this, you know, who knows what what can happen with this thing. You know, he's got kids, uh, he's got, you know, he's got people to take care of, you know, get that money. You know, if, if things were different, I would say, oh yeah, I'm a number, number one contender for sure, but you got to get those money fights.
2: But if you're Wonder Boy, you're probably pissed off, right? Yeah.
5: Well, I, I, they it remains to be seen who who he's going to fight. He said that it doesn't mean yeah. that he gets dictated who it is, who, it, who, who he fights.
2: Right. Um, and just curious, cause I saw your coach, Greg Jackson in Atlanta, and we were sort of talking about how, you know, the fact that the team might be on some kind of losing streak is an anomaly and speaks to the fact that you guys have been so successful for so long that the fact that we even think about this speaks to how successful the team has been. But I'm wondering if you could tell us just how the vibe, Around the team is these days, Anthony Hamilton had a great win uh, Saturday. Hopefully that kind of gets things back on track. but it has mm-hmm. been a bit of a rough stretch as of late. Yeah. Are you feeling that at the gym?
5: You know, I really don't, and yeah, I know what you're saying, and yeah, we, we have had a lot of um, yeah we've had a lot of losses, uh, but we also have a ton of guys competing at a very, very high level who have been successful in the past, so it's just kind of. You know, the, the odds are sometimes you are going to have these, these, losing streaks or the, you know, these the bumps of the road. Uh, but with regards to the attitude in the gym, not at all, man. It's, it's, the environment is dope. Um, you know, everybody's, uh, there's still, there's great momentum. There's great energy. Um, you know, that when we step in there, there's, there's the possibility that we're going to win and there's a possibility that we're going to lose. And that's kind of the – that's a, it's a risk. It's a gamble. Um, and you know, we, we put it on, we put it on the line and it's all on us for whether we win or whether we lose. Uh, so, you know, dude, we, yeah, there's been some, there's been some, some, uh, some, uh, some less than stellar performances lately. But, you know, I, I guarantee you in the, in the near future, there's going to be some awesome performances
2: from our guys, too. Yeah, 100%. Wow. What, what a great pleasure this has been. Amazing stuff, Carlos. Really appreciate your insight and your honesty on all this, all this stuff going on in the sport. Uh, thank you so much, my man. And, and good luck. August 27th, UFC on Fox 21, Vancouver, BC. What a fantastic main event it is. Damian Maya versus Carlos Condit, two of the very best at 170 pounds. Really appreciate the time, Carlos. Thank you. Yeah, of course, dude. Anytime. Thanks, Ariel. All right. There he is. The natural born killer himself. Wow. Amazing stuff. That was probably my favorite Carlos Conda interview ever. Holy moly. I mean, just amazing stuff from Carlos. Uh, If you missed any of that, go check it out um, on the replay. That was just great. I mean, I just love hearing fighters talk like that about the business of the fight game and, you know, their place in the fight game, especially you, you get the sense that they're just a little bit wiser um, and, and they think about things a little bit differently as their careers progress. And uh, wow, that was a very wise Carlos Condit, in my opinion. Great stuff from him. And what a great fight that is uh, in less than four weeks time uh, in Vancouver. Beautiful city. If you've never been to Vancouver, what an amazing city. Now, I have never been to Salt Lake City before. I have been to their airport and it's a very nice airport but I've never actually been to the city. Have I been to the city? No, I've never been to the city. But I'm told it's a very beautiful place. And the UFC is finally going to Salt Lake City on Saturday. They were supposed to go around five years ago um, for a main event between John Jones and Vladimir Matyushchenko and they canceled it because it was on a Sunday. It was a versus card on a Sunday. And that's a very bad idea to book a sporting event on a Sunday for religious reasons. So they canceled it. Dana White said at the time that they will never go back to San Diego. Excuse me. They went to San Diego. They'll never go back to Salt Lake City. And now here they are. Never say never. Show on Saturday, headlined by Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres. Bruce Leroy himself is joining us on the phone right now. Alex, how are you? Good. How are you
4: doing? How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you. Have you ever been to Salt Lake City?
4: Yes, I have actually been there. Uh, I think I drove through, oh, maybe I stayed for a day or something as I was taking a road trip up to Oregon.
2: What was your reaction when you were told that you're main eventing a UFC show in Salt Lake City against Aero Rodriguez? Were you surprised by all this?
4: Well, um... Uh, I was, uh, I guess, um... No, I'm not. I mean, I was pretty excited at a main event, you know. Um, I guess I was uh, pretty surprised to be being a main event. Um, I mean, but then again, I felt like it was a long time coming that I should be at least on some main cards, you know. Um, I've been dying to get a five-round fight in for a while, you know. I think it's one of those um, fights that I could really test my mettle in. So I've been really wanting to get a five-round fight for a while, but... um uh, main event, that's a cool thing. Um, and there wasn't necessarily like a, um, how would you say, like surprised or excited because it was a main event. I was more um, surprised and excited that it was a, how would you say, a five round fight.
2: Yeah. You've never been in a five round fight before?
4: Uh, no, only in the gym.
2: Yeah. Do you, What do you like about it? Like, do you feel like you have yet to show the kind of cardio that you would show in a five round fight?
4: Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, since I've never been in one. I guess I <laughs> I definitely get to show uh, uh that I that I can last for five rounds and actually um be a little bit high pace for five rounds as well. Um
2: how much did you know about Yair Rodriguez before you were offered this fight? Nothing. Nothing. Had you ever heard of him? Nope. Wow. How much do you know about him now?
4: Uh a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, you, t- <laughs> you told me before 199 that, you know, you, you replay the fights over and over in your head. You saw it coming, the Cole Miller thing. Has that happened for this fight as well?
4: Uh, yeah, it's still happening. It happens at me every day. You know, I I can definitely visualize uh, every single outcome that is possible.
2: So even if you don't know a lot about the guy or I never heard of him, that's still that experience still happens.
4: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know he's a. I know he's a. I guess you would say. I wouldn't say. I mean, I've seen some of the fights, and I wouldn't say unpredictable. I definitely would say explosive and. um, Uh. Like, um, what's a good word? That's not. It's not necessarily unpredictable, but definitely explosive and crafty. I would guess you'd say like he'll throw some or I would say explosive and flashing.
2: Ah, perhaps a little unorthodox as well. Um, uh,
4: yeah, up to a certain extent. I mean, cause, um, well then again, you know, like I fought, a I I mean, I was test part and I trained with a lot of guys that would do, that were black belts in Taekwondo and that did a lot of, uh, or Kyoko Shin or, you know, like that, that, that do have like those explosive types of kicks and, you know those um, that comes from different angles. So to me, it's not necessarily unpredictable. To me, it's um, they're good, they're good, and they're powerful. But it's uh, you know it, it's it's flashy. It's not necessarily unpredictable. Like it's I wouldn't say you don't see it coming. It's just it comes fast and
2: hard. Um, they have been pushing him for a while. Cause, you know he's, he's Mexican born. He's got a great fighting style, great look, all that stuff. Do you feel like this is a bit of a trap fight for you? Like they're trying to propel him off of you?
4: Um, well, <laughs> uh, how would I say? Uh, it could be, you know, last time I said that um, was against uh, Sergio Pettis, and yeah. they kind of got mad at me for saying that. Why? You That's know? the truth, oh, if you they, feel that way. Right. Well, they were just saying that, uh, oh, yeah, how can you say that we were trying to, that we wanted you to lose that fight, and it just, you know, to me, it just seems... You know, maybe not necessarily you want me to lose that fight, but like it's obvious who you're pushing. You know, I mean, when I see the commercial of the fights, you see me only throwing like a couple of hand combinations, but you see him throwing like 50,000 flying kicks. (laughs) Basically, he threw every single kick. They showed you every single kick that he ever threw in every fight. You know what I mean? (laughs) And when you compile that together in one video, it seems like that's what he does all the time when in actuality, it's there those are short bursts and like they probably happen maybe once or twice within the fight you know yeah so, so it's, um, it 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 seems it it just seems obvious um how would you say uh who they're trying to promote better you know with me like you know you I and mean, you seen me fight i i throw the same amount of I, I if anything i throw more um unpredictable elusive and flashy um punches kicks and everything Yet um, on the commercials, you only see me throwing like uh, two or three piece combinations at my opponents. And I was wondering, hey, where's my 360 kick? Where's my double kick? Where's my even my double punch? Where's my spinning kicks and my other three? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So it just like, it, it seems like I don't know how to do that, you know, and they showed me just boxing, really. So it's obvious to me, at least that's what it seems like who they're trying to um, promote as the better fighter or the more unpredictable fighter. I would say.
2: Do you feel that way going into this fight as well?
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, um, look at the commercial.
1: Right.
4: <laughs> I look at the commercial. Like like I said before, I'm only throwing, I'm only throwing hands in the commercial and you know damn well that you know, um, I'm throwing a lot of other crazy stuff and not only that when they'll fight and, and even in the promotion, how many times have they called me unorthodox, unpredictable um, and, and stuff like that, right? How many times they call me that all the time? Hmm. But now, like, for the promotion of the fight is, like, when they're, when they're introducing you here, it's, like, um, unpredictable and, you know, uh, I forgot, unorthodox. And then they promote me as calm, cool, collected. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when it's, when it's like, I don't necessarily, like, I mean, I am calm in the fight, but I i don't fight, like, slow. Like, I right. mean, off of one week's notice with the Cole Miller fight, I was throwing everything in the, in the kitchen sink at the guy, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that piss you so, off? Um, Does that motivate you more? No,
4: no, not at all. It, it is what it is. Let them do whatever they want. To, um, you know, the, 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 most that I can do is just get out there and perform. Um, they can look at me however they want. Like at the end of the day, I really don't give a fuck what they, <laughs> I mean, excuse me.
2: That's all good. Um, you can swear on this. Okay. Awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care what they say or think about me at the end of the day. I am who I am. So I have nothing else to prove to nobody, but myself when I get there to test for myself, um, I mean, I'm always going to catch a lot of flack from fans or from other people. You know, everybody's, uh, everybody rides the bandwagon, you know, from my experiences, you know, the same people that like you in one fight, the minute you're fighting one guy and the way they promote it, um, you know, they're like, oh my God, you're going to fucking die, you know, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> it's whatever. So uh, I, I, I take it, I take everything with a grain of salt always. Um it, it. I mean it, it's, it's just a it, it's me the bandwagon in the same way you know the news portrays a story from one side only to make you feel a certain way towards a certain person
1: mm.
2: so okay so going into this fight though like once you get to Salt Lake City I'm assuming because you're the main event you're going to have to do a lot of media there's going to be a lot bigger of a spotlight on you are you looking forward to that or are you sort of dreading that how do you feel about it
4: um uh, I don't uh, you know, uh, I guess it really doesn't matter. I, I really got nothing else to do. I mean, I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to go over there and I'm going to train regularly. I don't have to cut weight anymore. I'm not cutting weight at all. So I'm just wow. going to train and just, you know, just train for the fight. Basically, uh, nothing's really changed. I'm just training somewhere else. <laughs> so,
2: so, so you
4: yeah, weigh... I, I have a more free time to talk to people.
2: You You weigh 146 right now? No, I'm like 150. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. And and that's just is that is that I mean obviously you've been training like what's the biggest that you'll get these days?
4: Uh the biggest I've gotten... and the biggest I've gotten and these are like literally, you know, after weekend, you know, if I rested completely on Sunday, which I don't normally do, I usually do some Tai Chi on Sunday. But um if I don't do anything on Sunday, I'm like 155 156 you wow. know the highest i've gotten in this camp was one time only was 158 and then it went down all the way back to 153 within the training so that's the biggest I'll, i've ever gotten but it was just water weight i was just drinking lots of liquids and that was only because usada came over to test me and i had to drink lots of water so i could pee
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, a couple of years ago, you told me about wanting to buy this house in the middle of nowhere, like a small house, and grow your own vegetables and things like that. Did you ever accomplish that goal? Uh, I'm, 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 it's that is something that I'm doing later, later on when I'm done
4: with the, when I'm done with this run. Oh, right now I'm trying to live below my means and just um, how would you say? just be just just grinding it out my girlfriend's going to school right now i'm waiting till she's done and when she's done i'll just call it quits for professional fighting oh. and then i'm probably going to get out of the country if anything
2: oh when is she done school
4: about four years okay from now so i'll be like 32
2: so you still have four years left of fighting
4: yeah
2: um and and why leave the country?
4: Oh, man, um, man, shit's getting crazy out here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're not a big you know, Trump I, guy? I, re- I really
4: want to raise my children in a place where, you know, people are going to be, are, are are trying to be progressively better as human beings. You know, over here, it's very, it's very um, fickle. It's very materialistic. It's very, you know, like, it's almost like people here embrace a caste system. You know, they don't, they don't, they refuse to see each other as equals or as human beings, so to speak. So I'm just trying to, um, I, I, I really don't want to bring, and I mean, especially with the violence that is going on, um, what well, from the powers that be as well. You know, I just don't want to. You know, I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way and I don't want to be in a situation where mm. I'm rubbed the wrong way and I have to do something. So it's just some, um, I'd rather just avoid the situation altogether. And there's plenty of places all around the world that are beautiful places, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to be caught up in the American lifestyle. I mean, media kind of like portrays everybody everywhere else to be of a lower level, you know, or of a lower standard than America when it's not necessarily true because I've already traveled too much to, I've traveled too much to make a good slave, so to speak, you know, and I've seen too many places and it's just, um, a lot of places are a lot better um, for my mind frame, I, I guess. I'm not a, how would you say, I don't have a capitalistic mindset. So um, America is not necessarily the best place for people that think like I do.
2: Where are we thinking? What's the ideal place for you?
4: Um, well, we, we, we've been looking like South America around like Peru area or even Northern Europe. Um, I even seen some locations around Africa that are extremely beautiful Wow. I'm um, progressively thinking. Wow. So we're just, we're probably going to take some time and travel around and just really culture ourselves and then see which pro- be the best place to set up shop.
2: And so it's interesting to hear you talk about not being a capitalist cause you are in the business, like you're in it's called prize fighting, right what you do essentially at its core yeah. you're fighting for and that's, pri-
4: and that's one thing I would like to clarify you Please. Know? yes i I do this as prize fighting, but you have to understand I'm a martial artist to me this is a job hmm. this is not um this is not even a means to an end you know what i mean this is just i guess you would say it's a means to an end this is just really to pay my bills i mean. If I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing martial arts. There's no doubt about it. So, um, it just, it just beats work in a desk job personally. And I'm not trying to achieve any fame or glory or greatness within the sport itself. It's a job that I love to do. And it's also a great way to test my abilities before I, before if I eventually want to teach people, I can be assured of myself that I can teach people the proper way.
2: So and that it works. So when you leave the sport in around four years or so, what do you think you will do for the rest of your life? Like, what do you want your next job to be?
4: Um, uh, being a teacher. Okay. Being a teacher of martial arts in the, in the purest form of its idea, not just teaching the physical aspects of it, you know, not just teaching the destructive purpose of it. You know, um, I believe martial arts is a tool for preservation of life. And the mental and the spiritual aspects of it are far more important than the physical aspects of it. Um, as those Westerners, we have this tendency to distill and, um, isolate things. Like, for instance, a good example is yoga.
1: Hmm. You know,
4: stretching in yoga is a very, very, very small part of yoga. You know, the teachings of yoga is a lifestyle, how you carry yourself every single day. You know, when they truly mean do no harm, it means do no harm. It doesn't mean, oh, I think I'm a yogi. I just stretch every day, but I still kill chickens and eat them. You know what I mean? Mm. And when yogis uh, are completely against that, like real yogis.
2: Obviously, you're a vegan, right? Yes. So you feel like it's contradictory for someone who claims to be a yoga teacher, a yogi, yeah, th- that that's a no no right off the bat. Yeah,
4: of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean anybody that claims to be a true martial artist, oh, you know, is uh, if you ever practice kung fu, um, or uh, um, where and kung fu derives from Shaolin kung fu, and Shaolin kung fu derives from. Indian, from ancient Indian teachings because it was Indian monks who came over and taught the Chinese Shaolin Kung Fu and meditation and breathing techniques and cultivation and they practice do no harm, you know, it's preservation of life and every and Shaolin monks are completely vegan um, they truly believe in that all life is sacred so you must protect all life so um, um, me uh, through a lot of studying and a lot of research and a lot of just cultivation and just with going within myself and learning um being a martial artist you know you're supposed to be the protector of life therefore um eating uh, meat and all this stuff doesn't necessarily make you a martial artist it makes you a fighter now if you call yourself a fighter that's perfectly that's perfectly fine but to be a warrior of the light or be a martial artist then one should have respect and should protect all forms of life, because it is all sacred.
2: Do you ever um, experience any internal conflict about being a martial artist, striving to be the best martial artist that you can be, and then being a part of mixed martial arts, which is, you know, at times not exactly very pure and not exactly, you know, the, doesn't, does, doesn't, doesn't represent the, the essence of martial arts, you know, cause there, there's the fight game and the, the entertainment aspect and making money and things like that. Like, do you, do you have a hard time balancing those two ideologies?
4: Every single day, <laughs> every single day. I know, I know exactly. Like uh, the, it's one of the imperfections that at the moment I cannot, how would you say rectify hmm. Um, within myself? it's and cuz we, we we I still do live in this society and it it goes to say where I need to compromise for the situation but I keep it in mind I keep it in mind and I practice a lot of um how would you say purifying um arts and techniques so that I know what I'm doing that I understand that in order for me to how would you say go beyond this i have to compromise for the situation but i will never compromise myself for the situation
2: Mm. do you think you'll make it to four years or do you think as you get older wiser more mature that you know the 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 strength of the not so pure martial arts ideology will outweigh what you truly love about martial arts and that will drive you away from the sport are you worried of that
4: yeah i worry about that all the time as well you know um Um, I also think that like, maybe, you know, um, who knows, it might be earlier depending on the situation. Um, um, if one, if I find something else to do that will help me progress in towards my dreams, then, then yeah, maybe it might end earlier. But, um, at the moment, um, at the moment it's, um, I don't necessarily, how would you say, I don't play the game necessarily by their rules. You know, I'm not like they, they try to bring it out of me all the time. You know, um, they want, they want to see that. I guess you would say a little bit of the animosity or that, um, that little, you know, they, they want to bring it out of you. Like they want you to talk about your opponents in a negative way and all that good stuff. And I try to, um, avoid that as much as possible. I'm very mindful of what I say and what I project out into the universe. So I try to, um, I try to watch, watch myself. I I wanna try and make it to the end because I do have responsibilities. I have people to take care of at the moment. So um I cannot I cannot um for me to to stop because I don't believe it's the right thing to do. I know it's not necessarily the correct thing to do but um, I cannot be selfish because there are people that, that are, that do depend on me or that are interdependent with me. So I know that in order for me to spread that message across and to get my point across, I sometimes have to do things that I don't necessarily like to do. And this is life in general. We can't, we can't always be pleasing ourselves all the time. To be honest, like if I, like if it was up to me, I would be gone already, you know, but there are a lot of things that I must, um, achieve first. And sometimes I have to go through the, how would you say the meat grinder?
2: What do you mean by gone?
4: No, oh, I mean, like, I guess traveling, okay. experiencing. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: I thought you meant on, on a larger scale. You mean gone for the sport? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, wow. That is fascinating stuff, Alex. Really, I wish I could talk to you for an hour, but we have run out of time. Um, keep doing you, my man. Keep being yourself. It, it really is a breath of fresh air, and it's, uh, it's very interesting to watch you grow as a person from the Ultimate Fighter days. I wish you the best of luck on Saturday, and thanks for taking some time out before you go out to Salt Lake City to join us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There he is, Alex Caceres. Fascinating individual. Um, he fights on Saturday. Yair Rodriguez. All right. How about this? So exciting! Saturday night. What a performance! Knocked out Robbie Lawler with a vicious missile of a right hand. He is the new UFC welterweight champion. He's our good pal, the chosen one, Tyron Woodley, and he joins us right now via the magic of Skype. There he is, Tyron Woodley. Wow. What's up? Are you driving?
6: I am kind of driving, but I'm looking at the road.
2: Okay, you're making me nervous. You
6: see me as I look. Bro, I'll be okay.
2: All right. <laughs> this is amazing. This is a first for us. Uh, congratulations, my man. It's been less than 48 hours. How do you put it into words? What does it feel? like? Are, are, you, are you down from cloud nine? Does it feel real? How can you put this into words?
6: Man, I have not entered cloud nine yet. I'm still in the state of shock. So um, it's hard to put it into words. I can't say that I'm surprised that I won the fight. I prepared to win the fight. I always, see, I always saw myself as um, being a world champion, and this seems like it was my time. My last time fighting for a world title was in 2012. I really pushed it, I really forced it. Um, I wanted it to be my time so badly, but I don't think it was in my cars. I don't think I was humble enough. I don't think that I would have done the right thing with the um, publicity I'm about to now that I'm the champion. I think God does things in mysterious ways. And, um, you know, now it's time for me to be the
2: champion. And, and so it's interesting because you said that you didn't feel nervous backstage, that you felt great. Um, and you were, it was amazing to watch you, uh, the, the days leading up to the fight, because you were oozing confidence. I mean, I, st- I started to really believe, like, this man is on the verge of greatness. When did you start to feel that in this camp? How far before this fight did you really start to believe, like, this is, this is a foregone conclusion. I just have to go out there and fight the guy?
6: You know, I, I really couldn't put it in any better words. You know, I, I call it a fixed fight, predetermined destiny. I felt like God was just telling me, Tyron, you know, the battle is mine. You just go out there and be a willing vessel, relax, breathe, go out there and have fun and enjoy the moment. This is the first time in my career that I actually reached out and embraced the fans as I did the walk, as I call it the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Um, as I did that walk, that was the first time I embraced the fans, and um, it felt good, you know, it felt good to – To give my coaches a hug, I had a small, brief moment with Dean. I said, hey, I said we're about to do it. I said, it's 10 years, man. I said, when I walk out of here, I'm the champion of the world. And he just smiled. And I've never seen a group of guys so calm, so relaxed and so, you know, focused on the mission
2: at hand. It was a beautiful moment to watch Dean, uh, knees on the mat, his back towards you as Dana was putting the belt around your waist. I saw him. He, he was so emotional. Uh, it was really a beautiful sight to see. When you landed that punch, that right hand, did you know that was it? Could you, could you feel that he was done? Man,
6: I knew it. I knew it, and I knew I was going to land. I didn't, I'm not going to say I just knew I was going to knock him out with that particular punch. Um, I did know I was going to land that punch, and when I was in the backstage... I told the guys, because I sweat a lot, man. That's how how I'm able to go from 205 to 170, and, you know, this is my best weight cut. So I told them, I'm sweating a lot. I need a bottle of water for each round, in between each round. And I said, you know what? I need a bottle of water. Hmm. And then all my training partners looked at me like, I said, yeah, I need a bottle of water, singular. And I said that right as we walked out, and it was just... It was just a confidence, that, not in the cockiness, but it was just... I was prepared, I was ready, and there was nothing that led me to believe it was not my time.
2: Uh, Carlos Condit just told us that you are one of the hardest hitters he's ever faced. He said you hit like a truck. But I'm wondering if you do believe that Robbie Lawler was ripe for the taking, that the damage he's taken throughout his career kind of converged with this moment. I'm not taking anything away from that punch because that would... Crumble me into nothing, but do you feel like that contributed to his demise on Saturday?
6: It's a couple of things, you know, and, and, and I won't give out everything because you know, Robbie is not going to sit there and soak. you know, he's probably going to be a little discouraged and a little mad, and then he's going to get back on the horse, and I might who knows, I might walk into him again, so I can't give out too many details, but we were really strategic on the placement of the punches you know, Um, a guy, a friend of mine, Rick Kuhn, pulled some stats And he let me know that Robbie has a flat face. So his ability to take shots and punches straight on is very strong, especially if you're playing a teeter-totting, you know, patty-cake war with him. But if you catch him on the side and you hit him clean, you hit him flush, I've always said this, and guys don't take me seriously until I get in there with them. The punches you do not see that come with quite a bit of speed are the ones that put you down. I was the first person that really, really sent him down like that. Uh, I was the first person to really, really sent Koscheck down like that, Jay Heron down like that, Andre Gabao down like that. I was the first for many of those guys because they really miscalculate how fast I can get to them and how much distance I can cover in such short time. Watching film, and being on, you know, other end of the punch is a different
2: thing. Wow, that is fascinating. Um, now that it's over, can you take us back to, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? I noted when I was on Luke Thomas's radio show that you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder and you were giving everyone the same answer. I don't know if you know this, but I was watching Hillary Clinton's speech on Thursday, her big speech, Democratic National Convention, the local news in Atlanta, and then it goes to the local news right after Hillary's speech, and one of the top stories was you at the media day giving them the same answer. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, literally five minutes later. Why were you doing that?
6: Well, this is, this is what I felt. I felt like, in general, the fight could have been promoted a little bit better. We kind of got smashed in between UFC 200 and UFC 202. Um, it wasn't a ton of um, publicity and a ton of marketing done for the film. I mean, not film for the. Um, I'm, I'm thinking ahead um, <laughs> for the actual fight. And with that said, I wasn't the champion at the time, so I didn't feel really, I didn't really feel really compelled, and I didn't have the, the financial, um, you know, the financial incentive to really push the fight and go above and beyond. So what I did is I did champ camp. I wanted to show you guys what it took to get to this point, the sacrifices. I want to show you my family. I want to give you the thing that you might not be able to get on a UFC embedded or a countdown. So I put all my energy in myself. They didn't set me up to go to Fast and Furious set. They didn't set me up, you know, to meet with Dwight Howard and all these guys. Those are relationships that I built my my own stuff. And, you know, I didn't feel obligated. So why am I going to tell you three days before a fight, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to knock his head off and I you're going to see in three days <laughs> so if you guys can be patient the locked, we'll get in a fight and you'll see but I told you guys I'm going to leave everybody mouth on the ground and yep. everybody's going to be in awe and they're going to be shocked and that's
2: what happened uh 201 was significant not only because you became champion but also um it was sort of the unveiling of the new UFC owners Ari Emanuel Patrick Whitesell were there of WME IMG did you see them in the back after you were champion
6: you know, wanted to make sure I met them. They already know that I met in
2: the same world. They already know that, you know. Oh, wait, wait. So, we're, uh, we're losing you here, uh, and I want to hear what you have to say. It's getting all, like, distorted. Can we call you on your cell? Because we've lost you. Yeah, you can, hear you can
1: call me on
2: the cell. Okay, we're going to call him on the cell because this is a good time to, to hear from him. We're going to call Tyron right now. Uh, I want to hear what he has to say there. Like I said, uh, uh, somewhat, you know, historic, if you want to call it that. Uh, Lorenzo Fertitta no longer there. The sale isn't complete, but... Um, Ari Emanuel and pa- Patrick Whitesale of, uh, cell of WME IMG were in attendance, sitting cage side. Patrick was, uh, at the weigh-in, standing next to Dana White and Joe Silva. Uh, so it was the dawn of a new era. They were, uh, they were there in full force. Attire, are you there?
6: I'm here. Sorry okay, about that,
2: guys. No problem. Uh, we hear you perfectly now. Yeah, I'm so-
6: actually in Houston, Texas. My son's running a junior Olympics, so... And I'm in route to go and watch them smoke a couple of people in the 100 meters.
2: Doing it just like his dad. And I appreciate you squeezing us oh. in, and we won't keep you much longer, but I'm just wondering if you, you actually spoke to the new owners.
6: Yeah, I did speak to the new owners. You know, the, the, the reps of the UFC thought it was important. You know, they kind of rushed me to the guys, wanted me to beat them, because I had set up uh, for all the guys from FAST, the set of FAST hate to come, and the guys from WME was like, well, some of these guys we actually represent, so let us take it into our hands. We want to make sure they get the, you know, get the actual the experience they should get, you know, as far as, like, the celebrity VIP treatment. And then I met those guys, and I think they know that, you know, I've done some films and stuff like that. Hopefully it's something good for me. Hopefully something, you know, branches from this, and it makes my job getting movies and parts like that a little bit easier. But I tell you right now, I've already committed to three movies, in the last three days and i had two other that i might not be able to do wow five potential films to be working on
2: since you became champ since
6: i became champ like huh. actually two two before two before and then one after
2: wow um did they talk to you yeah. about like what they see in you what they want from you the potential they see plans they have for you did you get to talking about any of that
6: well, one of the guys I've been trying to work for a while is actually supposed to work today on a television show called Rosewood, um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure, you know, I get my body checked out. My head was a little sore after punching Robbie upside the head a few times, so I didn't want to go to Fed, and, you know, they, they want me to do a stunt that I, I didn't feel comfortable doing, so um, I, th- I had to pull out of doing that one, um, but the, I'm doing one Thursday, because my head's already feeling better Thursday. I'll be working. I don't know if I can even say this, but yeah, I'm I'm working on a Marvel Marvel um, movie on Thursday.
2: Wow in Atlanta. Congratulations. Yeah. Um Atlanta's treating you very well. Okay. So now let's talk yep. about the future plans. Uh everyone's talking about you, you've ruffled some feathers, others are saying more power to you. Can you explain okay, so this is the situation. You want the most money possible, right? We know that. And and you you, sure. you want either GSP or Nick Diaz, right? Yep. Is there one over the other that you think gets you more money at this point?
6: I mean, this is this is what I want. Um, it's not only the most money. That's it's a two bird one stone situation. I want I want to sound the best in the world. Right now, I'm the UFC welterweight champion of the world. People can say I'm the best in the world, but I've never fought George St. Peter, and Nick Diaz is not a retired fighter. So why not compete against Nick Diaz, who is? definitely a top five. I feel like his brother finally cashed in on that big payday, but I do believe Nick Diaz has brought enough attention to the sport, raised enough eyebrows, put enough butts in seats, sold enough pay-per-view buys. Well, maybe he kind of deserves, since we're using this word, deserve so much, <laughs> maybe he deserves to cash out, and that's why I made a suggestion on UFC 202. is three weeks away. I'm in great shape, and I know he's training with his brother getting ready for this fight. Um, secondly, George St-Pierre is the best of all time. You know, I can say, oh, I'm better than George, but I've not competed against him, so I can't really make that bold statement. Um, If George St. Pierre decides that he wants to come back and he's interested in fighting me, which he is, that's going to be my number one pick. But in hindsight, I would like to
4: fight both of them.
6: I would like to prepare myself, get through um, George St. Pierre, shock the world once again, really state that I'm the best in the world, and then after that I would like to fight Nick Diaz as well because those two fights, nobody can ever say I'm not one of the best welterweights on the planet Earth. If I knock out Robbie Lawler, who was the Goliath of the weight division, everybody was thinking he was so invincible and unbeatable, and, and if I knock out GSP and, 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 and Nick Diaz, I pretty much cemented myself in a UFC Hall of Fame.
2: And I know you saw this morning GSP telling me that he's interested in fighting you. Did you, I know you said it publicly, but when you were backstage, did you say this to the UFC brass? And if so, do you think they're interested in this?
6: I think, I think they were already getting calls. I think Dana kept looking at me and smiling and said, we'll talk to him, we'll talk soon, I'll call you on the phone. I think George and, and Nick, before I even stated it, showed interest. I think, I'm pretty sure Nick's uh, managers had already started hitting Dana up about fighting me. Huh. You know, and and this is a business, man. Like, like Nick knows I respect him. You know, he's one of the best that's, that's ever done it. He's so durable. He's given us some of the best fights that we can even remember. But, man, how how awesome would it be to compete against a guy at that level? Every time I fight a guy, the level, the higher they are, the higher I bring my game out. And I'm trying to get the most – I'm trying to see how far I – I want to really see how far I can push this. And, um, you know, those are two guys that will definitely bring it out. of. If you don't. You're going to get beat up
2: pretty good. Here's what I appreciate about you. You're very real and consistent because people who have been following you for a very long time know that in 2011, when Nick Diaz was about to fight Paul Daly, you showed up to the weigh with I Got Next, right? Uh, with a t-shirt. Yep. You were there. So you've been calling for this fight for five years and then some. Um, you were saying this stuff about Nick and GSP on Thursday. You were talking, so you haven't changed your tune, but let me offer you this counterpoint because I know you've, you've gotten it. Around five months ago, you were on this show after 195 and said, look, you know, I know there's Connor out there and Robbie out there, excuse me, Carlos and GSP and Nick and all these people, but I'm the guy. I should get it because I've done enough. I've earned it, et cetera, et cetera. Wonder Boy is saying those same things from an athletic standpoint, it's hard to deny that. So why doesn't he get the next shot? Why doesn't he, who was you five months ago, get the next shot? Do you get what I'm saying?
6: Well, he wasn't me five months ago because he hasn't been in the sport long enough. Um, you know, you got to realize that even before this, I was fighting top ten competition in Strikeforce. Paul Daly was a ninth-ranked overall welterweight when I was competing against him. Off of a fight, one of the best first seen in MMA when he fought Nick Diaz. And also, Wonderboy's boys' words had bit him in his butt. I mean, he is the one... I didn't put these words in his mouth. Hmm. You know, I got the quote, which I'll post a little bit later. <laughs> he said he felt this Robbie Lawler would take this fight. He felt that the fans would want to watch Robbie Lawler fight against Stevie Wonderboard. Something, it would be a more exciting fight that I would fade in the later round. And he felt like Robbie Lawler was going to take it home. So when you make those bold statements, and you're not the pay-per-view guy, you you're not the money fight, you're not the people... People are not going to be jumping off the wall... Buying pay-per-view to watch Stevie Wonderboy fight. He does not to say in his career that won't happen. He's an exceptional fighter. He's beaten two phenomenal um, um, athletes back to back. But when he set those words out of his mouth, he wrote a che- he wrote a check his ass couldn't cash. Hmm. So now he'll get a chance to fight Robbie Lawler, and I'll go out and I'll prove I'm the very, very best in the world by fighting the the, the Hall of Famers
2: does it bother you that people don't see where you're coming from here that you have to explain yourself because I see I see the Twitter mentions and things that are coming your way are you blocking that out are you getting more support
6: I haven't read I haven't, I haven't read those negative comments you know I've been I've been on a really um, you know how you read something you just skim it yeah I skim my social media I've been doing it for the last three weeks I skim it see if it's a friend a training partner someone I know professional athlete a celebrity or if I really, really want to scam, I'll go to verify accounts only. Mm. I'll only look at those deals because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's in control of my bank account. I'm the one that's in control of my four kids, my wife, the house that I want to pay off this year. These things are realistic goals that are within reach with the right fight. So I don't have to explain to them. I don't go to their house and say, hey, I don't think you should get this promotion because Johnny... Your coworker deserves it more than you. I'm going to go tell your boss, mm. and I'm going to get this other guy a promotion. I don't do that. So with that said, you know, I'm not taking away anything from Stevie Wonder Boy. He's a phenomenal fighter. He's done a great job. He's not new as far as competition or youth, or, or but he's fairly new to the higher levels of mixed martial arts. You know, think about when Johnny Hendricks, had would be Barton Camden, John Fitch, um, Koscheck, Carlos Condit. And what happened to him? Nick Diaz came along, he fought George St. Pierre because he was a bigger draw, bigger name. Same thing happened to Warrior McDonald. Same thing happened to Frank Yeager. We didn't see the immediate, you know, tighter shot against Conor McGregor, though he deserved it. We saw him about to fight um, RDA. When that fell through, he fought Nick. So when you get to this point, in my in my opinion, you can start calling some of the shots. George St. Pierre said he wanted to fight me. I'm going to say yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he has said that he wants to fight in New York. Given your busy schedule coming up with the movies and all that, would you be ready to fight in November? Oh, for sure. Okay.
1: For
6: sure. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not doing what Ron is doing. I'm not. I'm not doing. Um, I'm not doing like a you know super long six month stretch. I got two weeks on this movie. I got um, three days on another movie. You know, I, I'm not going to be on these long stretches, so I, I'll, I'll be fine. Okay. I'm not gonna allow myself to get out of shape, man. I didn't get hit. I didn't get punched one time on Saturday.
2: Wow, that is amazing. Win the title, don't get punched. Um, two last quick things: are, Is the champ gonna get paid now? Like, is it? T- are you gonna get a new contract? That whole deal, pay per view points, all that stuff.
6: Uh, I believe so. No, um, I, I can't imagine that someone would come out there and put it on that type of performance against a guy who was a fighter of the year, who's probably had. The fight of the year this year with Carlos, um, the fight of the year last year with Rory. And it was a very, very, it's funny that Robbie said he didn't get the respect. You know, I think he was given the proper respect. I think he had to tell himself that, uh, you know, to keep the chip off his shoulder. But just in general, it was, it was weird hearing him say that. And he's a very, very highly regarded, very loved fighter of the UFC. And for me to completely esteem him like that, man. Um, I would expect a nice contract change and different, you know, incentives in there and especially leading to the GSP fight.
2: Um, Last thing, we saw you win. We saw the knockout. We saw the the reaction, all that stuff. But is there a moment, is there something that sticks out that you will always remember about this weekend, a moment backstage with your wife, your mom, uh, when you told your kids? Is there something that just really made this that much more special for you that you'll always remember that you can share with us?
6: It's, it's, it's a few moments, you know. My wife walks up to me and we, have, we, we always do a prayer before I walk out. And, um, you know, before I walk out of the hotel, she prayed and she said, you know, you, you're you going to do it. And God, God gave you the tools. His mission is for you to go out here and do this and give it back to the community, and give it back to your family. He knows you'll do the right thing with exposure. And she said, it's already done. And for somebody to make a bold statement like that, they don't have to get locked in there with Rufus lobby I received that. The second thing is when I dropped down to my knees, I realized it was real. I was in octagon, and I envisioned that moment. I envisioned having that moment with God where I was like, man, it happened. I mean, everyone said it was Everyone said I couldn't be able to do it. Everyone's counting me out my whole life. And then the third and final moment is when I walked in this morning, because I haven't seen my kids yet. I just saw them this morning for the first time. Oh, wow. And they were asleep and I laid that heavy belt on their back. Oh. And, then, and they started rolling around and moving around, and they woke up and they saw, and just a look on their face. And I said, hey, we've been talking about this you know, for a long time, right, guys? I said, if you ever want to do something, if you ever want to be somebody, or if you want to achieve a goal, if you put your hard work in, you can do that. What better way to show your kids that seeing seen you injured, they've seen you lose, They've seen you face adversity. They've seen politics. My oldest son has seen people say negative stuff about me on social media. And then they see you never give up. They see you never quit. They see you work your ass off. And finally, they watch their dad get a USC gold belt wrapped around their waist. Those three moments I'll never forget. Um, you know, I could walk away from the sport, and those would be enough to make it work.
2: Wow. Man, getting me all emotional there with the kids. That that was beautiful. Wow. Uh, I got to say, very happy for you. You know, it was something else. Uh, I got to sit cage side for this fight, and we were right next to your whole family. They were sitting in front of the, the barrier. Your mom was there, your wife was there, some other family members, and it was amazing just watching them the whole time as you were walking out. I was just looking at them, seeing we don't often get that perspective, and just seeing how sort of anxious they were, and then how happy they were for you was really just a beautiful sight. Uh, You've always been so gracious, Tyron, and and nothing's different here with your time as champion. Um, Well-deserved. Congratulations. Enjoy it. And uh, way to call your shot, my man. You called it. You did it. Wow. What a story. Enjoy the belt. and, And again, thank you so much. And good luck to your son as he competes in the Junior Olympics this afternoon in a matter of moments, right?
6: Yeah, matter of moments. I'm hustling there now. And happy birthday! It's somebody's birthday on set. I don't on, on the in yeah. studio. I don't know who it is, but happy birthday, whoever you are.
2: Yeah, the guy who called you, he has always said that you're his favorite guest in the history of this show because you keep it real. And now here you are as champ coming on his birthday New York, Rick. So he appreciates you very much. Thanks, Tyron. All right, guys. You
6: guys have a blessed day, man. Appreciate
2: you guys. Much love, Tyron. There he is, the UFC welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley giving a shout out to New York Rick on his way out. How about that? I mean, how can you not love that guy? Beautiful stuff. It was amazing to watch his mom sitting there uh, in front of the barrier, his wife sitting there. Great people. They were there from the get-go. Um, I, I was watching his wife and you could tell she was a little nervous. She, she, it was the Ioana onjecek Carolina fight. Not Ioana, the Rose namajunas Carolina Kovalevich fight. And she was like, all okay, right, let's hurry this up, let's hurry this up. And then, he comes out to the king without a crown. Okay, he's like, boom,
6: boom, boom, boom.
2: And then we got Robbie Lawler coming out with the, um, hold on, doom, 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 doom. And then it's like, it's taking forever. And I kept watching. I was like, we don't have that perspective of the thing. You know, like I'm liking it. The music's fun. The energy's fun. I see Dwight Howard over there. Ludacris is over there. Ari Emanuel's over there. This is all fun. But for the family members, that's got to feel like an eternity, right? I mean, whoa. What an amazing thing. And then he goes out there and it starts off a little slow and then BAM! Missile! Tyron Woodley. welterweight champ. How about that, New York Rick? Is that the best birthday present you've ever received? It's up there. It it, it, it wasn't quite, hey, New York Rick in the back, happy birthday. It was like, there's some guy there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. The champ. The champ uh, showing some
2: love. I got you a cookie. Delicious cookie. If you're ever in the New no, York, no, no, no,
0: no, no. You don't do this until they until they fork <laughs> over the the money. No, 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 no. I
2: always wonder. Like I go there every time I'm about to do this show and uh, also the Ma Beat, and I'm like, hey guys, you know, like I, I get the coffee every time. It's part of the routine. <laughs> Can you hook me up with something? You know, but you gotta you see you gotta
0: subtly drop like you know I do this show that yeah, reaches yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of people. Um, I love how you guys fuel me every week. That's blah, right. Blah, that's blah. Right. So You gotta, you gotta start the, the, the wheels in motion on that one.
2: You know, I, I have to say though, um, it would be nice if they hook me up with something. I don't mind it because it is. I was gonna say there's a place next to our show. I won't say the name. Yeah. But yeah, why can't I say the no, name? No, 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 no. That's BS. I want to give them props. This, this is goes prime real estate. Back, this, is, this goes back to you last week saying that positive reinforcement is bollocks. This hogwash? Are you are you going to show them this clip? Are you going to come over be and nice. be like, "Hey guys, by the way, here you see see three hundred thousand people watching this." <laughs> okay, I'll say that there's a place near the studio that has the best coffee and chocolate chip cookies.
0: Step up to the plate if you got yeah. some good cookies. Where you at? Where you at? <laughs> Cult- don't be don't be don't be scared. Whatever he just said, mm-hmm. I will not repeat. So today's your birthday, something like that. Yeah.
2: You don't like to make a big deal. You're, bir- you're, you're one of those reluctant birthday people. I'm not. I hate it. Why?
0: It's just like any plans. What, what significance? Do I feel different today than I felt yesterday? I understand. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best not to be the Grinch and not yeah, be yeah. you know the don't guy the who just makes everybody else miserable. But I just birthdays are not my favorite thing.
2: My take on the birthday, and I didn't get to spend my birthday. With my family this this time. I was with my good friends over in Las Vegas. I'm
0: spending it with my family. My Zufa family. The
2: MMA um, our fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a time to just be thankful that you made it another year. You should just be happy about that. That is super grim. Why? What
0: do you mean made it another year? Like, I'm 29 years old.
2: I'd hope I'd make it another year. No, but look, nothing's... We could walk out of the studio Oh man, Ariel, really? You don't think that way? No I think every day is my last What? Of course Ariel Let me tell you something You need some you help, need You, need <laughs> you don't help, think about friend. death all the time? <laughs> I think about death like every second I am oh, deathly my God. afraid of death I've got, is... too, I've got too much going
0: I've got kids and That's what I'm saying You need to be celebrating that Rather than thinking about Oh man, this is going to end
2: tomorrow Let me tell you something I did a will recently
0: so, so that could, that, I mean, that has that part makes you of, think. yeah, that, that's probably got you thinking a little bit.
2: That makes me think. Um,
0: no, I'm not thinking about death at 29. Uh, not yet.
2: Let me tell you something. There's no worse experience than putting together one of those things. I, one of those things.
0: I thought you were about to say there's no worse experience than dying. I no. truly thought you were about to say that. By the way, that.
2: I thought Alex Cesaris was talking about death when he said, I'm going to be gone or I want to be gone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, fortunately Well I mean Not fortunately Because I'd like to see him Fight for a long long time But you know It seems like he's He's got some plans in order So any plans? Yeah I'm gonna meet up With my wife Okay I'm gonna Hang around the city Maybe Catch some Pokemon Maybe Oh god Go to Dave and Buster's. Nothing. Nothing crazy. Is that for real? Oh, I love Dave and Buster's. No, I know I don't, the have Dave and Buster's. We, have we talked about yes, this on the show? Yes,
2: With your stupid uh, tokens and all. Oh, that. I
0: have so many tickets. So many. Do you ever cash them in? No, I'm saving for like something big. You no. don't want to get the little like pencil toppers. You want an Xbox. You want something good. Can you
2: get an Xbox? Oh yeah. Okay, just ballpark it. Mm-hmm. How many do you think you have? Fifty k. Fifty k. Fifty k. Where are they?
0: They're on a card store oh no i don't have like a, a bundle had, of 50k no, no 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 no, that's what i really thought you had no see now you got to take your kids here man like you got to get a come up to the new to the new by the way by
2: the way why can you shout out dave and busters but i can't shout out my coffee place you know I got what? You there. Fair enough. I got Fair you. Fair enough. And also, they're involved in MMA. Dave and Buster's. Step up. Yeah, step up, Dave step and Buster's. Step up. We could have that big sign right over here. We could be in one of those commercials. You could it show could be... it on loop at the at the yeah. Dave and Buster's. Oh, this this promo right here. Bellator steals our stuff anyways and puts it at the beginning of their show. <laughs> Put this right here. It'll be like me, you, Michael Chandler, King Mo playing video games. Can right? me and
0: you <laughs> do this pose? This back to back like yeah. that.
2: Uh, Josh Thompson will be there. Aaron Pico will stop by. It's great. I mean, Dave and Buster's. Come on. Where are you at? So, are you really going there tonight? I just made that up because that's like a place
0: I like going. I'm, I'm. Uh, um, but you're doing the whole big also, city birthday thing. My wife and I have been together so long. We're kind of past the like it's not new anymore. Like uh, we've done this birthday thing a million sure, times. Sure, sure. It's,
2: Oh yeah, just wait a couple more years. I ain't get any presents.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there already, and I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. completely
2: happy with it. Life is a present.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Ariel! This is so morbid. This That's is true. so morbid. Ariel, Ariel Hawani
2: just, d- just worrying about dying every day. I I, I couldn't worry more about it. it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> it's true. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, all those trips. I'm all freaking out and stuff. But I do want to say thank you to
0: everybody for the love. Um, particular shout out to Bill Stein. always the oh, yeah. best balloons edible arrangements the man always
2: bill steinmetz hooked me up with the um las vegas police patch on on to, uh, you know on my computer but this week i, I swapped it for the deputy marshal patch of las vegas as well of nevada excuse me uh, or maybe it's of the city of las vegas it says uh, appen- uh, apparently the um law the, enforcement the law enforcement of las vegas big fans of mine
0: it's a good law enforcement... To, to I mean, that's yeah. the fight
2: town, right? That is the fight town. You know, I'm over there. Who knows what kind yeah, of characters are exactly. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're in good. Matthew Triplett of uh city now, of Las I feel Vegas. like
0: Triplett was in the Rick's Picks, but I don't know if it was Matthew Triplett. I feel like it was like a guy, Tyler
2: Triplett. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a cousin or something. Speaking of which, I met someone in Atlanta. By the way, great city. Have you been there? I've not. Beautiful city. Um... Don't ever go to the world of Coca-Cola. What a waste of time that is. I was so disappointed. I said, Saturday afternoon, you know, it's an East Coast pay-per-view. I'm going to have some time. I'm going to go to the world of Coca-Cola. I'm going to learn about the history of Coca-Cola. I'm going to see old artifacts. There was some of that. I learned that some scientist in 1886 named John Pemberton, um, a pharmacist, excuse me, Invented Coca Cola and then he sold it two years later. I mean, what a boneheaded move that was. But he was about to die anyway, speaking of death. So he didn't really get to see it turning. But there was some cool stuff like that, the original recipe. But I mean, this thing was such a waste of time. And you know how disgusting it was? At the end, they bring you to a room that's maybe like five times the size of our studio. With a fountain Of every single Coca-Cola product From around the world So there's like An Africa section A Europe section A North America section They give you cups And you have all These people These very large people Pushing each other To just try Every single kind Of Coca-Cola product Filled with Corn syrup And all this (laughs) stuff It's just disgusting I felt so gross afterwards Ran back to my hotel room In the rain Just to work out Because I felt disgusting Watching them do this Outside of pushing each other That sounds like heaven That sounds divine I'm in. I had a little shot of cream soda because I haven't had any soda in a very long time. I just wanted to taste it again. A minuscule shot of uh root beer and then I got the hell out of there. It's disgusted. Anyway, so thumbs down for that for Massive thumbs down. I should have gone to the College Football Hall of Fame or the Civil Rights Museum and I chose the Coca Cola place. Really mm. anyway, uh, I met a fan who said that he he did a sign during the Rick's picks era. Um calling me out yeah saying i eat new york rick for breakfast i
0: remember it but i don't remember yeah the fan specifically yeah. but uh rick's picks i gotta i gotta revive that people have been asking i i it it's so much work i have to figure out how to how to make yeah. it work
2: it is a lot of work it was fun uh someone john eisner telling me on twitter there's nothing wrong with fearing death use that as motivation to live life to its fullest no See? you don't
0: live life to its fullest without worrying about death there's no true true Ah. Uh, Anyway, uh, um, do we have any questions? We do. I mean, you know, mostly about me, but I tried to weave oh. those ones out. Um, USC 201 Was there... There were a lot of underdogs at one, and also... A lot of underdogs in the main event have been winning recently. Um, but specific to, to Saturday's event, were you surprised by any of the fights? Was What was the biggest surprise?
2: Uh, yeah, Jake Ellenberger. <laughs> I mean, I, did you expect that? Wasn't he like a, a four-to-one underdog or something? I think three-to-one. Okay. Um, a lot of people would have said Tyron Woodley.
0: I wasn't particularly surprised by that one. Not to be the guy who's, oh, I saw that one coming. Um, but I just thought, you know, counting out a guy who's primarily a, a really, really good wrestler with ridiculous power... Um, just seems silly against the guy in Robbie Lawler who likes to get into firefights. Um, but for sure, 100%, no other answer other than Jake Ellenberger. His career looked completely done. In fact, it was revealed after by Dana White that he yeah. was cut and then asked for his job back and, and promised to deliver. And boy, did he.
2: He, he, uh, he delivered in, in spades. Uh, by the way, um, I knew that story. And if you go back to my interviews with him, I tried to get him to tell that story and he never told it. Um, remember there was a story that came out that he was cut and then magically he came back, but I couldn't get him to actually say the story. Kudos to him for going out there and fighting for his job and, and then delivering.
0: It's a better story after you win. That's why. I
2: guess so. You you say, look, I was gone and... There's a little bit of pride involved. Yeah. Uh, Although he wasn't the one who revealed it. That's the first time in Matt Brown's career that he has been finished like that, where he has been submitted, but never... KO'd
0: or TKO'd. He's been so close so many times, too, oh with, the, with the body shots. It seems to be a thing where if you go to Matt Brown's body, he seems to be a little bit vulnerable there. Um, but, I mean, Ellenberger, he looked good. He got, you know, he, he got hit a little bit, but from from where where he was starting to, to there, you have to feel good for
2: him. And I gotta say, uh, I think I said on this show last week that this was one of the weaker pay-per-views in quite some time, maybe since 177. Other than the Michael Graves fight, which kind of was this weird majority draw and there wasn't a lot of action, it was just every other fight was incredibly entertaining. All most of them ended in finishes, if not, they were fun. Like the Eric Prez, Francisco Rivera fight was a lot of fun. Um, how about our main man, Nikita Krylov, Krilov, whatever it is, with that? I can't believe he didn't get a a, a bonus. The face plan of Ed Herman, uh, the Masvidal fight was a lot of fun. Anthony Hamilton, Wilson Hayes, Damian Brown. Who just recently got verified on Twitter? A big moment for him. Um, that was a that was a really fun show. You have to admit. You
0: know what? Actually, that made me think that was a fun show. First of all, you can anytime there's a pay per view that people pan, you can pencil it in for being a fun show. Wait, wait. wait. What'd you just say? When people pan a pay per view before it happens, oh. you can pencil that in as it's going to be full of finishes. It's Except for one
2: forty nine. Be... Which one was that? Come on. I
0: don't that remember. That one lives
2: in infamy, Calgary. Oh yes. Um, now, that one was killed by injuries and whatnot and bad luck, but once we got to weigh and you looked at the card, you were like, yeah, ooh, this fair, is not a great card, enough. and it didn't really.
0: Um, but that's been the recent trend. And my biggest surprise actually was, I just thought of this, was Wilson Hayes not calling out uh, DJ. Oof. You got you have to do that. What
2: are, what are you thinking? Uh, we did a scrum with him, and there are only three outlets in the back. Usually there's like 15, 20, maybe, maybe less than 20, but around 15 or so. Uh, it was just us, MMA, fighting Sure Dog and uh, Junkie. But I was like the only non cameraman there. Uh, Ken from Junkie was there, and uh, Dave from Sure Dog, and then Casey with me. So I got to do like the scrums by myself. Like they kind of threw out a couple questions here and there. And I said to Wilson, go, go look at it. I was like, that was a great fight, but I'm disappointed. I mean, you, you were too nice. You had to say, I'm the man, I'm the number one contender. I deserve the next title shot. You're doing this whole tough thing. I went from fighting in the co-main event against DJ to fighting Hector Sandoval, the opener of the FS2, not even FS1 prelims. And then he kind of did it. Too late. Yeah, he did it in front of three of us. Too (laughs) late.
0: Too late, my friend. You have that mic. Uh, Demetrius Johnson had to be called out there. That was my biggest surprise.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, let's talk about this. This was the question that was everybody was asking. There's a yes. hundred variations of this in the comment section on Twitter. Tyrone Woodley yes. asking for, for money fights. Yes. Um, and the juxtaposition of, of uh, his position previously, where yeah. he wouldn't have gotten the shot if mm-hmm. Robbie Lawler had asked for the same thing. Mm-hmm. How much say should the, ch- the new champions have in their, in their upcoming fights?
2: Oh, man. There's so many layers to this whole story. And I don't know if there's a right answer. But this is what I'll say. I will say that it is somewhat refreshing to see a guy be this transparent with his motives and say, look, I finally got the golden ticket. Now it's time for me to make money because you know as well as I do in this sport, they'll chew you, they'll spit you out onto the next one. So now you got that golden scepter, right? Now you have more of a say in your future in your career than you would if you're number two, three, four, five, six, right? So you, you, you've, you've earned that. You reached the mountaintop, You knocked off the king. Now you're the king. And I respect the fact that this guy was saying going into the fight, hey, these are the fights that I'm going to ask for when I become champion. These are the guys I'm going to say no to when I become champion. He said this all before. He is not changing his tune on us, right? You can say that or you can't say that about others who became champion. And I respect the fact, that Tyron Woodley is saying, look, I got three kids. I got a wife. I got a house. I need to make money. At the end of the day, this is all well and good. This is your Saturday night pay-per-view fun. This is cool for you guys while you're doing your job and no one's telling you how to live your life. This is my job at the end of the day. And yes, I know I'm making money off of your money. This is the entertainment business. This is athletics, which is really the entertainment business. I get that. But... This is the job that I have. This is my profession. I need to make money. This is how I'm going to make the most amount of money. I respect all of that. On the flip side, I do feel bad for Wonderboy Thompson because he is Tyron Woodley of a few months ago. He has done everything that has been asked of him. He beat you know, Roy McDonald, who's number one, number two, number three, whatever, and not much less than that. Uh, He beat Johnny Hendricks when that meant a lot more than it currently does. Um, he's lost once in the UFC and has rebounded very nicely since. That was 145, also in Atlanta. So I kind of get where both guys are coming from. I, I certainly get where Wonderboy is coming from. He wants that title shot. He wants what Woodley wanted. Um, and I and I get what Tyron Woodley is saying as well. I get where he's coming from as well. I, I don't know. You know, let's just say I think Nick Diaz should fight Robbie Lawler or someone else. I, I think the fact that Nick Diaz hasn't won since UFC, what is it, 137? One thirty-seven. Last time Nick Diaz won a fight was pre-Fox era. Woodley Diaz is fun; it's been talked about, but I'd like to see Diaz fight in a non-title fight, if if only to get his mojo back, to get his feet wet again, and then fight for the belt. I mean, he's certainly a big draw; he's he's deserving of it. But I'd like to see him work his way up just a smidge. The GSP thing, I get. It's hard to argue against the GSP thing. He was the champion he he walked away as champion. He had to vacate the title and he hasn't been back since. GSP returning is a big deal and I've always felt like GSP returning, um, his return fight should be a title fight. Now, it's unfortunate because Lawler was kind of like in this weird spot of who are you going to fight next? He ends up fighting Carlos Condon in January. There wasn't a clear cut number one guy. Now there is and that's why the GSP thing is, is a little is a little weird. So, I don't know if this is the answer that you're looking for, but I really do think that, you know, both guys have a very, very, very strong stance is, and it's going to be really interesting to see what the UFC does. Is there somebody other than Wonderboy that you could make a case for? Because
0: for me, it no. seems like Wonder Boy, no, no, and no. then there's a big drop and then possibly Damian Maya if he gets it done,
2: that's about it. Um, well no no and now are you excluding GSP and Diaz yes let's exclude you're talking about talking the active about guys active guys it's the only it. wonder boy he so, is without a doubt the number one contender as far as the current active fighters who have fought in the last six months year
0: if I'm him and it looks like I'm not going to get that title fight
2: the last thing don't I'll be so sure don't be so sure I'm not sure okay if oh, I'm him you're saying if it looks like if it looks okay. like
0: okay he's just seen a man whose strategy was here's my resume I've, I've done everything I can do. I've earned this title shot. Here it is, and I'm willing to wait for it. He just saw this work mm. with Tyron Woodley. Why not try to play that same game? There's not somebody on his heels. Um, and if he waits just a little bit, it's possible that it opens up. Now, that could bite you. You could get inactive for quite a while and and get rusty. But we just saw this work for Tyron Woodley. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be so quick to rush into another fight and potentially compromise Um, that title shot Um, but I think that you know there there's a thought to to possibly waiting it out a little bit Hmm. Um, dangerous dangerous it's a it's a risky thing but as you just saw it worked for for our current champion so um, I think I think it's something that could be in play especially with the fact that welterweight doesn't seem to have a a slew of guys that are that are up and coming um, and, and on the heels of a title shot the only one I can even like fathom at that point at this point is Damian
2: Maya. Um then there's obviously Oh yeah, well I'm I'm not really considering that one just yet cuz Carlos sure. and by the Absolutely. way, if Carlos wins he's in there because I thought he beat but Lawler so
0: but even still Thompson is ahead and uh, ahead and a half uh, above them. Yes. Um and so you maybe you wait a few months and and it, the the opportunity presents itself but um I can't help but feel that he's he's going to get passed over. That's just my how I think it's going to I mean, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know but uh, it'll be interesting and what do you think happens what's your prediction I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Diaz what I think it's gonna be Diaz really yeah I just think Diaz is gonna wanna come back but only for that biggest possible fight I I think the Lawler fight could be big but it's not as big as a title fight Um, that's that's based on absolutely no information that's
2: what I think wow I think that one has the uh, the least chance yeah you think well, so? What do you think? GSP? It's down to GSP or Wonderboy. Boy. Um, I told you. I, I mentioned this to Mark. What someone overheard or claims yep. they over. I I, I think Wonder Boy has a better chance than people think. I think they're high on Wonder Boy. They see the potential now. They they haven't built him up enough though. He's there, not. There is a weird thing that I don't even know if 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 it's going to come into play. But and this is very inside baseball. GSP is a CAA guy. WME you now go. rules the world. Does that come into play now in this new world that we're living in? I don't know. This is just something that I'm thinking about. Um, how can you not look at the GSP fight, though? That's a big deal, especially for MSG. But I've, I've said it on this show. I think Boy is going to be a very big deal. And I think he can already be a bigger deal than they're uh, making him into be. So I think those are the two choices.
0: Was, was Tyron calling him Stevie? Um, Because I thought that would be... <laughs> Kind of nice, subtle, like Stevie Wonder is kind of funny. Um, oh,
2: I thought it was just his retort to the uh, to Tyrone. calling him Tyrone, but also
0: because it's Stevie
2: Wonder. How are people, including Dana White, let's be honest. Still calling him Tyrone. Yes. What is going on? It, it's can, rough. Can someone just like pull these people aside and be like, okay, uh, uh, Wonder Boy said that someone did tell him at Fox, kudos to them, and I was going to let it slide. But then he kept saying it. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, but maybe that was intentional. We we could. Well, he's too nice for it to be intentional. Now, it's not even spelled with an e. It's I very know. easy
0: to to, <laughs> to read it and see Tyrant. Um, but
2: Tyrant. Uh, Tyron, Anyway, Ty Run. Tie Run. Uh, yeah. There's so this a lot. I mean, it's,
0: it's going to be the topic of conversation for a long time. I Rory, love it, Rory McDonald. What happens to him? He has a win over Woodley. Yes. So does this where bring does him that back? place it? Yeah, where does that place him back? Does he? Does he now say? Um, the UFC is a good spot for me because I can, I've beaten the champion already. I can put myself back in position. How do you think this affects his free agency? From what
2: I'm hearing, he's still fielding offers, still talking to people. I don't know if this gets him back. I mean, I don't know if this actually changes his, his future, his stance. I don't know if it changes the way the UFC views him. I'm really not sure, but, um, he's still in the position of like gathering offers, gathering data it's not really clear. I can't even put it yeah. as like this organization is the front runner. This one is the leading candidate. It's still too early in the process.
0: So we'll know. I mean, at this point, really no effect, or at least we don't know yet.
2: We don't know yet. GSP. Uh, it looks What's like. What's going on over there? It's so noisy. No, don't worry about Are it. Are there people opening the door? What was um, happening? Man, that's just focus. Can, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you Zone lock in, that? Zone can in you here.
0: Can you that? Sh- um, you you this person is asking straight up here's the question is it gsp versus woodley do you think that that's the front runner right now uh
2: i I don't think there is a front runner i think it's it's down to two choices too fluid and and i think i think all all say is i think wonder boy has a better shot than people think he does okay that's fair enough uh
0: dominant champion versus competitive division we've seen a lot of uh, championships changing hands lately demetrius johnson being pretty much the lone exception uh holding on with uh quite a few in a row i think eight title defenses something like that um do you think it's better for the UFC to have champions that they can build into dominant stars? Or do you think it's better where the the, the divisions are up in the air and, and anybody can be champion on a given night? Or is there really no right answer for that?
2: This is the most annoying part about being a quote-unquote MMA guy is listening to the non-MMA people, in particular in, in, in the media, wax poetic about this sport and say that one of the detriments of MMA and one of the things that will stunt MMA's growth is the fact that they can't build consistent stars and champions. On any given Saturday, someone will lose and that stunts their growth and halts their momentum. And to that I say, you just don't understand the beauty of the sport. You really don't. To me, the best part about this sport is that, yeah, you can have crazy odds, you can have favorites, underdogs, all that stuff. But really cliche, but it's the truth. Any given Saturday, anyone can win. You put on gloves like that, anyone can win. This kind of sport with the tools that you're allowed to use, the weapons that you're allowed to use in a fight, anything can happen. And that's amazing. That keeps me on my toes. That is exhilarating. That is appealing to me. So look, <laughs> to the people who say that you need dominant champions to be a star, then I bet you those are the same people who say Demetrius Johnson is in a draw, right? Okay, then why isn't he the biggest star in the sport? If being dominant equals big money, big pay per views, all that stuff, why isn't DJ that guy? Right? Conor McGregor is coming off a loss. He's just as popular as he's ever been. Nate Diaz has double digit losses, just as popular, if not more popular than he's ever been. It doesn't matter. As long as you are a draw, compelling, appealing, entertaining, people are going to pay to watch you fight. People are going to cover you. They're going to talk about you. It doesn't matter. Like, you're missing the point. You don't think that Tyron Woodley blasting Robbie Lawler like that on Saturday is a big deal, is noteworthy, is something to get people excited about, is something to get people tuned in, something to get people talking about MMA, like... It's crazy to me that people take this stance every time. Happened at 196 or after 196, it happens after 200, all this. What are you talking about? This is athletics, any given Saturday. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want that parity? And if you don't like that parity, then go to the flyweight division and see how that suits you. Or go to the, I don't know, light heavyweight division when John Jones was there and never really broke one million buys as a draw. You know, like, you can't have it both ways. Just enjoy it. Enjoy what it is. It's a great, entertaining sport. Sometimes brutal. Sometimes a little crazy.
0: But, but what what would you say to to the success of a GSP and Anderson, um, a Ronda Rousey? People who reigned for for a long time and were able great. to build that. Um is there nothing to that? Like is that not also Well first of all, important? for a very
2: long time Anderson Silva wasn't a draw. People despised him. And People then, didn't want, and and then he met a guy named Chael Sonnen who turned him into a draw fair enough because they had their little feud. Fair Again, enough. entertainment. Ronda Rousey broke barriers, trailblazer, so compelling. I mean, a pioneer. George Saint Pierre, a national hero. I mean, wasn't Wayne Gretzky obviously but he was a pretty damn big deal in Canada and sold out a 55,000 seat stadium. In America he was a draw, he was pay-per-view on that but, but he, this guy was a national hero. Uh that's why they were that's why they were big deals, mm-hmm. that's why they were draws. Would they have been if they had lost a few? I don't think so. Well,
0: that plus. You know what I mean? So I think there's a there's a middle area for this. I don't think it's necessarily I think dominant You can lose champ- all your fights. I think dominant champions matter, I, but I I don't think that it's it, you're, you're right to say that the argument that not having any dominant, like not being a dominant champion means you're not, you know, building your, your brand or building your star. You made the perfect point about Conor McGregor. The guy doesn't need to win fights at all, and, and he continues to, to become a bigger and bigger star.
2: What I'll say is that this argument that the draws, the stars, the champions lose too often in MMA is going to somehow hold MMA back is hogwash because there are enough champions enough stars um enough people in prime position that you're gonna get a little bit of this you're gonna get a little bit of that Mm -hmm. and to me dominance is cool i like it it's fun but i prefer unpredictability i prefer that okay this guy has won two three four in a row boom now he's back at the bottom has to work his way back up and trust me they can come back up we've seen it a thousand times how many times have we seen a person lose And then come work their way back up, and then voila! Three fights later, they're back. It's great. No one even remembers the loss. You know what I mean? Sure. Nate Diaz is the perfect example of that. I mean, who would have thought in 2016, Nate Diaz, who you know, two years ago, less than two years ago, was looking—I mean, he was looking like an amateur next to RDA. He got outclassed by RDA. Now he's the biggest—you know—he's the biggest draw in the game, along with Connor. That's the truth. Yep doesn't really matter so stupid all this stuff i mean the show the show will continue to go on
0: dominant not dominant
2: um and i don't get the people by the way i don't get the people who say that woodley's like woodley woodley doesn't make you want to watch i'm not i'm not with them
0: on that one i Uh, am not with them on that one right
2: i mean woodley is someone who can knock out robbie Lawler like that and others you mentioned the same what about that whole thing that he was talking about the flat face that was fascinating yeah woodley brings something totally different to the table. Wonder Boy doesn't make you want to watch? There's a lot of guys who make me want to watch who have lost. Wonder Boy got dominated by Matt Brown. Look at him now. You know, so stop it with this. Okay, I'm going to
0: leave you with this as I get our next guest. Nick Diaz, he's been out for quite a while. Um, He's got two losses and a no contest. Is his stock higher than ever? Based <laughs> on what we just heard, you know, the all, all the, the factors against Perfect him, you would example. think that his stock is low. Yeah. Is his stock higher than ever
2: right now? Well, I think the emergence and the rise of his brother Nate has actually helped him. The Diaz brand, if you wanna call it that, has never been greater. Has never been more lucrative. Has never been more interesting. Now we never we've never seen it. Under these circumstances, we've never seen Nate being the bigger star, the bigger draw, the bigger name over Nick, but this kind of helped. I mean, look, I'm sure he didn't want to be on the sidelines for 18 months and not make money, but if that was going to happen, at least his brother was doing the Diaz name proud. And I continue to think about on the day he was suspended for five years by the Nevada Athletic Commission – he gave me this interview and at the end he said something very powerful to the effect of, you know, the thing that bothers me the most about all of this is that I won't be able to corner my brother when he fights Michael Johnson. I got him into this mess and now I have to figure out a way to get him out. And it was super powerful. And you know what? And I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. When I saw him in Las Vegas prior to 200, I don't talk to Nick when I see him about fights. I know when people want to talk and they they don't, but I did feel compelled to say, how about Nate? Isn't that amazing? What's happened to him? And Nick said something that gave me goosebumps on the spot. He said, I guess my work here is done. And it was more him, it was kind of a combination of him saying it and sort of wondering it, But considering what he said about his brother on the day he was suspended for five years, wrongly, disgustingly by the Nevada Athletic Commission. Man, I felt that. And now he's back. And yeah, he hasn't won since 137 against BJ Penn. But he's more relevant than ever. And I think everyone loves a great comeback story. And everyone has genuinely missed Nick Diaz. So maybe he doesn't deserve a title shot right now but he's going to get a big fight and he should get paid, especially because he was wronged. Give him a main event, give him a co-main on a big fight, give him pay-per-view points. The guy deserves it. Anyway, I don't even know if that answers the question, but that's uh, that's how I feel about the whole Nick Diaz situation in a nutshell. It was amazing to see him and I hope we see him soon rather than later. And I hope they give him a big fight. Um, all right. Speaking of this whole situation, I mean, someone who fits perfectly into this, topic is our next guest he is joining us from new york there he is the man himself the funk master himself al jermaine sterling joining us via the magic of skype how are you Aljo? what's up guys what's up ariel where are you i'm in my backyard right now
7: on the uh little porch oh i hear uh, ally quinto right now upstairs listening to your show <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is amazing ally yeah. what a what a guy i love that guy <laughs> say hello to him for us
7: ariel so what's up
2: we'll get him on soon I miss Al Um, first things first what's going on with the bicep over there bionic
7: bionic and uh, it's coming along man I almost got full range of motion I can almost straighten this thing all the way out and uh, once the bone completely heals they say that takes about six weeks then I can start uh, strength training so I'm getting pretty close four weeks out tomorrow but I think I'm honestly I think I could be good to get this thing going a little bit sooner but I don't want to get too crazy
2: uh, what happened?
7: And I was sparring uh, with James Jenkins, and we were just in a clinch, kind of broke, and then I just threw like an overhand right, but the way I threw it, I kind of like had my arm all the way locked out, and when it landed, it landed flush, and then just the way it hit, it like landed at the wrist and hyperextended a little bit and popped. I actually posted it in my, um, one of my vlogs for uh, Feeding the Streets.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I apologize for missing that one. Now, was this before or after the fight?
7: This was after the fight. This was actually the first day I got back home from UFC Ottawa. I went to Canada, I mean Toronto after that. And I was just gone. I was gone for about a month, man, just doing a bunch of traveling and still training, but just traveling and taking some time off.
2: How did Al handle all of that, being away from you for a month?
7: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I think, uh, I think it's an easy fix.
2: Okay, fair it's enough.
7: Hours, you know?
2: um, was, that tough? was that tough for you? Because the week after your fight against Brian, you were on the Fox set, um, and then you went to Ottawa and all that stuff, and you kind of went on this like victory tour, but you were coming off this loss that, that devastated you. Was that hard? Did you kind of just want to disappear for a little bit?
7: Uh, it wasn't really hard, man. I, it was more so disappointing because I knew what I had in front of me, that opportunity, and, you know, I asked for it over and over and over. And, I, you know, I got everything. Every, the stars aligned for me. And just a couple of mistakes just caused a, a little setback. I mean, I don't even consider that really like a bad loss. I mean, I you know, my health is wealth. I, that's the way I look at it. I could have been knocked out. I could have been, you know, th- just so many things that could have gone wrong, breaking it. You know, just at, at the end of the day, I take it for what it is. I, I lost a close fight and I lost you know, in a battle of inches. Like just a couple of little technical things man it's just kind of that's what kills me it's a couple of technical things that i did on my end that kind of that that more so bothers me
2: um i i saw an interview that you did with the uh i believe it was the three amigos podcast on bloody elbow where you talked about being at the club after the fight and your buddy oh, who, who's this buddy of yours that He's was just me. killing you the roof. what is that the roof well right no 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 i just <laughs> wanted to know about because i haven't talked to you since i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry for asking but you had to expect me to ask this uh, your no, buddy just kept killing. I mean, he's just like telling you what you did wrong. I mean, the classic buddy, just not making you feel better. And just, he was stabbing the wound in my opinion. And and then at some point you just, you just, you couldn't take it anymore. And you, and you broke down crying. How difficult yeah. was that?
7: Oh my God. It sucks. Like just going down that memory lane again. Uh, man, it was tough. It was just, you know, they meant it in good and goodwill. It was just, they were drinking. I was drinking. The fight just happened.
1: Mm.
7: Uh, um, I mean, I wasn't hurt or anything like that. It was just, just that moment, It just when I kind of recapped it, when they just kept talking about, it, I'm like, "Bro, shot them." <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know what I need to do. I know the mistakes I made. It's not like something I got to go back and really watch and be like, "Oh, that's what I did." Oh, that's what I did. I, I knew right as soon as I, the fight was over, I was like, "Man, I, I know what I did." And that's that's what that's the beauty of the sport, man. You, you can take it for what it is, or you can hang your head about it. And it's just like wrestling. I've learned so much through wrestling through my losses and I think that's what made me a better wrestler and eventually a two-time All-American. So, I take this for what it is, man. I'm gonna, I'm going to come back a better fighter. I'm not really too worried about it. Can I ain't you worry about that?
2: <laughs> Can you tell yeah, us definitely. what 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 you think those mistakes were? Like what, what are the glaring ones that you made in the fight?
7: Well, one, don't shoot your load early. <laughs> uh, that applies in multiple aspects that's of life. That's a good life <laughs>
2: lesson. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Two, I, I went to my basic defense, which was my wizard wrist. Um, when a guy shoots in on you and you get stuck against a cage, or even out in space, and they grab your leg, you get a wizard, which is like an overhook, and then you grab the wrist and you pry that apart. You can never take somebody down with one hand unless the guy is just a lot bigger than you. So that's the, that's the uh, philosophy that I teach and what I was taught. So whenever you get those two things, it's almost impossible to get taken down if you're a strong enough guy. So when I went there... Just being in a position where I never felt threatened in that entire fight. Like, I saw all his punches coming from a mile away, the little head duck, whip a left hook, and try to throw a two behind it. And everything was, like, glancing or it didn't touch me at all. So I didn't I didn't really feel threatened, man. And once we hit the cage, I was, like, kind of hanging out. I was tired, and I was just like, ah, uh, you know what? I, I land this move in practice. How about I try this right now? And I tried it twice, and it failed. I went from the wizard wrist, I reached over his shoulder, and I didn't go for a camora lock. I went for, like, a shoulder lock thing that I, I've been doing – and it's worked on level, guys. But then when I try to do it against a guy like that, you know, he's obviously waiting for an opportunity in that position where it's kind of just a stalemate. So we get there, and then I give him that one split 2nd opportunity, and he capitalized on it. And I just didn't have – you know, normally my brother's in my corner. He's he's like the wrestling coach. Hmm. I normally have – Ray covers jiu-jitsu. I have Matt um, – no, Ray covers uh, striking. Matt covers the BJJ, and then my brother's in there, and he covers the, uh, the wrestling or even Al. He's in there, covers the wrestling stuff. So I didn't have – I had – Somebody else in there, but I'm not saying that's the reason. I just, I didn't really think about it. I didn't have somebody kind of point that out to me. Just like stick with the wizard, stick with the, uh, the wizard wrist basics. And uh, I gave a, I gave a two crucial takedowns, even though there was no damage done or anything like that. It was just, I got laid on. That's the way I look at it. I mean, there's nothing else to call it. People call me a lay prey fighter. When I'm actually going for a finish and I'm actually throwing strikes, getting, you're holding my ankles, tickling my toes for, for a minute. I don't know. <laughs> But whatever, it is the better man won that night. That's the way I look at it, you know.
2: Where was your brother?
7: uh he was in Miami. (laughs) What? And you know, the crazy thing is, he he takes a flight and surprises me the day before the fight, and comes out actually the day of the fight. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Like,
2: where have you been? Makes no sense. Was that? No, you said to him like, where have you been?
7: Yeah, I was just like, I don't, I don't get what you just did, like. You couldn't come out, and now you're out here, and now it's like, I don't know. But it it is what it is, you know?
2: So was he – he was in the stands?
7: He was in the stands. And the funny thing is, after the fight, I talked about this in the uh, Three Amigos podcast, um, the article. Yeah. And I said, like, the first thing my brother comes over to me and says is, yo, he goes to me. He's like, oh, you did this one thing you always tell us not to do, the thing you always tell me not to do, and that's the fancy stuff. And I was like – I just shook my head. I was like, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's just, just one of those things, man. It's just fight IQ, you know? Yeah. Just kind of, you know who, you got to know who you're in there with. And I, I I took the fight serious. I thought I was in the best shape of my life. Um, But, you know, things happen.
2: They promoted the heck out of that fight. You had the whole, like, uh, Eric B thing, right? Um, yeah. and, and it was just amazing, the video. And, and you guys were really being talked about more in the main event that night. And you were coming off the big contract signing and the free agency and all this stuff. In hindsight, is it fair to say that – did any of that get to you at all?
7: I, I don't think so, man. You know, I felt like it's a job. I, I asked for the extra media. I asked for the extra attention. I, I asked for that. I I poked the bear as in the bear – I mean I'm not even going to call the guy a bear. I poked the – you know what? <laughs> I poked the guy. Let me just leave it at that. I'm not going to I'm right not gonna throw any more charges at the guy. But I poked the guy to get the fight because I wanted a tough fight whereas he didn't want the tough fight. He wanted the easier fight where I want to challenge myself to see where I can go. So I got all those things. And, you know, the, the, people can say all oh, the, the media stuff drains you and everything, but you set everything up accordingly to your schedule. I got my training. I got my weight down. I think I was the lightest guy down there during fight week. I got down there. I think I was about 43. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm right on weight. I, everything is going perfectly as planned. I felt like I had the best training camp of my life. And it's just sometimes just things just don't align. But I don't think it had anything to do with the, uh, the media aspect at all. Um, I thought it was well-deserved. We were two guys who earned our stripes. Brian definitely earned his stripes over um, Garbrand and Almeida. You got Garbrand who's talking shit about his opponent. Down, He's down-talking his opponent, mm-hmm. saying that, oh, he, he padded his records by fighting taxi drivers. And then he knocks him out in the first round, and he's pumping his chest. Oh, I just knocked out Almeida. I'm, I should be ranked higher. I'm like, shut up. You sound, you sound stupid. You make no sense. You can't downplay your opponent and talk about how bad he is and how he's padded his record. And then expect for oh I'm, I'm you know the title shot thing I don't know that, that that whole little thing is weird to me I keep it real man I know what I got myself into and Brian didn't disappoint I just felt like I came up short um, and,
2: and so I'm wondering if you f- you put any unneeded pressure on your shoulders to prove that you were worthy of being this big free agent signing and stuff like that did that ever come into play like oh I got to prove everyone.
7: Uh, not so much. I did think I needed to make a statement in that yeah. fight. And I think the first round, I, I kind of like hyped myself up in my head. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to get a finish in the first round over this guy. Like, you know, I, I didn't think it would have come like that. I thought it was going to be like a second round, third round finish or something like that. But then when I had him in those compromising positions so early, I was like, man, I'm about to, you know, "I it let me know like where I where I belong, where my skill set is. And just a couple of things. Obviously, my, my muscle endurance wasn't all there with my arms. My legs felt great. I, I felt like I moved well throughout the entire fight, although I was tired with my arms. I just had heavy arms. My legs were fine. Car- my lungs were felt fine. I just couldn't really keep my hands up, and I don't know. I kind of faded. Where so he kind of kept. He kept. He stayed at a steady pace and probably kept in. Uh, kept building. I guess throughout the fight. So I don't think. No, I didn't, I didn't to answer your question. I don't think I put any unwanted pressure on myself.
2: Uh, Before you came on the show, I was just talking with New York Rick about how in MMA, losses don't mean as much as some people think they do in the sense that like anyone who tries to tell you about, oh, you know, MMA will never be as popular as it wants to be because, you know, the top guy like a Robbie Lawler or a Conor McGregor or a Ronda Rousey will lose and then they lose all that momentum. And I say that's BS. You can make the case that Conor's more popular now coming off a loss. Nate has double-digit losses, et cetera, et cetera, Do you feel that same way? Like, have you noticed any change in the way... Of course, you're going to have people crap-talking you. That's social media and all that stuff. But do you feel <laughs> like you're, so- you know your star has dimmed at all? Like, you really need to do more work in your next fight? Or... Do you think that the smart fans understand that this is a tough sport, four-ounce gloves, you're going to have setbacks? But look at Tyron Woodley. Not that long ago, he was losing to Roy McDonald and Jake Shields. You know what I'm saying? Where do you fall in that conversation?
7: I I agree 100% with what you said about Tyron, man. It's just he had a lackluster performance against Roy McDonald. And if they fought again, I think the fight would be different. And it's the same way. I, I don't look at these individual losses as anything. It's they're, they're they're learning lessons, man. If you don't learn anything from it, then it's something else. And I agree. I think Connor's a bigger star and a bigger... He's more captivating now because now people want to see, oh, can Nate Diaz do it again? Or can Conor McGregor rebound and prove that, you know, that first fight was, was uh, quote-unquote, he just punched himself out and he is actually the better fighter. So, for me, I... Losses, don't, they don't mean anything. I've lost as an amateur. I've lost a bunch of times as a wrestler. And I always come back, man. I think that's what it's all about. If you, you, sh- you show your teeth more when you can show what you're made of and your heart. And I, I, for me, people probably say uh, he's not a fighter because he doesn't get in there and get, get dirty. Like The whole buildup where Caraway is saying he's not a real fighter. Why? Because I don't get my teeth punched through my lip? Hmm. Like That makes no sense to me. Like, Think about that. Because I don't get my lip busted open, I don't get my nose plastered to the side of my face. That makes me not a real fighter. I tell you what: if a couple guys would try to round me up and I was back into a corner, I'm gonna freaking throw down. You know what I'm saying? So for you to tell me I'm not a fighter because this one little guy is trying to trying to do something, it's it's mind boggling to me. But to answer your question, man, I don't think this loss is gonna make or break me. I think it's gonna make me a a better fighter and a better person, and that's pretty much it.
2: Um, Have you watched Uh, watched it?
7: Oh yeah, a bunch of times.
2: Okay, what's that like for you?
7: I, I I honestly, in the moment, I felt like I really lost the fight. I felt like he held me down a lot longer than what what it was actually when I ac- actually went back to watch the fight. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. So when I, when I in the moment, you know, I'm you know, I kind of hung my head, I chucked my mouthpiece. Oh, B. <laughs> <laughs> I chucked my mouthpiece, and I'm you know, you always taught never to do that, but I was like, you know what, man, I I was I was uh. I, I didn't perform well. And when I went back and watched the fight, I'm just like, I am start scratching my head. I'm like, hold on, let me watch that again. I'm like, and I count the, the amount of time he had in the second round when he took me down, the amount of damage I landed, even though it wasn't nothing ridiculous by any means. But I was just like, eh, I could actually see why the judge gave me the fight. One judge gave me the fight. And why it should have probably been a draw. But, you know, at the end of the day, it depends on how you score the fight. So when I look back at it, I, I, t- I kind of take it for what it is. I don't uh, overanalyze and over. Uh, obsessed over it because it's just a battle of inches a couple of mistakes I stick to my regular defense when he I think he shot on me twice and I kind of just shrugged him off and you know what I'm saying it's just like when I did the things I was supposed to do I did everything correctly he had no answers for me when I did the things that I normally don't do he was able to capitalize and that's pretty much what it comes down to
2: Okay, now let's look ahead. When I think of you, when I think of Ally Quinto, when I think of Chris Weidman, when I think of Chris Wade, when I think of John Volante, when I think MSG. of... What's that? MSG. I, you guys got to be on that card, right? Is this what we're thinking? Is this, is this happening?
7: It better, man. I'm, <laughs> listen, the doctor told me I'll be cleared October 3rd. That'll be 12 weeks. And they probably think I could come back a little bit sooner than that, probably a week at earliest. So that leaves me with about roughly... Five and a half to six and a half weeks of time to prep. So I'm already crushing my legs. My legs are shot right now. <laughs> Killed a crazy workout with Weidman on Friday, and my legs are still shot because I'm going ham, man. I'm not. I'm not sitting here just wasting my time. I stopped drinking. I'm growing up my little sobriety beard. Oh yeah. Probably this as thick as it's gonna get. My I really don't grow facial hair like that. I
2: like it. So, uh,
7: I'm trying to do the right thing, man. MSG New York. I think I'm, I could be ready, and I I like to get a rebound in a in a in a spectacular way in front of my hometown and what better way to do that is at the first ever card in new york you know
2: so tell me about this sobriety beard what is this you you, you
7: i I stopped drinking uh july 11th i stopped drinking had my last beer july 10th and um was this a problem for you not a problem i just think i just think if i'm gonna really be serious and dial it in in terms of my recovery the more i drink the the longer it takes for my body to heal and uh, patch yourself up. So if I'm going to keep doing that, I'm only hurting my chances to come back. The last thing I want to do is try to come back, think I'm ready, and then re-injure myself. So um, I'm going to do things the right way. I gave the, the alcohol in, 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 I guess, in term, in place of the bigger picture, which is to fight and fight in New York.
2: Never again? Alcohol?
7: Oh, uh, No. November 12th, it goes uh, down.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Who do you want on that card? Have you thought of that?
7: Uh, there's a ton of good matchups. I mean, I like the Lineker matchup. I like oh. the uh, McDonald matchup. I like Rafael Sonsal. Um Faber's fighting um, Jimmy Rivera now. I mean, I even like that fight with, with Faber. If, you know, any of those top 10 fights make sense to me. Um, even Eddie Weiland, he's coming off a, a great win. And I think uh, it showed, that fight showed that even his fight with Caraway was like, you know, it's just, it just one of those things. You know, it's just, <laughs> you just can't do MMA math. You never know what's going to happen. It's just, that's why you fight. So uh, there's a ton of good fights, man. I don't, I don't think – I think the Ben-Away's division has never been more exciting as, as it is right now.
2: I couldn't agree more. Can I throw an idea out your way? What you got? November 12th, Madison Square Garden, New York Zone. Nassau County Zone was it Nassau? No, it's not Nassau. Union. I'm you, Nassau. You're Nassau. Okay. Nassau County Zone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Aljamain Sterling fighting at MSG, welcoming in the newcomer, New Jersey Zone, Marlon Moraes. Ooh. What do you think of that?
7: That, that actually—that's actually not a bad idea. The only, uh I mean, we can do that. The only thing is, you know, Weidman's been down there training with those guys. Yeah, yeah. And. I was supposed to get down there and start training with those guys. Is he actually com- is he coming over to the UFC? Well, no, he like, just
2: finished his last fight. To-
7: yeah, I know. So he's, he's a free agent? Over, yeah, things might have to, uh, we might, things might get a little tricky there with the whole okay. cross training. I don't know. Okay. But I mean, I, I'm not opposed
2: to it. What do you think of it? Do you think he's like high level UFC caliber or has he been fighting low level talent outside of WSOF? What do you think?
7: I think the, the good thing about that is, even though he hasn't fought high caliber, as high as a caliber as UFC talent, he has had the time to get the experience and to work on some things in the fights that he's been working on in the training room. And for him to go out there and keep finishing these guys, I think it uh, it does show a testament to his, his abilities and his skills. So I definitely think he could definitely hang with, I think, probably anybody in the top 10. I would oh, wow. say. I think, he's legit. I think he's pretty legit.
2: Um, who do you think Dominic should fight next?
7: Dominic Cruz. Who is there for him to fight? I I mean, you're going to have... Carrie's going to sit there and just wait for a title <laughs> shot till, until there's no, like, you know, reasonable options, but... Uh, TJ? Who, I, I, rightfully, it should be TJ. Yeah. But he's not interested in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> so who is he going to fight? I don't know. Fight Mighty Mouse again or go up to 45 maybe? I don't know. I mean, who else? He's going to fight three times in one year. That's pretty interesting. I... I that's actually pretty cool I, to see him that active.
2: Sure. But, um, yeah, good for him.
7: There's really nobody else, really. I mean, he's going to have to wait or he's going to have to get the rematch. I think that's the only thing that really makes sense.
2: Uh, final question. How far away do you think you are from being back in that discussion? Do you think it'll be one fight, two fight? Because you know how the sport goes. One yeah. minute you're, 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 you're coming off a loss. The next minute you win in fatic fashion. Everyone's saying, title shot, title shot. What do you envision?
7: I think... I think one fight, man. Wow! I think one fight with the right timing. Yeah, yeah. It, it just would make sense. Like even if like had I won that fight with Caraway, I think I'm in the title discussion. You know, TJ already had his shot. Um, there would be nobody else really there that hasn't, you know, challenged the guy. So I think I would have been that guy, and I could have possibly jumped the line over TJ. But it's just it's just really about timing and what the bosses want want to do. So <laughs> I think with one fight, man, then this beast is attacking me. Yeah, yeah.
2: See my, some of use that. my right hand. Right. <laughs> um, well, it's good to see you in good spirits, my man. Appreciate the time. Get well soon. Oh, yes.
7: Got some breaking news. Oh, I got a documentary coming out on on just pretty much my my life, my training, um, my family, friends, my my team, and um, it's for a good cause, man. We're we're trying to raise some money for for CP, which is cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my new non-for-profit. It's called fighters for CP. Okay. Um, it's going to be some, it's going to be cool, man. We're going to do like a Kickstarter try to raise some money. And, uh, hopefully we raise the money we can get it going and we can make this whole thing happen. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I actually used to teach a couple of kids who had not a couple of kids, but I used to work with a couple of kids that had CP uh-huh. and I, I taught them how to wrestle. They were wrestle with their little brothers back in college. Wow. It was one of the um, requirements for physical education. You have to take an adaptive class. So we learned about a whole bunch of, uh, I guess um, disabilities and things like that to say. So I'm excited about doing this, and the partner that I'm doing it with is uh, actually David Kano. He's the one who approached me with the idea, and I jumped up. I was like, "Bro, that's right up my alley, man." I I, I work with kids like that, and I think it's I think it's something exciting, something that I want to do, and I think it would be it's something that would be cool for for people who who are I guess have that attachment to. To uh, whoever been affected by anybody who has CP or anything like that, so it's gonna be to raise money, donate, and do things like that, and then try, hopefully raise awareness for kids with cerebral palsy.
2: And, and David is is the guy who did the the video with Eric B, right?
7: Uh, no, no, his, uh, da- he does uh, MMA. I think it's MMA now.
2: Okay, 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 okay. My bad, my bad. Um, is the documentary coming out, or like is it done?
7: We're gonna do. The, we did a trailer. That we oh. trailer, we're gonna we're gonna push that out. And see what type of feedback we get. Okay. I think it's actually a pretty pretty cool trailer. And um, just see mm-hmm. what kind of feedback we get. If we could raise the money, that'd be great. Uh, I'll probably even throw in a couple, you know, I'll throw some of my own money to make sure we, we reach the uh, Kickstarter requirements so that we can get this thing going. I think it would be something exciting to do. And uh, we'll probably get it done if, we, if it gets going and we raise the money in time. We'll get it done hopefully before uh, UFC MSG.
2: Alright. Uh, his Twitter is Funkmaster underscore UFC. You see it on your screen. Uh, that's where he will be. Uh, there it is. Yeah, bang. Bang, bang. Um, good luck, my man. <laughs> I hope you get on that card. And uh, tell Rage now that I miss him as well.
7: Rage now, Al. I'll break down. Make sure you guys watch us. Yes. com. Island boy. Boom, boom, boom. Bang, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good to see you, algermain Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon.
7: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having
2: me. Funkmaster joining us. Definitely deserves to be on that MSG card, as does Ray Janelle, as does Chris Weidman, as does Chris Wade, as does Ryan LaFleur, as does Frankie Edgar. Throwing the New Jersey guys in there as well. Make it New York, New Jersey versus the world. It's good enough for me. I think it was Mark LaMonica who first came up with that idea. Throw Matt Sarah on there. Sure, it'll be a heavyweight fight, you know? Have him sit in there having some lasagna. I don't know. It'll be great. Who doesn't want to see that? New York Rick.
0: Throw New York Rick on the preview show.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I should have put that on the um, the double down.
0: No, we see, m- I wouldn't have put it. It's too risky.
2: <laughs> You've been throwing that out there into the ether for quite it. some time, I but want um, it? Give yeah. me
0: my shot. Do I have to GSP? Do I have to get on, on
2: the floor and, and beg for it? Uh, no. But I will say, Jed Michu this weekend in atlanta really put out the uh, he, he in my opinion he put everyone on notice dang every newcomer from here on out has to look at that performance wait a minute yeah
0: why only newcomers what about people who are already doing it
2: well no because those guys are more veterans i'm saying first time you do any kind of on-camera stuff it's tough especially in the analyst role it's a tough thing especially when you're in the presence of of greatness. I'm just joking. Who are you wait, talking wait. about? Who, uh, who are we talking about here? And, and Jed did a fantastic job. Um, so you should
0: watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I did see you, you know, going gaga on Twitter.
2: Listen, what again? Oh. Positive. Re- this guy, yeah. unbelievable, <laughs> disgusting. Is there anything else that you want to say? Tell us about Invicta. We actually have a question about Invicta. Did you 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 watched it? I watched it with Esther and Casey. If you watch an MMA event with Esther and Casey, it's like watching. uh, I don't know what it's like. It's like watching uh, a music video with music critics. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Sure.
0: They 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 know. Well, they're you know they're involved with Invicta, so they know the ins and outs. They know they know the whole
2: you know. It's a lot of fun. Um, I watched the entire card. Yes. Is
0: that the question? Well, the question. question? (laughs) No, 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 no um
2: uh Peggy Morgan's the, face was oh one of the boy. more frightening things I've ever seen in my oh entire boy. life Wow what happened there Megan Anderson hit her with a with a bomb is it Megan or Megan
0: Megan uh, is is she okay yeah apparently I mean she she says this and nothing has come out to the contrary that she did not break her jaw um, it was just swelling which is I mean mind-boggling to me because that looked horrific um, but she if you haven't seen it, you can Google it. Um, oh my it looked like Lord. she got stung by a, a hive of bees. Yes. It looked like she was hiding a hive of bees in her mouth. Actually, that um, fight should
2: have been stopped earlier. Sure, um, I thought the Aspen Lad fight was stopped late. Yep. Uh, Jody Escabel. That was kind of, in hindsight, uh, quite the brutal fight night. I mean, it there was. Was, there were some bad facial injuries. Escabel's face looked like a mess afterwards. Right? Is she okay? Yeah. She probably broke her nose. No. Mm,
0: yeah, she did. It exploded. Um, in fact, I think close to the corner, she, she said something like, yeah, I, I've broken this a million times. Let me keep fighting. When
2: the doctor Oof. came in, um, but uh, it was. It was a good night of fights. Um, will Alexa Grasso, who won in the main event, will her next fight be in the UFC? Remains to be seen.
0: Let's see. I think, if I'll say this. If the, if the UFC needs uh, Mexican stars, Alexa is definitely one Jeez. of them. She's, she's one hell of a fighter. And, and Irene Aldana as well. Oh, um, look at that!
2: I love the way you say that—the rolling of the R's. That's, that's
0: her name. You gotta, you gotta call, you know, you gotta say it sure, properly. Sure, sure, pay sure. the, pay the proper respect. But uh, she just needs to remain healthy. Yeah. Well, this time, you know, uh, her opponent fell off. Unfortunately. No, it, no, it no. Wasn't. Grasso. Well, had yeah, not I mean, fought since February of last year. Aldana was scheduled to be on this card. Yeah. What happened? Her opponent, uh, they got the visas, but they couldn't physically hand over the passports in time to, to get over. So, um, her, her fight got scrapped. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the UFC has, has made attempts to get into Mexico. Um, Cain Velasquez, um, you know, trains here at AKA these, these girls are in Mexico training and are really, really good. I think, you know, if the UFC is trying to open those doors, these are, uh, these are true Mexican stars. Um, but, you know, I think Grosso versus Hill in Invicta is one, one hell of a fight and, and one that people are definitely
2: looking forward to. Is that the next fight? Is that breaking news on this Not show? Not
0: breaking news. Don't know, but it'd be hard to to argue against that fight for a title.
2: I will say this about Invicta. This is my opinion only. I'm a huge fan of women's MMA. I think everyone knows that by now. I sincerely, genuinely enjoy watching women's MMA. Uh, I watch and enjoy all MMA, but there's something different that women bring to the table and I just enjoy them. I enjoy interviewing them, their breath of fresh air, all those things. They really need to up the production of those shows. I mean, it looks like high school football. The audio was bad. The lighting was bad. uh, The cameras were bad. The pre-fight packages were bad. The fighting was fantastic. The fighters did everything that was asked of them and then some. It produced, but they need to stop treating that like it's some, you know... Single A Baseball League because that's the way it comes across, and it sort of ruins it for me. They need to fix that. Who's watching that product and saying, Yes, this is something we need to put on the air? They got to fix it. I mean, they have to fix it yesterday. It was a mess. I know you're at the events you don't get to watch, it was a mess. It was, there was so many, th- the audio was crackling the entire time. It was blown out. <clears throat> Miles, our audio guy, heard it from afar and he almost fainted. The poor guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 the camera, angle, it's just, it was a mess it, and, and they deserve better. These athletes really do deserve better. To, you know, it
0: was, it was a venue that uh, was a theater. Had nothing think, to do with the venue. It was a no, production. No, I think, um
2: it was really possibly possibly sit down and watch that and tell me that it doesn't look like friday night football from west texas on time warner cable i'll have to watch but typically it's an arena show this was a theater
0: bit of a different configuration cameras have to be moved different places audio is not going to be the same
2: um no no, no, i don't buy it nah come on we'll we'll, be serious we'll see
0: we'll see the next show
2: all right um, what was the question though? Was it just that I watched it?
0: it you what know, it, how, how do you view Invicta as a promotion? They they're comparing them oh. to Bellator um saying that they they enjoy Invicta more than Bellator. I think it's, you know, that's going to be subjective
2: across the board, but um consistently Bell uh Invicta always delivers. Yeah, the, consistently, fight, the fights always, always delivers. I will say I worry that they're becoming somewhat of an RFA where you're like, "Oh, Grasso did great. Now I can't wait to see her in the UFC," right? And that's like sort of an RFA legacy type of thing. There's nothing wrong with that if you're being helped by the UFC maybe, if you're being used as a feeder. I would love to see them develop, if possible, the 125 division because that's a division that the UFC doesn't have, the 105 division. That's a and- d- U- U- UFC doesn't have that. And 145, I thought Anderson kind of dropped the ball when asked in the cage by Laura Sanko about the cyborg fight. That's the fight that makes the most sense, I think. I don't know if she's 100% ready for it. But you can at that point be like, oh... Whoever they want, I don't care.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of that comparison, there's a little bit of difference in the sense that Invicta has whole divisions that the UFC doesn't. Whereas RFA and, and you know other other um, fight properties, um, the UFC has have uh, has established divisions where you know a guy could just essentially ascend there. Um, I, I you know when when the when Invicta. Um, when Invicta's athletes went over to, to the ultimate fighter, the 115 division, and essentially became that division, everybody was saying, you know, what are they going to do now? And the 115 division is as strong as ever. I, I think it, it will be, you know, Invicta will continue to kind of develop the female talent and refresh. It's, it's in a good position, in my, in, my, in my opinion. When's the next one? September 23rd. Friday. Date TBD. I, I'm sorry, location TBD. Date, I just said, so obviously not TBD. Fights
2: tbd cyborg tbd nothing they should always have the next show at least somewhat booked uh, like that was something WEC always did very well there was a fight and then they would always tell you what the next card is on that fight you know what i mean absolutely why don't they do that tbd come on do, can i be the dana white of, of invicta can i come in there and sure. be like, ah, rah, rah, like before the shows and start you know selling things Do you have that do i have Art? that in me do you want to be an effing promoter No, I don't. Um, Here,
0: here's uh, here's the next one. Okay, Marlon Rice Yeah, uh, would he benefit from joining the UFC? Uh, Is there any you know thought? Would there be any benefit to staying with WSOF and being you know essentially the king over there, Um, or or is it better for him to come to the UFC? Is now the time? Is is it officially uh, Marlon to the UFC time?
2: This is uh, this is historic right here. I've never said this. This is a shoot. This is an exclusive, right? Yep. First time ever said on this show, the Cheddar makes a better.
0: This is what you just... <laughs> Rampage, that was your build-up for
2: that? Uh, Rampage Jackson once said that, by the way. I don't know if oh you know that. Um, I agree 100% with Mark Henry, and he's lucky to have a guy like Mark Henry in his corner. Go get paid. If it means getting paid 150 to show and 150 to win in, in World Series of Fighting, take that money and run with it. Short window... You're fighting in a brutal sport, get paid. And it's all well and good for us to be like, hey, he needs to fight the best. Da, da, da. Sure, if the best and getting paid come together, go for it. But I'm all about the fighters getting paid. And if getting paid means fighting lesser competition, Get paid, because guess what? In 10 years, when you want to send your kids to school and buy that nice house, no one's going to care that you fought for half the price is, in another organization. Is no that, that a care.
0: short-sighted thing to say, though? Like, Could, you, could it, it could, lead to more money? Could it lead to more money by getting into the USC? That, that, that's Is That's something that,
2: you need to sit down with your team and figure
0: out. Because, for, in my opinion, I think he's instantly a contender i think he's in that conversation he's not a guy that is coming in and has still has something to prove i think he's as good as anybody in that division and i think he could come in and potentially put himself in good position to challenge for a title and therefore um be looking at more money down the line it may be short-sighted to to go after that payday without you know chasing the the goal of of being a ufc champion
2: fair enough it's possible it's certainly it's, possible. It's, it's, I you, think
0: he's in a more difficult spot than some other guys have been in the past.
2: I know they're interested in him. Everyone should be interested in him. He's amazing. Now, he's he doesn't put butts in the seats just yet. He's on a draw just yet. Uh, he has an amazing skill set. He's a great fighter. He continues to finish. I mean, that was kind of the knock on him before. Like, oh, maybe he doesn't finish enough. Now, he's like Mr. Highlight Reel. He has become see yeah. CTV.
0: In the early days of, of WSOF, I looked at Justin Gaethje and Marlon Marais and knew right away, they had just they just have something that those guys were, were you know, prime time. And, yeah. I, and I think it's proven, you know, uh, uh, those guys are incredible. Um, <clears throat> and
2: well, Early days WSF, they actually built a lot of young talent. Yeah. Remember I used to say that if you take the WSF champions against the Bellator champions, it's not a foregone conclusion who wins. Yeah. I thought they did a better job early days of building up young talent. Gaethje's still around. He's undefeated. He's fighting, I think, September 24th as well. Um... Morais is just so damn good. And you know they just announced this show on December 31st at the MSG theater on NBC. He's a New Jersey guy now. He'd bring in some people. Um, you'd think if they sign him, he would fight on that card, probably David Branch as well. I wonder who they'll put on that card. Strange, don't you agree, strange as a New Yorker to do a show on December 31st, just how crazy it is. Mm. I, it probably won't be a night since it's on NBC. It'll probably be like a midday card. But don't you think that's weird? I don't know. You Maybe are, not. You are not going to have logis- uh, logistics on that show are not going
0: to be fun. Not, yeah. not a good move to do Ballsy. Uh, a New York show on, on December 31st. But, um, I mean, and also, you know, who's going to be in in uh, the venue um, versus out, you know, celebrating uh, on the street? It's,
2: it's, it's an interesting. Yeah, but since it's NBC and, you know, they do the whole like ball drop thing, it's not going to be a night. It'll probably be like the the you know sort of like how college football is during the day. I bet it'll, I bet I haven't asked, but I bet it'll be during the day. Amazing that they sent out a press release and never included the word theater. It was all like right at MSG.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now that's it. the theater is a beautiful venue. The theater yeah, but at MSG. It's not MSG. No, well, come on. It, it it but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not MSG. It's, it's the not, theater. It's not. Ha- uh, what's it called um, at the garden it's not uh you no. know the, the the msg but um it's still a, a really beautiful venue um but uh yeah it's i mean this will be the test this will be the test run for something i, I don't know if uh if this will work out so well eddie alvarez yes what's next for him we have another uh i think champion. Be you think so
2: yeah okay i mean that's you know it's just what else could they do right
0: what do you mean? He's calling out McGregor. He's calling out Diaz. There oh, do. There's a I lot was, of
2: permutations. I guess. Um, I don't know.
0: I well, feel you're, like could... you're all in on <laughs> DSP coming in to fight Tyron Woodley, and what? then when it's somebody else. Well, because that, 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 that hasn't happened yet. If you're asking division, me right
2: now, if you're asking me right now, there's just too much that can happen. At 155. I guess you could say Nate Diaz. Why not? I don't Diaz
0: know. is a 55er. He said it himself. Why call, not? Call me crazy. Okay. Um, I like that fight. By the way, I think. Me too. Habib is is uh he's he's right there he just needs to stay ready for the week okay last question yes evolution of refereeing and judging have you noticed these this person proposed this i hadn't thought about it but i did notice these changes as well myself okay faster point deductions yes stand-ups after one warning 10-8 rounds um more emphasis on winning exchanges rather than octagon control you know guys plodding forward and not really landing uh referees just being more consistent overall i've kind of noticed this since ufc 200 that there has been an emphasis on these things have you also noticed this yeah
2: i think it's all because of mark ramundi and his articles who he's hard at work right now he's hard at work tweeting away um i i I actually i'm not i'm not joking to be honest i I actually think that mark has caused a lot of change um now i think there's a lot of smarter people involved and
0: (laughs) smarter than mark is that what you're saying no 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 no
2: like in the commissioner roles executive director roles all that stuff maybe that didn't come out right um i also think that uh, the judges are starting to get it right more do you notice that there's been like less controversial decisions
0: um i think i think there has been you know a thought uh, and more thought put into like what a judge is looking at Mm -hmm. um whether it's you know somebody can be winning around off their back foot um, yeah, as long as they're landing the, the, the cleaner, um, more effective uh, strikes. Um, and, and I think there has been an uptick in judging. Now, I'm not going to go Ariel Hawani and start handing out, you know, participation trophies for judges well, who, who do their jobs.
2: Oh, stop it. They've been so bad for so long. They deserve that.
0: But uh, I have noticed that they've been getting it right more and more, um, which is uh, a good thing to see. And then every once in a while, you see a twenty-eight, twenty-eight and a thirty, twenty-seven on the yeah, same <laughs> scorecard.
2: <laughs> that was weird. That um, was weird.
0: But uh, I think we're, I think we're in a good spot, and you know, the sport
2: is evolving. We're moving in the right direction. Hopefully,
0: yeah. The conference that Mark is at right now should
2: yeah take on. us
0: even further. Uh, follow Mark on Twitter
2: that's it UFC is back on uh Saturday the Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres Dennis Bermudez versus Honey Jason Chris Kamosi versus Talos Ladies Zach Cummings versus Santiago Ponzanibio. uh Marina Moro's Court McGee is back against Dominic Steele who else who else who else worth uh Teruto Isihara yes everyone's favorite uh, all and how his about bitches. Yes. all his bitches? Uh, how about Tatsuya Kawajiri against Cub Swanson on Fight Pass? You can make a case for that being the co-main, and it's on Fight Pass. That says something, right? Fight uh, Pass team killing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, that's this Saturday. We'll be back on Monday. I think we're done, right? That's it. You can hear my music. Happy birthday to New York, Rick. Enjoy the scene at Dave and Buster's coffee shop. By the way, is culture on 38th and Six? They kill it. I love them. I gave him a cookie from there. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's one of the better birthday presents. Someone give someone else. It's that damn good. What a time in MMA, huh? There's just so much going on. There's just like so much going on. It really is amazing, right? I mean, just every freaking week, there's big news. There's title changing hands. There's all this historic stuff going on evolutionary revolutionary groundbreaking it's just amazing dare i say what a time to be alive hopefully it doesn't end tomorrow thank you very much to everyone who stopped by today tuned in appreciate all your support all your time thank you very much to mark ramundi follow his coverage on the abc convention going on as we speak from las vegas nevada thank you very much to wonder boy thompson good luck to him What a great guy. Thank you very much to Ian McCall. Kudos on how he dealt with that situation. By the way, thank you very much to the good people of Atlanta. So many nice people over there. Wow. It's a pleasure. People from all over the South I met. Charlotte as well. And other places. Thank you very much to Mark Henry. Thank you very much to Carlos Condit, who was amazing. Thank you very much to Alex Caceres, who was equally amazing. Thank you very much to the new champ. Congratulations to Tyron Woodley. And thank you very much to Algermain Sterling. Back next week, same time and place. Hit us up on iTunes, little rating. Check out the replay, Stitcher, YouTube, all those other good places and more. Peace out here.